We have before the council a proposal for an addition to statute 6969 to the effect that rock and roll music should fall under existing town bans against gypsies, circuses with lewd shows, door-to-door -door sales of in in intimate devices, and stage plays that depict unnatural acts or call into question American foreign policy. Can you hear this? What happened? Did you hear that, Ken? Yeah. The what happened? It said what happened. Okay, good. I just want to make sure you can hear the sound clips it with us. Like they said what happened. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. yeah, it's a sample. Holy lord! <laughs> oh shit! I still got to load up the sound clips. All right, just give me one second. I forgot about that. So you and uh, you All guys right. can talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> So, how are you? All right. So, hopefully, I got my phone charged at 100%. Well, right you know now. you can keep it so plugged in while you're... Yeah. Well, just lay on the floor. Well... Like you're talking to your boyfriend. Would, but it's kind of... My, my No, my cord's kind of janky. Of and janky. sometimes when I move just a little bit, it, like, stops. Yeah, charging. I know. I know. <laughs> and I got a chart. I got one of these... Faulty cords. Uh huh. Well, that's what happens when you buy them at the dollar store. But something happens, you could. <laughs> hey, we don't diss the dollar store here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a landline here in this house. Did you hear that boner sound? I, I totally did. That was a cartoon, good cartoon sound effect. <laughs> that was, was actually me. All right. Uh, <clears throat> what movie are we going to do first? We should probably do Hand of Death first, right? Because it's. 1962, I think. So. What? What? Are, yeah, it's 62, and then there's a 1966 movie on the Chickens Pal, so then there's the 1985 movie. All right, excellent. Oh, did you know that I interviewed? Like did you know I interviewed the whole band, Ken? Ah, uh, no. But yeah, like no, the whole. Isn't that the guy? Isn't Paul the guy? Just does your theme song for Retro Retro Retro. Our theme song, yes. He's the one who did it. Who, who does the retro? Yeah, Paul Sabu. Our theme song. Yeah, ours, yours. 
<laughs> Everyone's. <laughs> That's Paul Sabu, right? Yep. You know who he's the son of? Okay. He's uh the uh, son. He's some uh, Sabu, the Hindu actor. Yep. He's some Indian actor, I think. Yep. Yeah, and he was. In a, in a, yeah, someone else. Yeah, Sabu, the Jungle Boy, or whatever. Or the I, elephant. I, you know what? It, and it's funny. I I just read that about him you know, being the, you know, son of this famous Hindu actor, and then or Indian actor, and then uh, I noticed in the end of the credits. For the move for Hard Rock Zombies, that there's some prominent Indian names, you know, Patel and yeah, so Sasha Patel was, and an Krishna Shah. Partially. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there's. I can. I'll go into yeah, it once we yeah. get there. I, I was like, right away. I was like, okay. Yeah, there's some nepotism going on <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, I. There's a whole thing behind it. <clears throat> Let's see, Hard Rock Zombies. Okay. Okay, I just have to load up a couple more song clips and we're ready. All right. Oh, I went to the um, the Valo or what's it called? Valo Velo? What's that antique mall? Volo. Volo. Yeah. Oh, Volo. Yeah. Went by myself. And oh, uh, by yourself? Yeah. And I stole some Ninja Turtle weapons. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I bought I bought a bunch of Ninja Turtle stuff, but like they were just a bunch of missile. The person I bought them from their place, I just I just took all the weapons that were like in the basket i just like fuck it yeah fuck it <laughs> just some loose stuff yeah hey, why not but i did buy that stuff so whatever but yeah um i went up there because my nephew is yeah. really into ninja turtles now so i've been trying hey, to you know i'm not judging i'm not judging <laughs> i know you stole everything from there <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, nick i was gonna ask you um you you guys don't happen to have any old ninja turtle stuff do you Old Ninja Turtle stuff. Like 2012-ish? Like the newer stuff? I don't think Not so. Like the okay. I've got, a, I've got like the the 80s Turtles. Okay, yeah. Because my, my nephew's into the 2012 version. Mm -hmm. So like I've been trying to go back and get that stuff, but <clears throat> it's like super expensive on eBay. But like miscellaneous people have just shit laying around. So I can look. The kids were into it for a little while. Yeah. And plus... uh. I just got my nephew like the, the um, sewer playset. Oh. And it's going for like 100 something or 300 bucks on eBay. Mm -hmm. But someone on uh, Facebook Marketplace had one for like 15 bucks. <laughs> so I went and got it and it's missing a bunch of shit. So I like rebuilt it. Mm -hmm. So it's awesome. But um, what was I going to say about it? Oh, uh, someone that uh, one of my other friends, I was talking to her about because I was like really tired. I was like, yeah, I was, I was staying up late doing this for my nephew. And she's like, oh, what are we doing? I'm like, you know, working on this Ninja Turtle sewer thing. She's like, oh, I just got rid of ours. I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, like two weeks ago. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, yeah, I still had. And I'm like, you had all the pieces I needed. So, yeah. Damn. Fucking retarded. But So, yeah. All right. Um, sorry, I, I was too busy telling my story. Let me finish these uh, sound clips. Oh, and thank you for getting these sound clips. Although they're MP3, I need WAV files next time, you idiot. I oh, I have no WAV files. I could have converted them to a WAV for you, and we transferred them. I, I just didn't think it mattered or cared or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah, it fucking matters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not upset, but I just had to redo well, them really quick. Well, cool. So in the future, but thank you. Oh, okay. For yeah. doing it. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I still got all the sound clips from uh. Send it to you through Yahoo Mail. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it was fine the way you did it. Um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, yeah. It, all right, I guess we're ready to start. I got the sound clips ready. Okay. Oh, shit, we were recording. Shit. <laughs> uh, let's keep it going. Fuck it. Okay. All right. Well, good. Are you eating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. Did, did, did I start eating last time? <laughs> yeah. I, I got hungry just waiting for the show to start. <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay. All right. Everyone, welcome back to Retro Retro Retro. I'm your host, Raven J. Oh, oh, oh. Do, do, Leo, do. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. But it was just <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> and uh, Nick's here. <laughs> What's up? Nice. Aw. You didn't hear it. At the end of it, that guy's like, fuck me running. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Menza, rest in peace. And then someone else is resting in peace. Ken. Oh, shit. Where's it at? <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Okay. Um, here's the... Look at that. Let me, let me see his nutsack. Let me see that. Dude, your mom sucks a mean dick, bro. What, the, what what was that? <laughs> it's your sound clip. I don't know. You sent me some weird videos, man. All right. That's my sound clip? <laughs> yeah. You want to hear it again? <laughs> Dude, your mom sucks a mean dick, bro. Yeah, Ugh. let's hear it again. <laughs> well, you just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So tonight, <laughs> the topic is, are, is uh, TV commercials. So, you know, growing up, TV, right. we're integrated with TV, and inter- and TV, you know, forms us. Uh, it, you know, it, uh, I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm trying to, in a smart way, I'm trying to say, like, all the propaganda behind how they've, how they can, they have, they've kind of pinpointed how to market to people, especially to little kids with, like, toys and all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to notice it with my nephew, like, commercials he's like oh that's cool and i think back to when i was a kid like that's exactly what i did too i'm like oh that's cool i want to get that but you know i never could but i mean there were times where i could and there were times where the commercial was uh a little more extravagant or a little uh overhyped oh it pissed me off the most yeah you get the batmobile and it's driving through a brick wall (laughs) you get it home you're like where's my brick wall i got i got a couch yeah Mom, can you make me a brick wall? Yeah. No, that's why I bought you that damn toy so I don't have to talk to you. All right, so um, one in particular, I think I mentioned this before, but there was this toy line called the uh, Manglors. And let me get this commercial pulled up. Oh, I almost I was about to close the messenger down. <laughs> Bye, Ken. All right, uh, YouTube. <laughs> Let's see, was it a oh, Manglors? So this toy line were these like, like kind of like stretch. Uh, they were like kind of rubbery um, figures. Like one was like a <clears throat> like a humanoid, kind of looked like a swamp thing, and that was the cool one. Hmm. And then there was like a T Rex, and then there was like a. You know, let me see if I can. Oh, I guess play the commercial. Throughout time, people have asked which came first, the chicken or the egg. Maybe it was a Manglor, like Manglodian. <laughs> 
You can pretend to hatch Manglo Dragon and Manglizard too. Each sold separately in a make-believe egg. You can stretch them, squash them, take them apart. They'll return almost like new to their original forms. So if you bullshit, no way. You can crack open a Manglor. The Manglors, Manglo Demon, Manglo Dragon, and Manglizard each sold new to their original forms. No, fuck so you. It did not happen that way. I ever because I went to I. I can't remember the day. I, I, I remember that fucking happened. Oh, all right. So I got one of these. So let's describe what just happened, okay? <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, so this kid rips the, the arm off this Mangalore, and they say, oh, you can just put him back together. And he, you see the kid just slap the arm oh, back right. on this like on this like stretch guy. I'm calling bullshit right now watching yeah. it, but Raven's very... Uh, yeah, you know, I was telling adamant. him very heated about this. <laughs> So I got the T-Rex one. I, of course, I wanted the green uh, mangaloid or humanoid person. but Mangaloid? <laughs> yeah, mangaloid. I think that was... Yeah, was mangaloid. Oh, the, do you remember mangloid. these? Okay. Oh, I think we've talked... I think we were on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I vaguely recall them. Okay, yeah. so um, I had yeah. the T-Rex, and I was, I was dri- we were driving yeah, home. I like all crazy toys. <laughs> I know. They're interesting to you because you're very, you're very intrigued by our human customs. I'm horror being from space. Science. <laughs> um, so <laughs> on, on the way home, first thing I went to do is rip it apart. So I go to put it back together, falls right back Just like off. The commercially made. Yeah, nothing went back together. I'm like, wait a minute, am I doing something wrong here? Am I supposed you, to pull it at the right spot? You mangled your manglord. Yeah, and it was worthless after that. I just had a chopped up fucking yeah. T Rex with an egg. <laughs> <laughs> Worst fucking toy ever. Uh, Wheelchairs not included. <laughs> so yeah, that's the Manglors pieces of shit. But that's the thing, like that's how they tell you more Manglors. Yeah, they can lie completely lie to you. And I was thinking about that um, just this past week, like with com- uh, TV commercials now, like uh, you know they're act. I mean, they're obviously actors. And when my, my when my arthritis hit. I really, really fucked my life up, but now I got this shit and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like the same commercial, but they're right. real actors, yeah. you know? And like sometimes now they have a little disclaimer at the bottom saying, um, you know, this is right. an actor or whatever. A spokesperson or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, th- but that's... Reenactment or whatever it says. It always has some bullshit. Yeah. Dramatization. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so fucked up that you would even have to do that and that this makes me think like that's those are the people it works on it's like the 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 idiots or the npcs that won't that don't have a mind of their own and like oh yeah i need to yeah. get this product because you know right tv told me but i guess that's that's what propaganda is anyway i'm not i'm not trying to <laughs> yeah. i guess i'm just trying to uh, talk about like no no i know, you know I every know, toy I know, commercial though, has I, I a totally freaking message behind it or it is definitely not what you're getting. Yeah. Well, I mean, at times they were. Buy, I mean, buy this toy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's uh, pull up one of Ken's picks here. Let's go to Messenger. Okay. And Magic Atlantis. Let's see what this bullshit is. Yeah, you don't remember it. So you created Atlantis for a magic. I was at Atlantis. The skies above the underwater city filled with Gorgon attack vessels. Three century posts fought desperately, but they were no match for the Gorgon death rays. But you're here. I thought the Gorgons destroyed everybody at Atlantis. <laughs> we did! 
Atlantis, I Magic is for Atari and in television systems. What the fuck? All right, Ken, tell us why you chose this one. <laughs> well, you know, I just, that was one of my favorite uh, commercials for a video game at the time it came out. I, I just thought it was great. Holy These Lord! Gorgars or whatever the hell they are. Shove it, fuckwad! From Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis. Yeah, well, I, you don't remember <clears throat> these games, or it, um, I was probably just being born know, when it came was, out. Uh, like, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, let's play it again. The Magic was like uh, Activision, so where it was a third party that you know made Atari cartridges that they were cool. Did it say so Black Magic? No, Imagic. Oh, oh Imagic okay. Design Lab. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was at Atlantis. <laughs> I was at Atlantis. It looked nothing like this. Man, this was cutting edge when it this is. came out, man. It was awesome. I know, that's what I'm saying. What was the point of that? What was the point of the smoke saying, we did? Well, I mean, this fish face guy. We did because... Because he's a reptilian. Yeah, because... Tell the story. Because he's the enemy who's destroying the Atlanteans. You're kind of assuming he might be an Atlantean in the beginning of the commercial. You see, they do a little switcheroo, a little Twilight Zone twist at the end. That's the point. Ha ha. Ken, did you know Richard Corbin's dead? He died. Yeah, uh, yeah I didn't know that. Like he yeah, died. He, he just died a few months ago. Yeah, he died like right after we did the show about him. Remember when we were talking about our favorite artists? Yeah. Yeah, he was one of mine. He was yeah, one of my I, picks. I remember, but I, I remember posting something. Yeah, Corbin's cool. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm trying to find this one commercial. It's like, uh, dang it, where is it? You it's know what? A, if you were on Facebook more, Raven, you would know Corbin died. Fuck Facebook. Because I posted yeah. it. Facebook can suck my dick. <laughs> um, let's see. I'll try to find it, but let's pull up one of uh, Nick's. Did you give them to me separate here? Where did uh, you put yours? No, at? I put them under. I believe this one. S- okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Do do do. Oh, wrestling buddies. It's not bear the lead. Hey, will you please see what those boys are up to? They're hey, fucking around upstairs. Wrestling buddies. Wrestling buddies from Tonka. Welcome. Welcome. Wrestling buddies are looking for action. Hey, fellas, what's going on? Nothing, Dad. That's Pete from Pete and Pete. Who do you think you are? Yeah, I'm Pete from Pete and Pete, motherfucker. Henry, what's going on up there? Nothing, dear. WWF Wrestling Buddies. Isn't it fucking obvious? We're wrestling with pillows up here, you idiot. Is dinner ready? That's what he really said. Excuse me. And back in the day, you could say that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, me. Would you not do that? So in wrestling the- <laughs> buddies are those little. Uh... Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Those pillows. Sorry, I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> You're always wearing a mask. Pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, the wrestling buddies. <laughs> that's what they were. I never got one. Did you have them? Nick? Yeah, that's why I like, like the, the commercial. Whole- I actually, you know, got one. I asked for one and and had one. I had um, Ultimate Warrior. Nice. So they were a lot of fun. <laughs> And I, if I remember correctly, they talked. If you punched them, they like... No, the WCW ones did. Okay, well, that, that's maybe I'm thinking. But anyway, uh, mm. when, I, when we were talking about the show, I just all, automatically went back to that. 
that commercial. Yeah, that also reminds me of um, I wrote down uh, the LJN. Let's see, WF. Yeah. Oh, the the LJN line of toys. Yeah. <clears throat> and I I didn't have these when they were out. Like I didn't I didn't really like wrestling. I guess when these were popular, like in the really early eighty, like eighty three, eighty four, or whatever. But then I got into them later, like nineteen ninety. So like all the kids in the neighborhood had them. Mm. <clears throat> and but I did remember seeing Roddy Piper at the store, like Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. Cause I, I knew them because of the cartoon, and then I'd see wrestling every now and then. But I just didn't really care. It was just this weird thing that was on. But mm-hmm. I knew Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Because he was just down people's throats back then, and then I saw the Roddy Piper toy or the the figure, and he came with the the kilt, and I thought that was really cool. Like because I didn't I, back then. Um, well, I mean G, the old GI Joes did like the the doll GI Joes, but you didn't see too many action figures that had like accessories like that. So it was kind of interesting yeah. to me. But in anyway, I didn't really care. But then later, <clears throat> when I did get into wrestling. I got like tons of these figures from just people and and they were indestructible. I remember one time my friend Josh and I, we had a uh, Brutus beefcake and Paul Orndorff and we were trying to destroy these things by natural ways, you know, like throwing them and, you know, just trying to smash them with things. We even had someone roll over it with their car. Nothing happened to these things. <laughs> And I, I swear you could like beat someone to death with them. Aren't they more like stuffed animals? What are, what are they? No, they're like these no, giant hard plastic, giant rubber. You know, they're they're like uh, hard plastic. Yeah, they're about a foot. I thought they were tall. Soft. No, not these. Uh huh. Well, the ones you were talking about earlier, the pillows. Yeah, those are soft. <laughs> but these are the actual. I'm talking oh. about the actual action figures. I I didn't play the commercial yet. I I, I was just too busy goddamn talking. Oh. Here we go. Uh, let's try this one. <laughs> Big Mac to my house. I'll bring my guys. You have <laughs> my dick first. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, Ken! If you were here, you'd be able to see what just happened. But there's these two boys in the locker room, <laughs> and one lifts his leg up onto this <laughs> thing, and the other one's sitting right by his dick. It's like, um, just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just so laughing at your setup. <laughs> yeah. So boys in the locker room. Yeah, uh, listeners. It doesn't sound like it's going anywhere good. Yeah, it, it wasn't. I've seen the scenario. Ah! I'll bring my guys. You have you. You're a little too close. I got junkyard ah! He really does have junk. So in the commercial, I'm sorry to narrate it, but I guess people can watch this later. Um, this kid's got the junkyard dog figure inside the ring, but then the real junkyard dog's hanging on the back. And uh, I guess this, I'm I'm guessing this kid didn't tell his mom that junkyard dog was going to be over. So now there's got to be another place set for dinner, right? Yeah. So. What were we thinking of the... All right, anyway. Next. Superstars. I've got Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> yeah. I've got Great Hammer Valentine. Ricky the Dragon Steel. Yeah. They're so real. And Rowdy Rock Piper. <laughs> Can you tell the difference? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wrestling superstars. They're for real. Each sold separately from LJN. Yeah. I guess Hulk Hogan was too good to be in the commercial. Yeah, he was. I'm doing that shit, brother. Fuck you. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm going to smoke some pot, brother. Um, didn't, didn't LJN do the Dungeons & Dragons action figures, too? Oh, possibly. Let's look it up. Uh, I had those, by the way. I had I had the wizard and the knight 
and the uh-huh. b- bad guy with the like rig- wizard K- Kalak or whatever his name was. Kojak. Uh, D. Dungeons? I can't remember his name. Something. I'll say it's already Dungeons K. and Edge. Here it is. LJN was chosen to create the TSR Advanced Dungeons and Dragons action figures in 1982. Is this a com- Advanced Dungeons and Dragons? Oh. It- in the eerie world of deep, dark dungeons, mystery and magic seem real. There's good against evil with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons action figures. War Duke, Kellogg, Strongheart, and Bronze Dragon, each sold separately. Beware, Strongheart. You will cast an evil spell and steal the treasure. Yeah. Evil is no match for good. <laughs> Take that, fucketh face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had all three of those characters. You know, those are cool toy lines. Yeah, I, I remember the night. <clears throat> I like that stuff. That's something funny. I was just thinking about this this past week because my nephew, like, he's got a bunch of action figures now, and some of them keep breaking, so I have to, like, repair them. And I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, like, how no one knew how to do that shit for me, so I just had a bunch of fucking broken figures <laughs> all right. the time. You just have broken toys, and they end up getting thrown away or something. Yeah, and that's how it was with that knight figure, because like his legs fell off right away. So uh-huh. he's yeah. too busy swinging. Yeah, <laughs> gangway, fuck a face. Um, that's how they talked back then. All right, scary drug PSA. I'm trying to. Whoa. I'm trying to find this one. It's uh, it's got like the snake guy at the end. He's like, uh. I don't know if y'all remember or not, but maybe I can look up snake. snake Scary snake. PSA. Yeah, try to find it. Or dare or something. Yeah, it might have. I saw a dare shirt today. I was in Myers. They were selling. <laughs> Did you? you know how they have all the retro shirts and stuff? Like the hip cool things. Yeah. I, they were selling it or you saw well, someone wearing it? No, they were selling it. Yeah. Like, dare. like, isn't this cool? Look at how retro dare is. Like you're gonna wear a dare program shirt. I mean, maybe ironically. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Is anyone, is, there it is. Is anyone really buying it? And I'm in Michigan, which is you know like a, <laughs> that's where we do drugs. Want a state? Like <laughs> that's why we. <laughs> okay, so um, she was saying uh, yeah, just yesterday I was at Target and like they got a bunch of like you know like retro shirts and shit, and they had a, the only one I was kind of interested in was the Def Leppard shirt, but I was like. I'd rather get like uh, a real. I see that one. <laughs> I'd rather get a real Def Leppard shirt than this fucking. You know, I don't know. It's it just seems kind of like I don't know. It doesn't th- seem authentic. All right, so here is this weird snake anti-drug PSA from 1986. Oh, dude, send your mama and daddy out of the room. I gotta get you up on this. You know who I am? Snake dealing in weed, coke, crack. Your choice. Yes. Take one hit Smack anything to cop more. Steal from your mama. Lie. Cheat on your homeboys. But hey, that's the price you pay when you deal with dudes like me. Now, some folks will tell you that I'm dealing what the in fuck? poison. But hey, do I look like the kind of guy that would do that to a kid like you? Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. I you know, when he walked, okay, so when he walked past the first pill, I'm like, is this dude wearing a helmet? And then he just transforms into a snake. But an ugly snake, because mm-hmm. <laughs> drugs are ugly. <laughs> yeah, I just saw this a, like a few days ago, <laughs> and it's been on my mind. Like when I'm like up at like when I get home at night, and I'm like walking to the house at night in the dark, I keep thinking of that guy's face going, "Yes, <laughs> I'm like, leave me alone. I don't want to do drugs." 
But <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's this one? What's oh, a dare? Let's try this one really quick. I don't even know what this fucking is. Thirteen. Never mind. Thirteen minutes. Thirteen minutes of of a rabbit getting high. <laughs> ah, get out of Manglores. <laughs> okay, so I right, was the other one Ken had. Yeah, let's go to. Oh, not that. Is it this one? There we go. No, those are the movies. Okay, here we are. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I was actually going to um, um, pull this one up myself, but here we go. I remember these. I remember these books laying around, too. Evenings like this, I like to curl up with a good book. The sort of book that lets the imagination run away with you. If you're like me and enjoy the mysterious and the unexpected, you'll love the enchanted world. A fascinating new series from Time Life Books about the legends, myths, and folk tales of ages past. These are the books that let you fly along with those unlucky spirits condemned to haunt the world of the living. You'll find yourself in a world where valiant warriors battle fearsome dragons and scaly creatures snatch away beautiful maidens. Why? Each volume yeah. brings to life only women. Those inhabitants of the other world. Witches and wizards, ghosts, goblins, and avenging knights. Call now and enter the enchanted world with the first book, Wizards and Witches. What the hell? Do you hear something? Yeah, it's like kids talking in the background. It's fucking Ken. Ken, are you talking? No. Do you have something on? I was walking by a TV. Oh. God. Huh? Ken, we're doing yeah, a fucking yeah. show. You're picking up. <laughs> We're trying to play this fucking commercial, and you're playing another commercial in the background. I'm like, oh my god, is this is this haunted? <laughs> do you know how to fucking do that? Are you you were so unprofessional? Sorry. <laughs> okay, sit your ass down away yeah. from other things. <laughs> god, well, you know what? I I gotta tell you. What, right. Here's what I had a sudden thought. Okay. My 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 uh, mother-in-law was just eating some. Um, what do you call it? A rice pudding that had raisins in it. Okay. And I wanted to make sure she didn't feed it to my dogs. Because sometimes she feeds food to the dogs. Uh-huh. And raised dogs can't eat grapes or raisins, as you know. It will kill them. So that's why I felt the need to get up and go check the fuck and see if there was a dish laying there. Why don't you just put her outside? <laughs> Not the dogs, her. <laughs> all right let's commence this three spells and anyways so, other books but, yeah, we're all good. all right shut up fairies and elves and dragons painstakingly researched by the editors of time life books each volume is exquisitely illustrated and portrayed with masterworks of art hell yeah each volume is superbly written and bound in luxurious fabric <laughs> The devil's come to steal them. Only remember, once you're lured into the enchanted world, there's no telling where your imagination will take you. What are your first book call now? Look at that. Or write to the enchanted world of Time Life Building in Chicago, Illinois. I was a member of that club. I was getting those every month. Nice. Yeah, I I did that for years getting those books. I've that that's not the commercial I remember. I remember there was another one, but um, yeah, there's a bunch of them. yeah. That's actually, what they get you. Fourteen ninety five. Price subject to change. They don't tell you when it does. What'd you pay Ken for these books? Oh, uh, you know it. 
it was was shipping and everything. How much did yeah, your parents was, pay for them? Somewhere between 15 20 bucks each one. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I don't know how much my parents paid for them. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, here's no, the one. I, my parents weren't buying. The, I I was I had paper route money that, uh-huh. that I was wasting on those. <laughs> um, but I, I would get one a month. Yeah. Here, and here. I worked as a dishwasher at a bar and grill. Okay, dude. Shut. We don't care about your fucking biography. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking well, wait, five wait, minute wait, answer. I don't know what you paid for a book. <laughs> Woo! All right. So here are the Time Life Mysteries of the Unknown books. Chicago. Oh, yeah. I remember. The man is about to get on a routine flight. Suddenly he pauses. He doesn't know why, but he's got to walk away. An hour later, the plane goes down in flames. It's dismissed as chance. Britain. A woman has a sudden image of a black mountain that's moving, with children trapped underneath it. Two hours later, a Welsh schoolhouse is buried in an avalanche of coal slag. It's dismissed as coincidence. Northern Texas. An unidentified flying object is reported by at least a dozen people. Although there were no storms in the area, it's dismissed as lightning. Now, Time Life Books announces an important new library, Mysteries of the Unknown, a series that explores the most controversial phenomena of our time and tells you everything that can be known. The Midwest. A mother feels a sharp pain in her right hand. Far away at that exact same moment, her daughter screams as she touches a hot pan. Just chance? Or is it telling us something about our own? This won't burn me. Ow! Mysteries of the unknown goes deeper into unexplained phenomena than ever before. All right, this is... Ah! They're feeding me rice pudding! (laughs) With raisins! (laughs) And dates! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they can eat dates. Oh, what the fuck? What ever? The f- You're just making up the rules. It's not, not right. grapes. <laughs> okay, so these commercials used to scare the fuck. I um, can see I'm, you, man. <laughs> God. But um, this is the first time I ever learned about aliens. And there's another, I don't know if they just showed it. I wasn't paying attention, but there's one where they show a bunch of uh, sketches of alien heads. No, I didn't show that yet. And that, oh yeah, I guess we still got another minute, but. That used to scare the fuck, and that, and then seeing that UFO fly around in the yeah. sky. Well, they're in the corner there. Look at that. Mys- mysteries of the unknown books scared us for life. <laughs> well, those guys are huge pussies. I don't. Yeah, know. they are. Look at him. Zoom- his flannel T-shirt. <laughs> the Zoomborg. <laughs> fuck you, Zoomborg. I'm sure they're great guys. Anyway, um, so <laughs> yeah, these commercials. I had one of the books because my dad. This is the thing. Like, I think my dad would order a lot of these. Uh, TV commercial things. Actually, I'm going to play another one really quick now that I'm thinking of it. This is one. T- actually, both these are ingrained in my fucking skull for for life. <laughs> Can I hear Chris Jericho? Um, so, I love this fucking commercial. Obviously, I've watched it recently. <laughs> All right. On a magic carpet ride. What is this music? What do you mean? There is no other music. This is when we were grooving. Eli's coming hot, you hot girl. Eli's coming hot, you hot girl. Come on, free it, baby. I'll take you anywhere you want to go. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting high. 
Tambourine. Holy shit, this is the extended version. Mystic Music presents Groovin', 40 of your favorite hits by the original artists. You made me so very happy. Cherish is the word I use. Holy shit, this is the extended version. Yeah, they don't make uh, commercials like this anymore. Yeah. So this one and Freedom Rock were like two of the... Uh, like made for TV or you know, like the KTEL commercials with compilation records, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I remember they 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 were doing those even in the seventies. They had all these weird KTEL records. Yeah. So, but yeah, Groovin and um, Freedom Rock were the two. Like my dad had all the tapes, and I remember, whoa, these are the tapes from uh-huh. all those cool songs on the TV from the commercials, blah blah. blah. And that's all I knew of the songs were just those little clips. And I wanted, I wanted more. Yeah. But my dad would not let me. He was like, yeah. these are mine. I'm like, okay, dickhead, shut. They were making playlists before they actually made playlists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right, so let's get another one of Nick's commercials. Uh, is, it, is it hearing the same thing? Or no, it's this one. No. Yeah. No. What the fuck? Like I said, Why do we have three different things? No, Ken started another one. I should never. Uh, <laughs> should have never responded. <laughs> Creepy crawlers. Oh. I have in the messenger thing. I have oh, like three different mes- uh, conversation streams from just us three. <laughs> so I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> all right, here we go. Cre- uh, Creepy crawlers. Are these ones you could eat? No. They're squirmy and wormy and purple and green. The grossest little creatures that you've ever seen. Creepy crawlers. Fill the monster mold with the colored plastic goop and make a creepy crawler from my yucky monster soup. They're ucky, yucky, squirmy, wormy, very scary, sometimes hairy, squiggly, wiggly, creepy crawling. Creepy crawlers. Close out your sister. Embarrass your dad. You can be. I fell for it again. Creepy crawlers workshop with plastic goop. You know, like half these kids probably got their ass beat for doing this stuff. Like, yeah. Why did you spell out "fuck" with scorpion tails, <laughs> little Billy? Huh? <laughs> I mean, that's what I would be doing. Um, yeah, I remember that shit. Like, that was like it was like the boy equivalent of Easy Bake Oven, but I guess you can eat the, eat these mm-hmm. kind. But I remember there was a certain the kind next com- of- the commercial I have is the Doctor whatever. That's the stuff you can eat. Oh yeah, Doctor Demented. I can't I, let's, let's it's a, it did you have an Easy Bake Oven, Ken? Mm, easy Bake Oven? Or a, no, I didn't have My one. First Chemical Lab? <laughs> my First Jet Propulsion? Oh, you know what? My brother had a, one of those My First Chemical Lab things. Nice. He had a chemistry set. Oh, man, I remember that toy, too. What? The cool tools there? This one? Wait. Right this, there. No, wait. it's right there. The purple and yellow. Cool tools. Alright, oh, someone's in the class. Well, he was he's a cute. What do you want? Like, okay, fuck it, never mind. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> anyway, Creepy Callers was I, I I had such a blast with Creepy Callers. However, uh, they were a pain in the ass. One, the the metal tin would like give you three degree burns. Two, you take out your Creepy Crawlers. There it is, right there. That's I have that. That's one of my I sent you. Um, oh, okay. You would you take the creepy crawler machine out of the box, you find the light bulb doesn't work anymore, or it's broke. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a hot mess. Or you found out that you ran out of the goo. Uh, but I remember when you did have the goo, it was a lot of fun trying to make like right. different color like wings and 
doing like six different colors and a scorpion's tail. I don't know. That was also kind of artistic. Not autistic, but artistic. Yeah, I so, get that a lot um, too. <clears throat> anyways, I loaded my creepy crawler machine. Nice, yeah. I never had one. Yeah. But that was about the dreadful. That's what it was called. <clears throat> that was about the time my nephew was into the shit and he never I, had I never one had either. One, but, but I had friends who did. No, you didn't. <laughs> you lunatic fringe. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the other one that he's saying, the Dr. Dreadful, which is a similar thing, but right, let's play it. No! Ah, Hi, I'm Dr. Dreadful, and this is the Dr. Dreadful Food Lab. Makes lots of gross things, and then you eat them. Dr. Dreadful's monster skin. <laughs> mm. Care for a tasty tarantula, fly, cockroach? You can make swarms! And now magic powder, stir, and... Monster brains! The Dr. Dreadful Food Lab makes gross things again and again. It's totally dreadful! <laughs> Until you run out of shit. Yeah, you have to clean it up, too. Yeah. Like, fuck this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then your parents throw it away in disgust. Like, I can't believe I fucking spent 50 bucks on this piece of shit that you're not even going to fucking... And it tasted awful. I have awful. to do everything. Yeah. Everything <laughs> tasted awful. <laughs> Again, that's another truth in advertising thing that they don't tell you. Like, this is a fucking mess, kids. Yeah. <laughs> this tastes like shit. <laughs> but buy it. And people still, I bet, even if the truth was like that, people would still buy it. They're like, this is going to be a fuck ton of work. And it tastes like garbage. But hey, buy it. People would like clamor. It'd be like the hottest selling thing that Christmas season. Anyway, um, let's do another. Uh, okay, I've got it. This one, hopefully. No, it's this one. Oh, yes. See, I never had this, but I know it's kind of. I'll we'll just play the commercial. I'll talk about it after. I'll let Ken talk about it as well. Because did you have one of these? The Shogun what Warriors. Guy King with rocket boosters. Jesus, that thing's huge. With rocket launcher. Is he friend or foe? You can decide. (laughs) Launch his claw. Imagine his breath is a blast of fire. (laughs) Imagine Imagine it. (laughs) Shogun Warriors and Godzilla. They're ready to strike when you are. The Shogun Warriors. Great Mazinga Guy King and Godzilla each sold separately. Accessories not for use with smaller Shogun Warriors from Mattel. You idiots. Boosters. Okay. With yeah. rocket now, all right, I so always, I always wanted the Godzilla, but I never got Godzilla. I, mm. I had um, I had Mazinga, nice. great, great Mazinga. Nice. Um, so rockets in his fingers. This is uh, something that I want to talk about too, because I think uh, Nick just got. He saw this and it looked bigger than. So he's kind of like. Uh, it looks like twenty inches. It's like it is kind of big. I know, but in the commercial right now, they're just showing like the back. Of the toy, and it's kind of like a down. Oh, yeah, it looks like it's four yeah. feet tall. Yeah. Oh, actually, it looks like it's twenty feet tall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that shit. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I remember my niece. One of my niece had. She got like a second hand. I think she had Mazinger as well. I just remember playing with it once, uh-huh. and then they they put it away, and like I never got to see it again. But, but yeah, later I saw that Godzilla. Uh-huh. <clears throat> And like everyone loves this Godzilla toy. I personally don't think it's cool looking. Yeah. Because it's just it doesn't look like Godzilla. Yeah. And what does he do? He shoots his hand off. <laughs> yeah, shoots his hand off. With jerk off action. It, it, it was like you got to understand though in the seventies. I don't have to understand it was shit. Like the don't only tell me Godzilla what Godzilla thing you could get in America. Oh, I know. You do. That's why they. I mean, there was no Godzilla shit to buy anywhere. <laughs> You're right. I know. 
there was a crappy model you could buy, you know, and that was from oh, yeah. Aurora, and that was about it. Yeah, and then what's, what's the other? Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, the, yeah, the stupid Marvel comic. He didn't even look like Godzilla there too either. Did they? Did people not know how to draw Godzilla in the seventies and eighties? It's like, no, sorry. Well, no, but the, the comic was was based on the cartoon, so they were Godzilla had a certain look in the cartoon, so they were going on the cartoon, you know. Yeah, I know. Why they redesigned him for the cartoon, I don't know. I know that's what, that's what I'm saying, dude. All right. Um, oh yeah, speaking of, did you guys watch the new one, Godzilla vs. King Kong? Yet? I did. Did you? Okay. Did you see it yet, Ken? Yeah. Okay. I went to the theater. Yeah, I went oh. to the theater. Okay. Only I have not we've seen all year. I have not seen it yet. No, um, you guys like it? I'll let you go, Ken. Yeah, I did. You liked it? Just going it with zero All expectations. Right. Oh, no, I, I thought, you know what? <laughs> okay. what? So, so here's the thing. You know what? I didn't like any of the other Godzilla movies they've done, or the King Kong movies, except the first King Kong movie with Jack Black. I mm-hmm. thought King Kong Skull Island was retarded. Yeah. And uh, can I say retarded on your show? You sure can. And uh, um, you are one. So. Yeah, I thought it was stupid. It was just like. It was just this ridiculous sequel that was poorly written and poorly cast. And I don't know. Anyways, but my point is, um, I didn't really care for most of these Godzilla movies, and I thought this one was good. Right. This King Kong versus Godzilla was uh, well done. Cool. All right. Yeah, I I, I have it. I just haven't got around to it yet. I, I had low expectations, and it. Yeah, I maybe that's what they did. They're like, let's make all these movies shitty, and then. Hit him with the good one at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's how it feels. <laughs> but yeah, like I didn't, I still can't. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But like, I've just, I've not been able to get behind how Godzilla looks. He looks too stumpy. But I, I understand that's how he's got to look, you know, to be able to move with CGI action, you know, and all that kind of shit. But still, <laughs> I mean, it's still a hundred times better than a rubber suit. In a way, I guess. I don't know. But then again, I'm not really into Godzilla anymore. I mean, <laughs> you know? So. All right. So, yeah. commercials. <clears throat> so, these fucking Shogun Warriors are huge. Oh, and by the way, on the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> the uh-huh. There's a little Japanese kid that brings in the Godzilla. <laughs> or Asian, whatever. Whatever nationality he is in this. They don't really say. But. <laughs> yeah, he looks dumb. He looks <laughs> Yeah, not he, the kid, the, the, the Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the kid looks kind of stupid too. You're just like, this is what I bring to the table. That's the only reason those kids are playing with him. It's like, he, oh, he's got the Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, like, yeah, this Godzilla is renowned. Like, you always find when it like all these antique mall or and you know like uh, the toy conventions and all that kind of shit, and people are like, oh, I want it. Yeah, usually the Godzilla's missing his fire tongue. It was it was just like yeah. made out of paper, and people would <laughs> imagine this is something that's not. Oh. oh yeah, I guess I could play one of my commercials. I'm fucking busy playing your guys' dumbass ones. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, yeah. I guess I could finish this one. What people would never. A visitor fashions a wire antenna, making him unconscious. No. Three something undecided. Keep it a page as well. Oh, fuck it. All right. Um. Oh yeah, something else I want to mention. I guess I could look up the information because it's something that bugs me. <clears throat> you know how everyone like makes such a big deal about Stonehenge and like the ancient people built it and all blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no one ever talks about they refucking stored it 
like I can't remember if it was like the seventies or early eighties. But they fucking restored it, and that's what everyone sees now. It's like no one ever sees the what it was before. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And it's a yeah. They didn't see it. Where just the the stones were laying around. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, it's so crazy. Ancient men did this. Like, no, ancient men didn't do this. I mean, they did originally, but it's not anything like it. Well, well, they did, but yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, they just propagate it. Like it's like it's always been there. Like that. It's been. You know, right, unchanged. Like, yeah, it's, it's, but you know what? That's that's the way it is. Uh, like when I went to Easter Island, all those uh, Moai statues, a lot of them were toppled over during wars and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, they just now have re-erected them and put them on their um, uh, ceremonial stands. Uh, <laughs> Did they use uh, gorilla glue? <laughs> <laughs> this shit works, man. <laughs> All right, so yeah, they use flying saucer technology. Oh. Get them back up. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah. So here's a commercial. I mean, I guess I can play the one, and I've never been able to prove this or in any way. But back in the early '90s, I, I want to say it was 1991. There was a. I'm trying to say chocolate. I think it was a Nestle chocolate juice box commercial. But the kid, on, there's like a jingle for it. But there was a part where the they were singing like they said God I have gotta have it, but then like they changed it shortly after that to got to got to have it, and I know it sounds weird and I may have just misheard it, but I swear because I remember back then people were always like tell me not to say God's name in vain and shit. I'm like I'm gonna say it any way I want, but I just remember on the fucking commercial that the kids <laughs> they were they said it like that they said God, and I'm like. That's weird. Mm. And I remember hearing it like every day I would see that commercial. I'm like, that's so weird. But then after, uh, like I didn't see it for, or, you know, but I noticed that they brought it back out and they changed it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. You know, I, I just will fully admit that I'm probably completely wrong, but it just seems like they did that and I've never been able to prove it. So, all right. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I know. Who cares? I was, I was in Turkey during 1991. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So not battle beats. God damn it. Uh, beasts. So this was a toy line in mid 80s, early mid 80s. Why, man? I must have watched these recently. Um, but there were these little toys that had like this little hologram on their stomach, and there were these oh. little tiny warriors. You get. Like, I remember those. A, a pack of two, and it was kind of like a. I vaguely uh, recall that. Paper, rock, scissors type thing where fire beats wood, wood beats water, and water beats fire. So, like, whatever character they would, you know, it was something like that. Like, that character would beat the other one because, you know, his element was more powerful or blah, blah, blah. But here we go. Battle beat wood. Fire, fire, burn wood. Battle beat fire. Water! Water! Battle Water! I think I had one actual Battle Beast, and then I had like a bunch of generic ones. Like oh. I had a gas, or not a gas, like a, a Dagobah, or a, like a convenience store that was like on, like next to my uh, 
Anyway, I got a bunch of fucking generic ones. <laughs> and the, they didn't even have the fucking hologram. When you, when you said Dagobah, they, you, didn't, you didn't mean Yoda's planet of Dagobah. Oh, wait, Bodega. That's what I meant. <laughs> Not Dagobah. <laughs> you meant Bodega. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Dagobah. My house you talking you about? Yoda's planet? <laughs> generic okay, they are. I got it. Generic battle? <laughs> beasts of battle they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was my other commercial. What I can't think of right now. Like, um, I love commercials. Um, the ones that were always like the, the best were the Geico commercials. Yeah, especially like the early ones. Like the one was yep. like Bob. Uh, it's Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. Or you know, it's like collect collect call from Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. It's like now nah, I won't accept it. <laughs> and then the guy's like, the woman's like, who was that? And he's like, it was Bob. They had a baby. It's a boy. <laughs> so I don't know what that has to fucking do with car insurance, but it was awesome. But you remember what it's for. Yeah. And same with uh, the caveman. It's like, so easy a caveman can Ge- do it. Geico's done a good job with all their commercials. Yeah. They did, and they're always fresh. Yeah. And then they brought that little Geico in. He's like, hey, everyone. I don't know why I'm Australian, but you know, he's cool, I guess. <laughs> anyway, oh, and <clears throat> some other commercials I love. Um, let me see if I can find one really quick because I see them at work all the time. And I swear to this, <laughs> I swear this guy, <laughs> he's always yelling. I always say, Why are you yelling at me? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, we got a plethora of, all right, so I'm going to play a couple. Oh play, boy! Yeah, don't give it away yet. <laughs> I'll play a um, I'll play a classic one, hopefully, and I'll play. A, oh my god, a new one! What? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, be careful. <laughs> all right, SpaghettiOs. All right, let's try that one. Um, <laughs> let's do a first Woodman's commercial two. Hello, I'm Phil Woodman, helping you shop cheaper because we got a fantastic deal on Charmin Basic Tissue. Just $11.99 for this big 36-roll pack, or $3.29 for a 9-roll pack. I caramba is that cheap. Better prices, better products sold by better people because we're employee-owned. Motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, so um, he always says caramba. And now, all right, <clears throat> so I'm not sure when that was from. It probably looks like 90s, but I swear to God, this guy is shrinking. Yeah, I can see that. Like, every commercial I see, <clears throat> he's getting smaller and smaller, and his son's, like, next to him now, and his son looks like he has no, like, tact. Like, he's like, yeah, I'll do yeah, it, Yeah, we're dad. just here. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he has no flair like his dad. Yeah. Fucking take some fucking advice from yeah. the woodman. Take over for the team. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> All right, so here's uh, the 2020. He's carrying gal- or water, look, and he's like all animated. And then look at his son next to him, just standing like a fucking stick up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Woodman's Food Market commercial archive. There's 452 videos. Oh, my God. I can't wait to watch half of these. <laughs> all right, now let's watch this Bratz one. We'll be done. This is going to be a long show. <laughs> 
Hi, we're, we're the, the Woodmans. Woodmans. I'm Clint. <laughs> I'm Phil, saving you big time money on Bratwurst. Two and a half pound boxes of Sheboygan Brats is $4.99. Or 2.8 pound boxes of Johnsonville Brats is $7.99. Hi, Caramba, these are hot, hot, hot prices. Sheboygan $4.99, Johnsonville $7.99. Oh boy, hit a home run every day with these hot prices. Better, better products, better prices, better, prices, better service, because, because we're employee owned. It's Woodman's. Woodman rules. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's like Bob Warman. Um, I think I, he's dead too. I was going to say about Woodman. Oh, yeah. So back in the day, my friends and I used to play this wrestling game called uh, Day of Reckoning. And we made Phil Woodman a playable character. <laughs> and one time we had a Hell in the Cell match, whereas me and my two other friends in a three way or three way handicap match against Phil Woodman. And we set him at the highest difficulty level. He fucked. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well,. Let me say this. Well, he's employee owned. Yeah. <laughs> we got owned. Like we were his employees. That's what I should have said. All right. Anyway. All right. What's the next commercial? Uh, Nick. Ooh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I guess I shouldn't say these before we play them. Get off the phone! That's Lance, the lifeguard. He sees everything. Can he see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? It's got, uh, tantalines? Dude, there's cinnamon sugar swirls in everything. Mmm, a tasty part of this balanced breakfast. I see that. Right. All running. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Tasty, you can see. I always thought they had good ones, too. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I always question everybody on why kids like them. But that one always got to me because that dumb surfer dude made me laugh every time I watched it. And then I got pissed off at the kids because technically the CEO does have tan lines. And, and you guys decided to tell him it didn't. So now who's the idiot? Well, it kind of does, you little fuckers. <laughs> um, who's, who's got tan lines? <laughs> Are you, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The Cinnamon Toast? Yeah. yeah. It's got little like... Tan lines? Yeah, well, they're like swirl. No, dude, they no. got swirls on them. <laughs> oh. They look like tan lines to uh, surfer dudes. Keep okay, up. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess Cinnamon Toast like Crunch. The, I like the new boxes that are out of the store. Yeah, the 137 archive. Crazy art wow. on the back of them. Well, I'm just trying to find like an old one because I remember they used to have three characters. Just like uh, Rice Krispies has have Crackle and Pop, mm-hmm. uh, Cimento's Crunch used to have three guys, too. I don't remember the characters at all. Yeah, there's like a really? skinny tall one with dark hair, a short fat one with dark hair, sugar cereal. and then there was like the middle one that's still there. I think his name is Wendell. And then they got rid of the other two that guys. Sucks, oh, I here they are. I had some Cinnamon Toast Crunch right now. <laughs> I know. Probably going to get some after. Ah. Papa's What the fuck? Brady, look what you've done. Like you said, Papa Smurf, let's get rid of this thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was weird. Our show will be back after these messages. Ah, weird freak face. Oh, no. We're out of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Let's make more. Okay. I'll bake up a bunch. I'll shake on cinnamon and sugar. I'll give it crunch with my... my... Whoops. Whoa! Tastes just like cinnamon toast. With a crunch, it's part of this complete breakfast. It takes me, me, and me. Get it! 
Who would have thought that, that that commercial and that cereal would still be the number one selling cereal today? It's fucking delicious, that's why. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot it's all that sugar. I mean, it's addictive. That's that's the crack of cereals, man. Yeah, it's good. Good shit. Um the top image kind of looks like that one meme of the, the kid that has that big smile. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about? Yeah. Um, all right. Sorry about the Ken. Um, who would have thought Flintstone cereal <coughs> would still be around? Yeah, I know. Fruity Pebbles. I mean, they don't even really play the Flintstones much. Those are, those are cool commercials, too. The Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah, what the fuck? Why, <clears throat> why Does Barney not have a job? Like, Why does he have to steal Fred's com- uh, fucking... <laughs> cereal all the time and why and why won't it's, fred share like that's some i mean I you fucking hate about these commercials fred was, a, fred was a jerk like lucky charms the the mm-hmm. fucking leprechaun was always giving kids cereal that's fine but fucking the tricks rabbit was like well yeah the kids that the, the rabbit tricked the rabbit they yeah you can't have any motherfucker I'm like i'm i'm a rabbit i don't can't afford to go to the store and buy these tricks obviously i'm addicted to them now because <laughs> cookie Chris, kids. that had a cool one yeah Cookie Crisp. That was another one that had um. Eating alfalfa anyway. They had a dog and a burglar. <laughs> yeah, and a police officer, right? Yeah, it was a. Well, at first it was a police officer and a crook, and like the crook was always trying to steal the Cookie Crisp. Mm-hmm. But then the, eventually the uh, the cop got a dog, and then they did away with. I think they got rid of the cop and the crook, and it's just the dog now. Isn't that how they got the Cookie Crisp? Because yeah. the dog. Yeah. yeah. Cookie Crisp, <laughs> but still a snap well, crackle. Did they have a Merlin or a wizard or something on Cookie Crisp too for a while? No, no there that was, was Merlin cereal. I think some magic. There was no, that was alphabet cereal. There was Merlin cereal. Huh? Let me uh, let me find it real quick. Merlin cereal. There was Merlin cereal. Yeah, this one from favorite commercials to favorite <laughs> cereal commercials. Cere- how do you spell it? Cere- e e a r l. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, Merlin. No, it's. It, it, no, I'm thinking of King. It was like King something. Do you remember Ken? Hmm. It was like um, kind of a Manila-looking um, shit. They look like honeycombs I don't, I don't almost. I remember a wizard on a cereal. But. Yeah, let me see. Like King. Let me just look up King. And I'm not talking to the mic. Oh, yeah. King Vitamin commercial. Is that right? Yeah. Are you playing music? Ken? Oh, that one's trying to call me. Oh. <laughs> trying to call me. Boom, 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 boom. I'm, I'm ignoring it. Good. Merlin on a cereal go. box. No, I found it. It's King Vitamin cereal. F- I think. Me, not so bright night. And a dunderhead. It's like, like a Rocky and Bullwinkle. Get me in trouble. You'll see. What the hell? Oh. Man, fuck this. All right. <laughs> Anywho, are who are we on now? Oh yeah, good old Ken. Oh, Magic Stars. Magic that has a wizard on it. Oh, okay. It's Magic Stars. Oh, Magic Stars. But that's not. I didn't think that was the one I was thinking of though. Hmm. Remember Kaboom? Oh, that was that was a clown though. Never mind. All right. Uh, TSR. What the fuck is TSR? Guess we're gonna find out. Tactical study rules. Your dungeon master has placed He's you in a position. You're playing the most phenomenal game ever created. Your skin grows cold from your first blitz. Oh, speaking of, <clears throat> that last commercial had Jonathan Brandis in it. The 
Cementos Crunch we were just watching. Uh-huh. Yeah, the dude that killed himself. Uh-huh. The dude from Sequest. Killed himself. And it. Yeah, he was a child actor. He was in that commercial. Oh. And I just saw someone else in this this commercial. Let's see. Who was it? I. It may not be him, but it looks like the kid from Fan... Oh, what That's the... not a kid. <laughs> You're not a kid, motherfucker. He looks like the dude from Phantasm, though. The, um, mm. the kid. Oh, Mike? Yeah, Mikey. The kid Mike? Yeah. Oh, why is it so low? What the fuck? The choices are limited. Stand and fight or run. Use your lightning bolt. Victory is yours. Win the treasure. TSR Hobbies. Dungeons and Dragons games. Products of your imagination. <laughs> so my question is, like, is, anyone that wants to be a knight or like something like that. Like there are real monsters to go fight. You can go fight the government with <laughs> swords and knives and shit. <laughs> you know? You don't have to just wait around for fucking dragons to attack. Go fight the real monsters. Hello. You can dress up at all you want and do that, you know? Give me a knight and go fucking strike down Hillary Clinton, right? <laughs> Die thine witch. <laughs> all right, so anyways, um Yes, be gone. <laughs> Let's, I think we're in. Yes. All right. Stri- Ooh. I just bought a bunch of these things for my nephew. Help! Listen, Stop! Stop, evildoers! Introducing super stretching superhero Stretch Armstrong. Yes, Stretch Armstrong. Now stretching fun farther than ever before. He bends, he stretches, even ties and knots, but always returns to his original shape. How's he do that? He's been doing that since he was a kid. Stretch Armstrong from Cap Toys. Who else? Do you think that was like an early like training thing for like uh like if you're in the military and like you have to do torture stuff to people? It's like They're were you good at you. Yeah. Did you play with Stretch Armstrong when you were a kid? Yes. All right. So Stretch Armstrong, <laughs> you, did you have one? I never had one. No. Ken, did you have a Stretch Armstrong? Yeah. All right. I so had one, when yeah. well, I, uh, my friend actually had Stretch Armstrong. I had Crusher. I had the the other uh, the or the Beast or whatever. You oh. know the green one. Oh yeah. So the thing with Stretch Armstrong is you literally can like stretch this fucker, and he will go back. The thing that sucks though, and you always thought was fun, was if you were tugging on it. And the head on such Armstrong was like it was Normal, it was really so. hard. So if you let go of that thing, <laughs> it goes flying somewhere, flies back at you. You got you got uh, hit with the the freaking hard head of Stretch Armstrong. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I'm looking up Stretch Armstrong, Stretch Armstrong Crusher, but they're just showing a bunch Crusher. of people. <laughs> Yeah, they're not showing the character. They're showing what the f- they're showing people destroying. <laughs> they're trying to destroy Stretch Armstrong. Will it flush? Will oh. it flush? No, they don't flush. Let's find out. What's up with the Stretch Armstrong? Not looking. Oh, I see the green guy. Is he like an alien looking? Can... Oh, he's like a green lizard guy. You mean the one that collapses? Yeah. I don't know. I think he was separate from Stretch Armstrong. 
Oh, I'm not sure. Why the uh, fuck would you try to flush this thing? <laughs> Hey, let me go get myself a five hundred dollar uh, plumbing bill while I'm at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, here's your problem. You got a goddamn stretch arm saw clogged up in here. What? What kind? I like the. It, it was like this gooey syrup stuff inside him. If you ever broke one open. Oh yeah, I heard. You ever break open yours? Did you break? No, yours I open? didn't. No. Yeah, I've heard that because uh, people on the show before, because I think we did this topic a while ago, and someone brought up Stretch Armstrong, or they just brought him up on one of the toy shows. Uh-huh. But yeah, they said like they stretched it, and like there was like gross, gooey shit in the side. I, I seem to remember something similar to another toy. It wasn't Stretch uh, Stretch Armstrong, but it was like some other kind of stretchy um, figure. You're probably thinking of... Um, I'll have to look him up. He's red. And it came with a like a, a basketball pump, and he used, uh-huh. used to take the like as you pumped him, he like got he um, shrunk almost, and then like you see all like the beads and everything in his chest, oh. and you could still stretch them. I I, I kind of know what you're talking about, but oh, that was his name. Yeah, but. All right. Oh, I guess we didn't see if he flushed or not. Um, oh, I'm gonna tell you it's a flush. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What the? Why has he got five of them? Well. Okay, no. Okay, um, I just thought, I just had this epiphany. We're watching this fucking video. Um, let's see who this YouTube channel is. Igor30. Um, it looks... Oh, maybe it's not just... Okay, so... I just thought, like, maybe this guy's got a bunch of toilet flushing videos. <laughs> it's just one right right here. But what a weird thing. Like, y- there are YouTube channels where people just do this shit. Because we see, like, three right now in the suggestion column yeah. of people flushing shit. I mean, not shit, but, like, stuff. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, Stretch Armstrong. There we go. It's a um, Vac Man. Vac man, okay. Vac man, ninety four. Oh, weird. Uh, oh, I did want to see this though too, because they're like they're putting Stretch Armstrong in one of those uh, like um, what are they called? Cru- a, cr- a crusher. Sucker man. No, I'll, I'll show you in a second, or I'll tell you in a second. Yeah. Stop, evildoers! Stretch Armstrong, I will destroy you. Introducing Batman, Stretch Armstrong's arch enemy. Use the super sucking back bump to turn him into a mutating monster. I have herpes everywhere. <laughs> oh my! And then you press the button, he goes right back. But will this be the end of Stretch Armstrong? Ah! I don't know. Yeah, Vac Man. Nice. Uh, what else? Um, I don't know. I, there's so many commercials. I think we should like cut this so we can uh, get to the movies. Yeah. Do you have any more commercials you want to talk about, Ken? Nah. Not Ken really. left us. I mean, it was just <laughs> kind of on my head commercials I remembered that I like. You know. Yeah. The same with me. Like I, I think about these all the time, but right off the time I had them drawing a blank but i think this is good enough so we'll take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about the hand of death uh undertaker and his pals cool. and hard rock zombies mm-hmm. seeing a few all right all right should i hang up um you can if you want 
Should I stay on the line? No, uh, we're going to take a break for a second, okay. so we'll, we'll let you know. So you can hang up if you want. All right, yeah, just, yeah, just, or how about, how about just call me, call me when you're ready? Yeah, we will. <laughs> Is that cool? That's how this yes. works. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> he just got it. <laughs>
on evenings like this, I like to curl up with a good book. The sort of book that lets the imagination run away with you. If you're like me and enjoy the mysterious and the unexpected, you'll love the enchanted world. A fascinating new series from Time Life Books about the legends, myths, and folk tales of ages past. These are the books that let you fly along with those unlucky spirits condemned to haunt the world of the living. You'll find yourself in a world where valiant warriors battle fearsome dragons and scaly creatures snatch away beautiful maidens. Each volume brings to life so vividly those inhabitants of the other world. Witches and wizards, ghosts, goblins, and avenging knights. Call now and enter the enchanted world with the first book, Wizards and Witches. <laughs> My favorite subject. It's an intriguing account of sorcery, spells, and deception. Other books include ghosts, fairies, and elves, and dragons. Painstakingly researched by the editors of Time Life Books, each volume is exquisitely illustrated and portrayed with masterworks of art. Each volume is superbly written and bound in luxurious fabric. Only remember, once you're lured into the enchanted world, there's no telling where your imagination will take you. <laughs> to order your first book, call now, 1-800-453-3900. It will be sent to you free for 10 days. Keep it in pay just $14.95 plus shipping and handling. Others will follow about one every other month. Keep the ones you want. Cancel any time. So call 1-800-453-3900. the hell was that? <laughs> Is the lunatic fringe there? Or uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, there you Musket? are. Musket? <laughs> <laughs> no, the guy from Rob, Rob Zombie? Oh, Riggs. Riggs. <laughs> what's up, Riggs? Lunatic Riggs? That's your name, I'm by the Riggs way. Riggs Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. You're Ken. Oh, yeah, so are you getting a job soon? What kind of job are you going to get? Am I what? What kind of job are you going to get? Uh, I'm hoping to get some lame job. I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I, I would like to work at uh, Home Depot. Uh, I don't know, an arcade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to work somewhere fun. Yeah, hell yeah. Go to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Maybe I can work at, at, at a traveling circus or carnival or something. Yeah, you look the part. Put together roller coasters. Oh, I, I thought you could be a bar. <laughs> I could be one of the barkers. I look like a creepy carny. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Three darts for a dollar. Try your luck. Or you could g guess people's weights. Try your luck. <laughs> yeah, you're fat. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, lady. You you're fat. You, <laughs> you broke my scale. <laughs> one at a time, lady. Oh. <laughs> Oh shit! What's that? <laughs> oh, it's I gotta load up the music theme. I always forget to put it on here. Fuck! All right, damn it! All right, new music or new, new oh new video game. Are we doing? No, we're not doing a video game. Damn it! New. Maybe it's just movie intro. Let's try we already did video game. We did the Magic Atlantis. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was my review. It's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game.
I'm sure it is. Let's we'll take your word for it. <laughs> it looked like it, man. It looked riveting. You guys, you guys don't like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, dude. I barely like Nintendo, and I love Nintendo. So, what does that say? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's hard. Like, cause I, I've been trying to like get my like my nephews That's into the last one I bought. Atari. Oh, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Like, because <laughs> like um, my nephew is like starting to play games now, but. I can never even show him any Nintendo games because he'd be so bored out of his mind. Like, what is this primitive bullshit? Anyway. <laughs> so, all right, where's it? Uh, here we go. Oh, damn it. That wasn't the right one. But hey, you guys seen that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like, I was going to say, was that like the movie of the week, ABC's? Um, no, it's Vidmark's. It's Vidmark's intro thing for their VHS tapes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I love that shit, man. All right. Um, okay, so first on the docket tonight is Hand of Death from 1962. Yeah. Starring... Joe Besser. He's the only star in this. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'll play it. <laughs> John Agar's a star. Uh, over John Besser or Joe Besser? I am afraid not. This man's touch means death. This is the story of an experiment that backfired. I'll get them off. No, don't touch him. <laughs> <laughs> John Agar. First thing we must do, Alex, is to notify the authorities yeah. and get you to a hospital. Get you locked up, freak. What should we do? What can we do? I don't know. We just can't call the police and have them shot like an animal. Alex, they can. Five hours since you injected that second oh. area. Don't give away. Oh. My God. <laughs> Alex? <laughs> City in panic and man man on the loose. What are you looking at, lady? A woman in peril. Operator answer. A strange and chilling climax. Don't shoot him, please. (laughs) Don't run anymore. Please. What happens in Hand of Death? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) So, yeah. um, My wife would love a strange and chilling climax. I'm sure I bet she, she would. would. <laughs> 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 All right, so um, I, I could have swore this was like a Mystery Science Theater episode. I'm not sure if it is or not. I didn't look it up, but usually those pop up in the suggestion part. It might be. But I was also trying to find a complete uh-huh. version of this last night, and I couldn't find it for the life of me. I could find a DVD from Amazon, but that was it. So eventually, really? I do want to see a complete version of it. But um, yeah, it's a pretty decent 
you know, sci-fi thriller from the 60s. Um, you know, it's about mad yeah. science gone wrong. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's got a weird, like, like, like the creature's pretty cool looking. I don't know if like any, I don't know anything about this, so you might be able to talk about this, Ken, because I don't even know who John Agar is. Like, he looks familiar. Like, maybe I've seen him in something else, but... Uh-huh. He, he was in, uh, he's been in a million 1950s movies. He's in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh. He's in, he's one of the scientist guys. He's, he's in a gazillion. Well, there we go. Okay, I he's seen him. Shit. Science fiction movie from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Peter Graves and Vincent Price. All right. Yeah, he's like one of these major guys like like that who reappears. And All right, so I wonder if he was a homosexual. Because you, know, you know most of the actors. Movie of John Agar's in it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, well, so the actors were homer homosexuals. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, it's about this scientist, right? Right? Scientist? Or no, it was about this guy. The scientist named Alex Marsh. Yes. Yeah. John Agar is the scientist who's trying to create a new nerve gas yes, with, yes, yes. with some hypnotic drug and. Uh, for the military. He gets infected with it. Yeah, or for his chemical company who wants to sell it to the military, I guess. And uh, he, he gets, I don't know, he creates something, you know, kind of mad scientist-like and exposes himself to this gas and suddenly anyone he touches dies. That's hence the title, Hand of Death. <laughs> yes dude butch patrick is in this movie i mean that's kind of like the most oh. basic concept uh butch patrick's in this movie apparently which kid was he i don't know it says davy who's davy yeah i never, i didn't see no fucking davy no no it's butch patrick maybe uh maybe he was in the extended cut because this is the fucking amc rip Fuck American movie classics. <laughs> yeah, we, we we did watch the AMC version, but you know what? There, there's not too much missing from it because well, obviously Billy's missing from it or whatever. Minutes. What if he has some poignant yeah. thing to say in the fucking dialogue and the fucking screenplay of this movie? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more, much more to this movie. That's what I'm saying. I got to see. I want the complete version of it. Anyway, um, yeah, this movie's pretty cool. Like the effects are kind of cool at the end. Like. To actually think about this, like to put yourself in the scenario, to have this happen to you, I mean that would fucking suck. I mean, mo- like mostly sci-fi thrillers where the science went wrong and the scientist got turned into something, or he created something that turned other people into something, you know, but or a blob creature, whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, just putting yourself in that situation, mm-hmm. like who do you tell? You know, like like what they're saying is like, we can't go tell the authorities; they'll lock him up, they'll shove probes up his butt. And, you know, like, like you know, if something happens to you, can like, you know, if you create something, like, dude, I created, you know, life for you, you know, whatever. And I'm like, we can't tell nobody about this. And yeah. you're like, let's tell everybody. Yeah. I'm going to have to keep you a secret, lunatic fringe. Well, you, speaking of secrets, look, look how quickly that scientist, you remember when um, John Agar, he, uh, the first person he kills, his, his fellow lab assistant, touches his arm mm-hmm. and dies. And what's the first thing he does? He goes, well, I better I better just burn this place now. I better torch it, make it look like uh, an accident. Yeah. That's he, what I he, like. He, he lights the lab on fire. Like, it's just funny, though, that that's the first thing he does. Like, <laughs> that's his his first go-to is, I, I, I can't let anyone know that I accidentally killed this guy. Yeah. I, I have to cover it up <laughs> right away. 
Well, you know, when you're in that scenario, think about that. You know, like, I mean, would you, dude? Think about it. If they, if that happened, yeah, you'd burn That's that fucker you first. Yeah, it? tell someone second. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I gotta burn this. I gotta burn this lab down and then go. Act first, think later. Yeah, burn first, <laughs> think later. All right. So yeah, and then he turns into this big, uh, weird Ben Grimm almost looking. You know, and his throat gets like suffocated. Yeah, it's so, only like, Ben Grimm looking, right? Yeah, and he probably is orange. I mean, because it's a black and white movie. Maybe this influenced. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, what, was X Men before this? <laughs> X Men, uh, Fantastic Four. Huh? The thing, the thing. I mean, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah, it's way before this. So that was like the '40s. Is it way before it? Oh, a good 20 years. No. Was yeah. it? Yeah, dude. Fantastic Four is not from the 40s. It's from the Shit. 60s, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, I don't give a fuck. But here's your song. I don't know about <laughs> that, man. <laughs> Can you hear this? <laughs> you know, the, the music I thought was really good in all these movies tonight. All the movies we, were, we saw. Yeah. They had very interesting music. Including The Hand of Death. I don't remember that. But... I'll take your word for it. Um, let me go back. It did. It had some cool theremin music, some cool sort of private eye jazz music. 1961, Fantastic Four was introduced. Ooh. So a year later. Yep. It it totally came from, yep. We solved it. Because Fantastic Four debuted in 61. Hand of Death came out in 62. Uh There we go. Ben Grimm's first mm-hmm. on-screen debut. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we should uh, dub in like movie lines for he's like something going. Like, it's clobbering time! It's clobbering time! It's clobbering! You know. Let me men- let, let me just quickly mention a couple movies that John Agar's been in, and God. let me know if you've been seeing any of these. All right, no Tarantula, the Mole People. Brain from Planet Eris. Ooh, no. Revenge of the Creature. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And he was sure he was Shirley Temple's first husband. Oh. I'm on the Wikipedia page reading about the dude. Huh. Man. Alright. Alright, so yeah, hand of death. Um, let's see. I I'll give it I'll get a four out of five. Because it's one of those classic, you know, sci fi movies. It's really it's a quick watch. It's the same premise as every other one, but you know, it's pretty cool. I wish there were yeah, like I mean, more premise, chicks in I think, it. I think it was well done. <laughs> like uh, teenagers from outer space. Yeah. Like, even though that one's kind of boring and stupid, it's got this really hot chick in it. Chicks from the Undertaker and his pals. Yeah. Uh huh. So four out of five for mm-hmm. me. How about you, Nick? Yeah. Oh, you, you didn't watch this one, right? Uh, I didn't see this one, but based on what I just watched and hearing Undertake <laughs> Fringe. Yeah, hearing your guys' commentary on it, uh, I would say. Probably the same thing, four out of five. That's not fair. You have to watch it first. You have to report back. <laughs> All right, fine. Report back. <laughs> All right. Ken, how about you? Earth I'll to Ken. Now you're driving? I, God I damn it. This, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it. I'm going to give it three out of five. Oh, what? You're fired. You recommended this. <laughs> okay. That's good. Well, well, I mean, I enjoy, it. I enjoy it for B-movie. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's got some cool... 
I know oh, you're okay. Sound clips. You should play some of the sound Oh clips. yeah, I forgot. Shit. Here we go. Uh, mm-hmm. Hand of death. Yeah. I came up with a compound which paralyzed rather than anesthetized. A nerve? Yes. I'm so sorry. I totally forgot you gave the sound clips, but here. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, so I want to talk about um that first uh like the per- the per- first person that was infected or whatever. He's like, I sure. Like they were like, well, we don't know. It's a government thing, so we can't really tell. He's like, well, I sure would like to be in on it, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Like he's gonna fucking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna tell you everything, Clyde. It's clandestine, yeah. buddy. All right, so um, that guy, and then Joe Besser, like, like that, because I was just I was working on something while I was watching this, and I heard his voice. I'm like, what? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm a gas station you're guy. Like, wait, you're like, what's Joe Besser doing? Yeah, it's like when Shemp yeah. pops up in movies. You're like, what the fuck? Where are your brothers? Right, Shemp used to always pop up in movies in the '40s. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, seeing Joe Besser was pretty cool. I was like, all right, five out of five. But then, you know, I came to my senses tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right away. <laughs> but yeah, so um, do you know who Joe Besser is, Nick? No. He was like the fifth, like probably the sixth. Let's see. <laughs> he's one of, he was the, one of the Curly's replacements. Fourth Stooge, I think. Or one of the three Stooges. Because so it was Shump. Well, I mean, it was Curly first, Shump. Um, and then... Oh yeah, he was well, the third, count, and then Curly Shemp. Joe Dorito was after. Curly Shemp. well, Shemp, Curly, well, Joe Dorito. Yeah, Curly. so he was the third. Joe Besser, and then yeah. Curly Joe Dorita. He was the last one when they were doing the. He's in a bunch the of movies and the Costello stuff. Yeah, yeah, Joe Besser. Yeah, he was always kind of. He he yeah. was like he never got slapped a lot. If you notice in the Three Stooges, like they would never slap him, they would always be kind of like more delicate with him. And I, I remember like noticing that, and then watching those like biopics or like the um, not the one that came out a few years ago at the th- in the theater, but there was a Three Stooges like kind of like um, it was a movie based on their life, so they were showing like how they were in real life and all that kind of shit. And like, I don't know how much of it's true or not, but where am I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Joe Besser was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so next Joe movie. Was in this movie, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Undertaker and his pals. <laughs> so I have been wanting to review this movie since right. 2009 because there was this old podcast called Rumor Radio, and they would they would play a lot of like music from just random horror movies, and this was on at one time. They played the okay. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, let me play it really quick. Did you ever think when the hearse rolls by that someday you are going to die? Whenever there's a party and all the chicks yep. are there, I ain't the kind of fella just to stand around and stare. In action, my soul is pleasure bent, and though I dig the chick I pick, it's never permanent. Oh, I cut in, yeah, yeah. I cut up, yeah, yeah, yeah. and cut out. Yes, he do, yes, he do, he really do. Oh, there's never been a devil like me. So, yeah, 
This song's fucking awesome. Yes, that's a Johnny White uh, song. Yeah. yeah. It was released on uh, vinyl. <laughs> so it was... Um, <laughs> all right, sorry, anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, so I've been wanting to review this movie, and I have not watched it yet until last night. Um, I've only watched clips of it because I was always interested um, in that song because I thought it was Freddie Blassie when I first heard it because it had... A, like Freddie Blassie did a few songs himself back in the day and he sounds similar. So I was like, I wonder if this is Freddie yeah. Blassie. So for, I was under the impression it was for years, but then when I looked it up a few years ago to find the song, I found out it was someone different, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But overall this, this movie is so weird. It's like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense like it, at all. It's, no, it's, it's kind of arty, surreal, a little, you know, I don't know. It's quirky. It's yeah. And I feel it's just people like us just got together. Hey, you want to make a movie? Yeah, that's what I feel like. And I feel like there's times where it is like really good. And then, yeah. and then it like, <laughs> yeah, it goes into crap. <laughs> like, or like the scene is going really great. And then they end it with like a scream or a bad, cut or a bad Yeah, it's a bad cut. And yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't shot well. I'll just say that it's just kind of kind kind diluted. Um, I don't know, I don't know much about it other than like watching it. So, Ken, do you know anything about this movie, or can you pull up Wikipedia and let us? No, not really. Make a I mean, <laughs> make a sound no, smart. I, <laughs> okay, no, well, I'll play your yeah, sound clip really quick I then. I don't know anything. I ripped their clothes off. Oh, that's good thinking. You ready? Exactly. <laughs> so, so what's the problem? My favorite. Why, why are they killing these women? Why is the Undertaker and his pals killing these women? Uh, be, well, because it's the uh, the guys who are next door to the Undertakers who run the uh, the Greasy Spoon Restaurant, who are no one knows why they're really killing them, but they're just using they're using them for food. They're cannibals or whatever. They're they're serving them in their restaurant. Hmm. Store of McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So let me play the trailer real quick, I guess. Uh but did- Did you ever think when the hearse rolls by that someday you are going to die. Ladies and gentlemen, as producer of this film, I would like to make the following statement. I suck. This motion picture is a vicious expose of a part of the young generation, that sick generation who must ravage and plunder for their kicks. <laughs> Scenes of such brutal honesty will be shown on this screen that we strongly recommend that impressionable young people or those people of any age who are upset or affected by scalpel slashing, arm twisting, axe hacking motorcycle maniacs now close their eyes for the remainder of this coming attraction and further recommend these people do not attend any showing of this film. Thank you. Yeah, like the little comedy things in it too. What kind of work do you do? Like the guys, oh, yeah. the the, the sailors' picture. Like, uh, you tell me. Like that opening scene, where 
Yeah, where you go to the sailor's picture and he's got a wow face in. Yeah. One of my favorite parts too is the very end where like they're playing the song and they're showing like the cast and they're showing like their a couple of their murder scenes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh I'm still alive, blah blah blah. It's kind of cool. It's like almost like a blooper reel at the end, like stuff they did they do later now. Mm-hmm. Or like Yeah, right. So I don't know if this is one of the yeah. first movies to do it from nineteen sixty six, but It'd be interesting to find out. Yeah, I, th- I thought the movie was pretty interestingly done. It's just yeah. It, um, uh, what I are, like how I mean, it's not it's not fourth wall, but it feels that way at times. Like 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 you're yeah. like you're part of it too. Like they're like you're in on the gag. I don't know. It's I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't know. I I didn't really like it as much as I thought I would. So, uh, if it didn't have that song, if it didn't have that song, and I'd probably give it a two. But since that song's so fucking amazing, <laughs> oh, you, you didn't have enough for brawn panty shots to no to hold you in there. They weren't. They weren't like they were like pre. I don't know. I I can't get behind like. T- they have to be shown way more skin for me to be like, okay, that's a woman right there. <laughs> Cause otherwise it's just like, Hey, it's aunt Ruth. It's aunt Ruth's a uh, fucking movie debut. Yeah, right. So, um, I got you. So yeah. Um, yeah. So three out of five for me for undertaker and his pals. Nick, what do you think? Um, with this movie, it was interesting how I laughed because of how cheesy it was, but then I still laughed at the comedy behind it. So uh, kind of like the scene where uh, he's sitting there and he's doing his paperwork and she's like, if you don't if you don't marry me, I'm going to jump out this window. And he calls and he's like, I, I need a new secretary. She's about, she's about to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was dying. But uh, overall, I'd give it a two. I mean, it's it, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it again, but it, it's... Um, so we have just to watch those, it again for the next show. Yeah, those constant uh, horrible endings and cuts were just exhausting. Just out of it. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Ken? I thought they were. I thought they were already. I thought they were already. I mean, I did. I I don't know. I I didn't see it as necessarily being bad. Just, well, you know, some people just, can't yeah, do art. Cut. Oh. Well, this, this was good. I think this movie should be retitled The Undertaker and His Motorcycle Riding Pals. Ah, yeah. It did mention that motorcycle business. In there, <laughs> like, even when we first saw the three motorcyclists out when they were checking the first girl, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. But then it was like a montage well, we of like a three-minute walk. Who they were. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what'd you write it? I don't know. They felt they had to do some psycho motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it three out of five. I liked it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's cool. All right. Okay. And it had, it had good music in it. Good funeral. All right, good night. It had good uh, funeral music, or the funeral organ music at the end of it. It's pretty cool. Okay. All right, so now on to the last movie, which is... One of like the main reasons I started doing the show is because 
of this movie. Um, I didn't like it at first. I think I mentioned this before that, um, well, obviously I've mentioned it before, but uh, Neil Love and I started watching on this uh, satellite station he had called B-Mania. And we'd watch this channel all the time because they had so many cool fucking movies like Curse of the Campbell Confederates. We found out about that from there. But Hard Rock Zombies came out one day. And I only knew about this movie from the VHS cover because I would always see it. And I'd always see it at Blockbuster. And I didn't have a Blockbuster card because it was the most expensive place to go. But I would always have my friend just like, hey, can we go check uh-huh. this out? Blah, blah, Because I like looking at box cover i don't i don't know anyway so uh i'd always see it and i'd always look at the back and it was just this one little picture of the main star stabbing someone didn't really say much about it you know so for years i just kind of always wondered what it was never really thought much of it but then it came on that channel that one day (coughs) and um so we started watching it and it really wasn't holding our attention we were just like eh there are no zombies (laughs) So like, you know, like 20 minutes in a minute, there's no zombies. So we're like, eh, fuck this. So we went swimming. And uh, I guess we were, we didn't swim too long because when we came, no, I think they showed it again. No, no, actually we didn't see the, you know, I can't remember anymore, <laughs> but I just remember we didn't watch the whole thing. But the, something that stood out in my head when we were watching it was the music. And it was really weird because I was thinking in the back of my head, like, you know, someone actually sat and produced this music because it's actually kind of good. And I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder if I can find yeah. this. You know, like, the pre- people that did the Hard Rock Zombies soundtrack, I wonder if I can find this. But then, you know, I put it on my head for a couple uh-huh. years. And then one day, I think I was on YouTube or something. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can find that music. Because I'm, it, you know, it, make, it can make a bad movie good in my perspective. You know, like... Mm-hmm. It always brings me back to a movie like this movie. This movie is complete shit, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the music's so good. So, anyways, I so years later I looked it up, found it, found out there was a guy who did the music. Blah blah blah. So around two thousand nine ish, when I first started the show, right off the bat, I wanted to get peop, uh, celebrities or not celebrities, but just these people that are in these weird movies I love to see if I can find them. And this is back in MySpace days where you could actually reach out to people. I mean, you still can a little bit, but it's harder because people on MySpace would pretty much answer, you know? So I, I found, I found all these people, like all the people in the Holy Moses band, uh, EJ curse, um, Sam Mann, uh-huh. who Sam Mann actually did a lot of the music for, uh, Don, uh, Don Jackson's movies. Um, the guy who did the, Hell Comes to Frogtown, and um, uh-huh. I can't remember the other shit. <laughs> but yeah, all those Rollerblade Warrior movies. <clears throat> so, yeah. but yeah, like, um, I interviewed him. Um, Gino Andrews, who also was in all these other movies. He he was in a Molly Crew video. And uh, uh, who is this? Uh, Mick Mann, which I didn't know who he was because on the movie... In the movie, in the credits, he goes by a different name. But on the movie poster, and this was the epiphany I had back in 2012, like years later after doing the interviews with the other guys, um, I looked on the poster and it had a different name. I'm like, huh. So I looked that guy up. I couldn't find him, but I found his son. So then through his son, I found him and I did an interview with him. So 
I didn't, and I've always planned to put these all together because I was going to try to reach out to even more people from the movie, but I just don't care anymore, really. And uh, Krishna Shah died, and he was the director. And I was going to try to get him, but okay. anyway. I only had one contact, and they were they never really got back to me. They was kind of were vague about it. And anyway, and then Phil Fundacaro, the, the uh, midget um, little person, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I did start an interview with him but he couldn't hear me so like it was just him talking and he was if it, it was almost like a prank call <laughs> so it didn't work and i felt really it, it was just <laughs> he couldn't hear you yeah it was if it, it was fucked up like i don't know how it happened Technical and difficulties uh, yeah so i just kind of yeah. it never went anywhere so i just kind of brushed it off and then um lisa toothman who plays elsa in the movie i had a couple uh-huh. lines on her but i never got an answer from her so and i'm not even sure if the email went to the right person blah blah blah. so um anyway right. so i'm a, now that i heard uh that go ahead oh yeah. I, I was just gonna tell you that i i had read that uh they're gonna be putting out a special edition blu-ray of this what movie pretty soon what by livid media yeah what 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 yeah. what what breaking news called livid media is allegedly putting out a special edition Blu-ray of Hard Rock Zombies. Oh, fuck. I need to pre-order this right now. Holy shit. That's fucking weird because I... What? Fuck you. Website expired. Well, I guess they're out of business. I guess they're not doing it. <laughs> shit. Livid no, media. Are they out of business? Are they gone? <laughs> I don't know. Let's find a Hard Rock Dicks Zombies. Or look up Livid Media. I did. It took me to a page. It was like, nope. Motherfucker, they're dead. All right, let's try uh, ray Maybe this pop. No, that's not accurate. Um, yeah, if you can send me that information, um, let me know. Yeah, I found it somewhere. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I mean, maybe it's old information or something. Yeah, because I can't but, find uh, it. I'm I'm pretty well versed on this because I try to look it up before. Um, I think last show I try to look it up because the only thing available. Um, of interest right now is the soundtrack on vinyl. Um, oh, did I close it? Oh, yeah, you look at the vinyl; it's pretty cool. Yeah, the cover Luminar- art's fucking Luminaris awesome. Records. Yeah, I want yeah, it. The cover art looks cool, but I mean, the vinyl itself's a midnight blue with splotches of uh, black mm. in the vinyl. It looks really good. You know, so if anybody wants to get you this know, for me, it looks cool aesthetically. <laughs> you know, feel free because <laughs> I. How much is it? Like twenty bucks or twenty? Yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty five bucks. Yeah, it's it's hard to like shell out money for something like that. Who knows if it's even available? It's oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, one of those things you could because it it came out in twenty eighteen and it's like a limited edition. Yeah, and they might all be sold out and we just don't know it right now. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm such a huge fan of this movie. I've just never pulled the trigger on that. And like, I got a lot of other propaganda from the movie. Um, I'm not propaganda, but. Uh items um i have a poster like an original poster i never got the french poster because it's they call it rock zombies over there anyway back to the soundtrack um when i first started talking about paul sabu who did the music for it um let me just backtrack so he was originally going to play jesse in the movie because um he Uh was at a dinner with his mom his mom is marilyn cooper um I'm not sure if she's an actress or not, but she was like some kind of famous debutante in Hollywood. 
But she was married to his dad, uh, Sabu, the elephant boy or whatever, the famous actor. He did a few movies and he kind of toured with his, uh-huh. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, so Paul, he, uh, they were having dinner with um, some investors who wanted to make some movies. And there were all these Indian fellows like Krishna Shah and um, uh, Patel, I can't remember who saw, I can't remember yeah. their names, but... Um, they wanted to make a move. They wanted to make movies. So I think the original, the, the one they were going to make was American drive in. So, but they wanted to have a movie playing in the background for that movie. So they were like, let's make a horror movie to, you know, just scenes from a horror movie. Blah, blah, blah. So originally hard rock zombies, it wasn't supposed to be a full movie. It was just supposed to be like little clips for the other movie. Okay. But, okay. But they decided to go through with it because they had the money to do it. And, you know, so, and Paul, that's how Paul got involved in both movies. He did, he did the soundtrack for Hard Rock Zombies, but he supervised the soundtrack for American Drive-In, which had his wife on it, um, Terry Timms, I believe. I can't remember really. Hmm. But anyways, uh, Paul Sabu, he did our theme song. So the, the theme song you hear at the beginning of the show, yeah. Retro, Retro, Retro. He did that. Retro, retro. We retro. we co-wrote it together, which is cool. But yeah, um, yeah, it's totally cool. So what else? Uh, so yeah, Hard Rock Zombies. I I I became obsessed with it back in like 2008 because I bought it on Blu-ray or not Blu-ray, but DVD. And I come to find out years later that there's two uh, DVD versions. There's the American one from um, uh, shit. What's the company? I can't remember, but. That that version sucks because the audio's off, and that's pretty much the version you can see on YouTube. Where, like, when when the band's playing, you first see the band playing in the bar. Um, the music kind of uh-huh. cuts off and picks up in different spots, and it's echoey and it's just fucked up. But yeah. in the UK version, it just looks amateurish, but like, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but in the UK version, it's it's perfect. So, I suggest oh, watching the oh, UK okay. version from whatever i can't remember uh-huh. anywho um i can't find that blu-ray anywhere yeah that's what i'm saying like i don't think i don't think it's out yet but maybe no i, I don't think it's in the pr- in production either but if you can find that information let us know because i would love to all right i'll, I'll see where i saw that uh, yeah <laughs> in your dreams i'll just go through my you saw it in my space head. it could have been it could have been i just woke up one day and i said I think I'm gonna fuck with Raven today. That's putting it out on Blu-ray. Yeah, he's gonna lovely hear this information. <laughs> what? <laughs> I saw, saw my firstborn. Oh, here's here's um, Global Entertainment Media. This is the shit version. I wonder if this one's. Anyway, so let me skip ahead. So basically, it's about this band called Holy Moses mm-hmm. who go to this they're in they're in this one town first and then they're going to go to Grand Guignol Guignol I don't know how to say it how do you say it Ken? Yeah Grand Guignol yeah. Guignol and uh, this town's full of you know just regular people but it's a little more conservative I guess and basically this is how you get the yes. the plot of uh, Footloose and, and by conservative we mean retarded yeah it's <laughs> yeah. really a plot of like Footloose 
Or you know what? It, it's the plot of joysticks too. Yeah. It's like here, here's a little like you know small-minded village, and they're trying to prevent fun. And they're you know in the case of joysticks, they're trying to prevent the arcade from you know doing its thing. In the case of half-naked women, yeah, there's like sex acts happening in that arcade. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah I guess we can go back. Moses from playing. I guess we can go back to the joystick. So, I mean, Joe Don Baker wasn't completely wrong with wanting to shut it down because we don't. We only saw ha- <laughs> We only saw like maybe ten percent of what happens at that arcade. You know, I mean, if that was <laughs> yeah. just what the surface level we saw. Yeah, I feel like this is Ken's vision of an arcade. That's why he wants to work in one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about cum all over the joysticks and everything, man. Like. <laughs> Let's be real. All that's right. my vision of an arcade. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one from Joyce. Yeah, the the devil one or the mm-hmm. the hell version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Debauchery. <laughs> They're running a brothel. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Hard Rock Zombies. It's about that band. They try to go to this town to play, but the, the but the town are so upset with them that they want to ban them all together. So they lock them up. But in lieu they, of all they this, start, they d- go ahead. They play. They they. St- they start a statute, statute sixty nine sixty nine to ban them. You should oh, play yeah, the yes, sound clip because yes. I gave you the sound clip. <laughs> statute sixty nine sixty nine. Yes, uh, let me get to it. Uh, <laughs> fuck, hold on. Damn it! All right, hold on one second. I got it. Retro three two thousand twenty one May. Yeah, why did I not have that? One? Okay, here we go. Statute. We have before the council a proposal for an addition to statute 6969 to the effect that rock and roll music should fall under existing town bans against gypsies, circuses with lewd shows, door-to-door sales of intimate devices, and stage plays that depict unnatural acts or call into question American foreign policy. Can't sell sex toys. <laughs> I can't sell sex toys. Yeah, can't sell sex toys. Call into question America's foreign, foreign policy. policy. So fuck rock and roll. Um, did you <laughs> did you you get the uh, your father's a real mother? That's one of my favorite yeah. lines in the movie. Yeah. Get home. Yeah, I, I thought I I thought about sampling that one. I didn't. Yeah, I did sample the one that says. Uh, when you hear the screaming, and it's oh, it's just my mother's private screen therapy. I thought that. I don't want to be impolite, but what's that screaming? It's just my mother's private screen therapy. Quiet, mama. Guests. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny. Primal screen therapy just seemed ludicrous. You know? Yeah. Well, a lot of it is. Um, that's what some of the actors were saying. Like, I'm gonna actually tag on all the. Inter- that's what I was getting at. So the whole cast uh, interviews I did, I'm gonna tag them on to the end of this episode, so everyone can hear oh, okay, the cool. the finally long awaited McMahon's interview. Nice. <laughs> all right. So cool. Yeah. So like the band uh, comes across Elsa, who uh, cuts the hands off a gentleman. Um. Yeah, and she brings them home to ongoing. Yeah, theme joke. She uh, brings them home to her Texas Chainsaw Massacre esque family, and which is another funny thing. Uh, Gino Andrews, the guitar player in Holy Moses in this movie, 
He's kind of dressed similar to uh, Sally and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's wearing a blue, he is. a blue shirt and white pants, similar to what Sally wore. So something else about well, I guess we can get to it in a second because it kind of ruins the whole plot. <clears throat> but yeah, um, so the band goes to this town. They try to, but they with the family, um, like we were just saying, uh, Elsa's mom's a werewolf. Um, I think, wait, I think that's, um, Eva, Eva Braun. And then, um, Hitler is in this. Yeah. You don't know it right away until he rips his head off. (laughs) He's in disguise. He's, he's grandpa in the beginning. Yes. He's playing grandpa. Yeah. Oh, this is the scene right here. The midgets. So this is another reason I love this movie so much is because this scene right here where he rips his head off. I can't get to it. 40 years yeah. I'm invading and you are telling me come jump up swineabains. Oh damn it. <laughs> I tried to get it. Hmm. Yeah, um the, there's two different actors that play that part. The old man and then the guy who plays Hitler. So uh-huh. And I couldn't find information about them at all back then. So, and uh, they're—I I don't know if they're both credited or not. But, um, yeah. So it's about Hitler hiding out all these years after World War II, <laughs> and he lives in Grand Gugno. The retired it's insane, Bible salesman it's funny. from Brooklyn. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. You know, Ray Wing fun killing oh my God. people. Yeah. So now. Now you know. Is it really you? Is it really be you? You think I shot myself down in some some bunker someplace? You think that I am stupid? So yeah, um, this is what the actors were talking about too. They're like then all of a sudden, Adolf Hitler was in it. So they were talking about like how the script was just being written day by day. So, <laughs> and um, years ago there was this uh. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's still around, but it was called the man cave. Um, some guy got the domain for that and he was doing a podcast and he reached out to, uh, EJ curse, who was like the most accessible guy from this movie. Cause he, he actually went on to, uh, do, do more in Hollywood. I guess he just like did bit parts and like shows, but he was also in the band, um, silent rage and they were produced by, um, Gene Simmons back in the day and Paul Sabu. So there was a lot of eighties hair metal, um, loyalty or, you know, anyway, it's all kind of looted, but, um, yeah. so EJ curse, um, so this guy did an interview with EJ curse and EJ, he mentioned it to me in the interview. Like he had all these pictures from the set that he was going to send me, but I never asked. I don't know. I don't know why I never asked for him, but, um, later he gave him to the guy from man cave. So the guy posted all of them. So I, I saved them eventually, but, um, yeah, EJ Curse talked about like how. Actually, you know, I'm going to save it for the interview. If you want to know all the information about this, let's save to it the for end the show. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> save it for the end of the end of the show. <laughs> um, well, good. So yeah, I uh, I got all the band members, and I got the um. So I got EJ Curse, Gino Andrews, McMahon's, and Sam Mann. But then um, I also got Paul Sabu and uh, shit. What's his name? Their manager in the movie, um, Ron, 
dang, what's his name? Ted Wells. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a kind of funny too, because I was looking through some emails um, about a month ago, and for some reason I, I was typing in a T, and his thing came up, and it was like Ted Wells uh, finance, some about like insurance or something like that, because I guess that was his work email when I contacted him years ago. Okay. And something uh-huh. like that. But anyway, you can listen to it and find out what happened to him back in the day. Um, but these interviews are now fucking ten plus years old now. 2009 i think i i did them and then yeah anyways it'd be good it's it's a little too cringy for me to listen to them so hopefully you know people are okay with the interview style and all that because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing back then still don't (laughs) but sure it'll be cool (laughs) well you know the coolest thing i think is you got paul sabu to do your uh theme song for this show that you've been doing for 10 years now you know yeah for retro 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 and i've, I've kept in contact cool. with paul in itself um we talk every now well i haven't talked to him in like maybe three years now because i has been okay. a little bit but you know every now and then we have a phone conversation and actually yeah uh before i even started the show i did an, inter- an interview with him but it didn't work like the tech i didn't have the right tech I don't know, somehow it got fucked up and we did this like long two hour interview and it just got messed up and I'm like, damn it. So that's when I was like, you know what, why don't I just like get a better interview with him and then maybe try to reach out to the rest of the actors in the movie. So anyway, let's just finish up with the movie now. Enough about me. All right. So um, <laughs> eventually the Adolf family kills the band members but the band had been messing around with this occult uh, th- a song, or Jesse the had. Occult sounds. Yeah. Like, they can, it's like music that reanimates dead things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so about or the whatever. soundtrack. It was like some kind of, yeah. Okay, so about the soundtrack, I, I want to say this really quick before we move on. Um, It wasn't all available. Like, Paul had put out you know, maybe like five songs from it, like uh, Cass- the Cassie song, Street Angel, mm-hmm. and a couple other ones. Yeah. And those were all that was available at the time. But back in like 2010 or 11, someone online had posted the the album soundtrack. So you could get all the sequential music too, like um, like when the zombie's mm-hmm. eating himself or when the, when the, um, or the midget's on top of the cow or he's trying to grab the cow. Uh-huh that weird music that's yeah. in the background. All that stuff was available. Yeah. And I remember talking to Paul about that back when I interviewed him. I'm like, is there any way to find, get this music? And he's like, well, you know, I got the, I got the original tapes, but they're all, the thing, the thing is like, he had like all his old stuff and like his, a shed, but a lot of it was uh-huh. on top of this pipe that if he moved off that pipe, he'd have to get the pipe fixed. So he was like, I okay. can't. <laughs> so like a lot of his archive stuff, he couldn't <laughs> do anything with. And you know, it's like, I'm like, well, I can, but anyway, it's like, cause I've been trying to pester him to get shit anyway. So it wasn't available, but then like in 2018, they put it out. So I think like he had a hand in that. So I think he actually got his pipe fixed eventually. I'll have to ask him, (laughs) (laughs) but, but it's on Spotify. If anybody wants to listen to it, it's on, it's on YouTube as well. I mean, it's, it's free anywhere. It's fucking digital, but I would like to get the actual vinyl. I still want born again. From Black Sabbath Con, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll play a couple songs. Let's see. Okay. 
Angel's First Victim, which is the opening credits. Yeah. Awesome song they play in the bar. Well, come on! <laughs> Put your hands together! Then they go backstage and fuck. <laughs> yep, what you get this? Uh, shit, there you go. Oh my goodness! Oh, beautiful, beautiful! What am I supposed to do? Jesse, sign those luscious, nubile, tender, underage tits, man. Underage Don't talk the eye too hard. Soon I'm going to be a Mormon and you'll all be my wives. Yeah, so that was uh, <laughs> Sam Mann as Chuck, who's going to be a Mormon soon. Um, you know, okay. so I, I, I've seen this movie a little bit at, at your place before, Raven, mm-hmm. where you were playing in the background. Yeah. But this is the first time I sat down through this whole movie and watched it. And uh, and at first I was thinking, well, are these guys trying to be like this band, this Holy Moses band? Are they trying to be like the monkeys or something? Like a yeah. hard rock version of the monkeys? Yeah, I thought... Their own like little zany antics, you know, like because they're kind of doing a little comedy shtick stuff. That's so weird that and, you said uh, that because it, it, I had that in the back of my head too back then. That I even... Did when, you? Yeah, when I got the the songs from... Because uh, Paul Sabu put them on Amazon. When I got those songs, uh-huh. I just pretended it was Holy Moses when I listened to them and not uh-huh. Paul Sabu, so... Yeah. Yeah, I was always kind of. Yeah, I think well, that's. I think that's exactly what I was trying to say earlier. It's like I wonder who did this music, and I wonder if this was a real band. I guess that's what I. Yeah. Now that you just jogged my memory, yeah, because I was always interested. I'm like, are these guys real? And uh, you'll yeah, find out in the interviews I mean, like, that they all were, but they weren't all in the same band. Yeah. So. Right, right, but I mean, they're obviously talented, and it's like, it's almost like they're trying to be something, in the. You know, it's, I don't know, that's yeah. my, my first thought about it. Because, so, you know, I wasn't that familiar with it. But as it went on, then the story got weird, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Hitler shows up. <laughs> yeah. It's all going great until Hitler yes. shows up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, Party pooper. <laughs> Party pooper! This sounds like a cheap movie. This whole day has been like a cheap movie. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I didn't really fall in love with it until 2009 because my friend Billy and I were watching it, and that scene where he rips his Hitler rips his mask or his head off or the mask that uh-huh. reveals Hitler's face, it looked like he ripped his whole head off, and I was it just struck me funny. Like I I just tried to pause it at the moment, but I kept rewinding it, like because that like when something's really funny in a movie to me, I I I watch it numerous times, you know, just to. And uh, I don't know. It just tickled me, and like ever since then, I just needed to know more. And I don't know. It's just it stuck with me. It's still one of my favorite movies of all time. I I haven't watched it in a while. And actually, Paul Saibu mentioned that he had a fan that would write into him every now and then and said that they couldn't start their day or they wouldn't they didn't they couldn't yeah they couldn't do anything in their day without watching the movie first. Wow. <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but. 
Yeah. Like there are people out there that are actually like that. It's so, it's so weird to think, weird to do it. you know? Yeah. All yeah, right. You know, I was reading the comments section on the YouTube channel. I watched it on, oh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, there there were people. There were people really into this movie. They're like, this changed. This movie changed my life. Nice. Like, like, like really into it. Like, I think it only like, has one dislike. Someone else I commented. Have you seen the movie Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone said that movie's almost like a companion to this one. I don't. I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, no, but you know, oh, yeah, it's only got one dislike, and well, thirty-four. Well, it's probably it's only been up since January though. So. Oh, it's still got one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's cool that you mentioned that because we're going to scroll. Yeah. Amazing. Truly amazing. <laughs> Brilliant movie. I consider this Chopper Chips and Oh, it's right there. Livid Media is working on a special Blu-ray edition. Ah, this is where you got the scoop, huh? It's, it's fucking you. You you made up the scoop. You little... <laughs> Ken? <laughs> that's one of my many... Fake news. <laughs> Ken fake news gauge over here. <laughs> oh my god. Look at his comments. Boy, you just keep going. Misinformation <laughs> agent here. It's coming out because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to dislike your comment. There we go. <laughs> Eat that, Ken gauge. <laughs> You, you fucking brain blister. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's the end. Um, yeah. Well, we won't spoil it. Everyone go watch the gripping conclusion to Hard Rock Zombies. It's free on YouTube or it's probably somewhere. Hey, if you want a good version, fucking you know hit. What? Holler at your boy. I'll hook you up. What, Ken? You know, there's. Uh, I, I'm, I was writing notes because I was getting advice on, on uh, how to pick up women. <laughs> oh. In this movie. Because he says, hey, girl, you got a name? You want to tell me what it is? Oh, yeah. Listen, I thought about you all day. I wrote a song about you. The least you can do is tell me your name. You know, that with, with lines like that. <laughs> is that what you're going to use at the arcade? <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to start. <laughs> I probably that's have. That's what I'm using at the arcade. To I'll put up. your name in the high score. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you are the so high score. Really automatically on the Galaga high score. Oh, here we are. How you doing? Get the fuck out of town, you little pecker. <laughs> um, well, we can't do that, sir. We got a real big concert tomorrow. You got shit tomorrow, Sonny. Real father's a real mother. Yeah, it's Cassie. Oh yeah. The scene where they fucking invade the town, that's, that's, I think that's what truly brought me back to it. Cause I was like, I saw it on that clip on YouTube. I was like, holy shit, I need to watch it. So I, I ordered the DVD and then that's where it all snowballed after that. But anyway, um, I love this fucking movie and hopefully your false information is right someday, Ken. I hope they do release that Blu-ray. I hope it is. <laughs> I, I do too. It would be cool. Did you start Livid Media? Is that our company now? (laughs) (laughs) That's my new company. That's part of Brain Blister. (laughs) I can, hell man, I'll I'll make some bootleg DVDs for it. All right. (laughs) So, I, shit, man, this movie goes off past five. So, to be fair, I'll give it a five, but I really want to give it a ten. So, 
All right. Nick, what do you think? Oh, it's a five for me. Nice. Uh, yeah. I, I can watch this again and again and again. So cool. It makes me laugh. It makes me jam. Um, it's a good movie. So. All right. Sweet. I dig it. How about you, Ken? Yeah, I'll give it a four out of five. I don't have any nostalgia for it because yeah. I'm like new to it, mm-hmm. but it's still a pretty cool movie. They should be nice to spiders, though. There should be a be nice to spider society that disapproves of the tarantula killing happening in this film. Yeah, but it kept coming back to life, so it didn't really <laughs> happen. It negated it, right? It's like a double negative. I appreciated the shower scene in the movie, too. Yes, me too. And the death by leaf cutter was kind of weird when oh. they killed me. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was their homage yeah, to Texas was... Chainsaw Massacre, but, you know, they wanted to be ch- yeah. goofy with it. Um... Totally. That was kind of weird. I, oh, I didn't close it down. I was going to play the... Oh, yeah. This is the song that brings back the dead. So make sure you don't play this at the graveyard, people. Oh, we got to do that now. Oh, fuck. I can see why. What? That's not Cassie. Oh, there it is. I remember uh, I showed this movie to my friend Cassie when, like, we hung out one time. Uh-huh. I was like, you got to see this movie. And I don't think she cared about it at all. <laughs> I'm like, but the song, it's your name. It's the song. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everyone, this this music's out there and it's fucking amazing. Paul said it was amazing. Retro, retro, retro is amazing. You know, he's got a band called Only Child is the name of his band. Yeah. It was his original. Uh, yeah. His original band. Yeah. yeah. A long time ago. Um, he's had a few since then. Um, besides the solo work, he's, he had one called Acid for Blood, like 2012-ish. Okay. Um, and then there was one he was doing, uh, I can't remember when it was, but I remember watching an interview with him because he he doesn't like pictures taken of him. So you, you can't find shit okay. about him. It's so weird. But there was this interview, and I, I can't mm-hmm. even find it now, but I remember we were, I hope Paul doesn't listen to this, but uh, my friend Billy and I were watching the interview, and Billy's like, man, he looks like a soccer mom. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Because you know how the old, you know, the, I mean, I'm going to say old, like rockers, you know, you know, they have gray hair, but yeah. not, but they don't. <laughs> you know why? Because they dye it. And that's, that's something else. I like, <laughs> it's so funny about celebrities. Like, man, he looks so young. It's like, yeah, because he fucking dyes his hair. The dude's 67. Yeah. You don't think he has gray hair? Fuck mm-hmm. you. Yeah, he has a dark mustache still. Fuck you, idiot. Anyway, so. <laughs> what is this guy? You just reminded me I should dye my hair now. Yeah, you do, lunatic fringe. That's what I'm what saying. That I'm, I'm, I'm getting yeah. gray, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nick just pulled. I don't know when does. Um, Nick just pulled up uh, Paul Sabu's first album, and that album is actually a disco oh. album. It's not rock and roll. It's oh, disco. It? Yeah. And he was like famous in Mexico. Uh, I, I'll save it for the interview. Um, he, I'll actually play. You know what? I think when I interview these guys, I clip 
I clipped the interviews, so it just pertained to Hard Rock Zombies. I, I think I'll just play the whole fucking interviews with all these people about what they did in their lives after Hard Rock Zombies. Yeah. And yeah, that'd be great. So, oh, yeah, no, cool that'd be cool. I don't know what the hell your yeah. buddy was talking about. So, <laughs> well, he's a dick. So tune in, you're telling people. Yeah. You're saying, hey, tune in. There's yeah. Some cool shit about to happen. Yeah. You're going to hear about Hard Rock Zombies. You know, people love this movie. Yeah, you're going to hear about zombies, zombies with Hard Rocks. Oh, by the way. <laughs> um, American Drive-In, the movie that was responsible for Hard Rock Zombies, is also amazing. And I didn't find out about that movie until. To, go ahead. Are you gonna say Paul? Or say, are we gonna watch that? Are we gonna see that in a future episode or what? Sure. Yeah. Are I, you gonna review that movie? We yeah we then. yeah we reviewed it like on the first retro 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 I think it's either the first or second but yeah oh, it's you, definitely up for. It's been long enough. You mean we can review yeah. it? Yeah, because you guys haven't seen it. it. <clears throat> but yeah, so we'll, yeah, no. maybe we'll do that next time. Okay, so yeah, let's do plugs really quick. Well, and I, I learned from this movie that ghouls hate heads. Yes, ghouls hate heads. And it was—it's interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting uh, little kind of like zombie factoid that they included. It's like the venom from their bites mm-hmm. create the, um, mm-hmm. you know death or whatever so yeah they hate heads because you know or eh, fuck i don't care but yeah it's it's stupid um and it the movie falls apart many times and you can tell uh, even actors disappear um uh the main the main four townspeople um one of the guys gets misplaced later uh, and i'll leave you that up to you oh and also a little tidbit about the vhs um there's a scene uh-huh. where uh, the the policeman who is tr- trying to be patent, um, he's taking Elsa and Christian, who are dead bodies, by the way, back. I guess he's taking them to the mortuary or something. But he he's like, "Did you Ed? Did you fart?" And then he gets attacked by the zombies. And the VHS copy, uh-huh. that whole dialogue is omitted. It's just silence. It's fucking weird. <laughs> like, huh. why would they take out that part, you know? But it's a little tidbit. Um, what are you saying about the vinyl? What about yeah. the vinyl? What were you saying about it? That I want it? Oh. You going to get it for me? Thanks. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, oh, were we, I think Ken was saying it might not be available. But I, I don't know. Well, well I don't know if it is or not. It, it's limited to like 300 copies. <laughs> If it's not, kind of just produce out. it anyways they, they with it Vivid Records. Yeah. Just re-release it, Ken. <laughs> I, I, I'll download all the files. I, I, and I should do it, you mean. Just just use my... On Vivid Records, yeah. Subsidiary or bl- Brain Blister. Just use my deep pockets to fund it. <laughs> yeah, okay. The hidden hand <laughs> we'll, we'll see if of Paul death. Says that's fine. <laughs> oh, he might. I don't know. He's... All right. Anyway, so let's do some plugs and call it a night. So, um, I I want to say hi Dino, but I'm getting no. I've said I've sold nothing on hi Dino. Like I'm not getting any traffic. Really? No. So you know it's kind of depressing. Oh, huh. But it it kind of reminds me of yeah. this this uh this video I saw. It's like this compilation video of like different '90s like weird things. But in it there was this. Uh, inside edition interview with um, this guy who created these like stuffed animals called muzzies or something like that. But they're totally stupid. You know, like 
who would care about this stuffed animal, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he sank his whole life savings into it. And it's a depressing kind of thing to watch because he's like, uh-huh. he's sitting there with his wife and his young son. And they got like this whole surplus of these stupid fucking dumb stuffed animals that nobody wants. And, you know, he, his heart was so set on this producing this thing, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, to the viewer, you know, and the way it would be a hit. Yeah. yeah, the way it's presented in this video, it was like a compilation of like just funny incidents that happen on TV or whatever. But looking back on it, you know, like I always thought it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, this guy is an idiot, blah, blah, blah. But, I, you know, I don't think that really. I'm just like, you know, the guy tried something and it failed, obviously, blah, blah, blah. But that's kind of how I feel now, too. It's like I went, I made all these things and I told the world about it and no one cared. So I, it's not that I'm saying like... well. Yeah, but you know what? Here, here, yeah, but here's the thing. Um, it hasn't been promoted enough necessarily. You know, it's like I, I do this all the time too. I create a new album or whatever, and you know, no one, no one really you get a couple hits, a couple plays, and that's it. But the thing is, you know, we don't have like a marketing budget to, you know, like big companies have. Where well, I guess my main thing they is plant stories and well, newspapers and yeah, you know, I've that, been that's what I'm getting at, like. I know I've been at this shit for a while and like I I've I've done nothing but promote myself on you know social medias and all that kind of shit but I get no traction and plus like say like I I, I always cut my friend shit low you know because I try to pay attention to everyone so maybe that's part of it it's like mm-hmm. but that's the thing where like most of my friends were promoting other people not me you know like they promote celebrities and shit like that and I'm like yeah but I'm real you know like <laughs> they're you know anyway and that's another thing too about like celebrities like you know how like kickstarter and gofundme is like a big thing now celebrities are doing that shit now like fucking mst3k you're like this is our our riff tracks like this is our annual kickstarter thing like fuck you motherfucker you've already done it you know it's like (laughs) go away you know fucking retire and let someone else do something you know anyway (laughs) so i'm not like I'm not mad about it or anything. It's just, it sucks. Cause I got, I can't continue to do it without making money. So, you know, it's, right. I'm, pre- I'm pretty much out of business. Yeah, so, totally yeah. so I, there's I, no I, high I, dino I, anymore. So I get it. Yeah. So there's no, what? there's no high dino anymore. It's dead and buried. So eventually, Oh, you're not going to do it anymore. I can't, I can't afford well, to you should keep it up. How I can't anyway. So fuck it. Anyway, wait, wait, wait. Okay, we'll, right. we'll talk about that later. Okay, so um, podcasts you can listen to. Oh, and that's another thing about my art too. It's like um, I still do art, but that's another thing I've realized. It's like I can't do it for the price that people expect, and then like the turnaround they expect because art takes a long time. And I understand, like yeah. I I can, I can totally get the other perspective too because I I sometimes make it look easy. You know, like I I'm not saying I'm great but I know, I know my talent base and like, I know what I can do and what I'm capable of. It's just, I'm not able to do that when I'm being rushed. And you know, I, Wait. and plus I, I don't like that either. Like if I expect someone, like if I order something on eBay, I expect the person to fucking ship it as soon as possible. Right. Same with my art, you know, like if someone, uh-huh. but that's the thing too. I never accept payment until it's done. So people can't really complain, yeah. but you know, there's some, yeah. actually there's a, three things that people have paid for that I haven't got around to demon night. <laughs> but so, um, you know, 
I understand that too, and I just need to. I don't know. I don't know. I suck. I guess that's all it means. You don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else? Um, you guys got any plugs? Oh yeah. What What was the suggestion? Oh, before I get to that, um, I just ordered you Hard Rock Zombie. Oh God damn it! No, man. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. yeah. well, wait till Christmas to give it to me then. Awesome. Thank you. No, I'm not gonna wait till Christmas. It's like I sit right. my house. Did the order go? The order went through. <laughs> I gotta cancel mine now. Yeah, guys, stop! I don't. <sighs> oh, right. got a, right. It's Just, a yeah. cool looking vinyl, man. I'm gonna. T- it's cool. Yeah, it's, I was gonna buy one for myself. <laughs> well, you can keep it. Um, um, this is. It I just want to look at it because, like, that cover is fuck. I did want to make mention of the cover because, like. Whoever did the artwork for it, it's fucking cool. Like almost any artwork, because I, I have a yeah, couple VHS cool. copies too. I have one from uh, Australia. It's called Rock Zombies, and it's a totally different cover than the DVD or the. But whenever I see like, you know, someone did some artwork for the movie, the, it's amazing. And plus the vinyl. Look how the cover art. Yeah, see how the cover art blends with the vinyl color too. Like there's that oh, we can't. blue on the cover. That's. We're looking also at it on the, Spotify. Let me look it up real quick. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, <laughs> hold on a sec here. I'm just saying they did a good job. This design, like, yeah, this artist is amazing. Oh yeah, okay, I see it now. It's like a blue. Yeah, it's like oh there you go. Spots. I was gonna get you a picture, but it's blue. Yeah. So that's the one that's coming. Anyway, uh, was gonna say so. There's a listener named Carrie. And hi, Carrie. Yeah, hi, Carrie. And hi, Carrie. I know it's not so retro, but she would love for us to dissect and dive into the Scream franchise. And there's some things oh, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, there's some movies yeah. that have good music in those. I was about to say one and two. Yeah. So I I was obsessed with the screen uh, the Scream one and two soundtracks, and one song off the third one. And that's the only thing I like about the third one. So yeah. we'll just leave it at that for now. But yeah, we can do a but deep dive. But they're also that. coming out with another one. So maybe we can talk about that as well. But that was an ask. Yeah. And uh, cool. that's all I had. So that's coming. And then. Yeah, we can definitely do that, Carrie. Because um, I fucking love Scream. And it, I'll save it for the show. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Scream. So yeah. Well. The first two movies I am. No, the rest of it. Just I, the first one yeah. in general, but. Oh, nice. We'll, we'll save it for the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, do you got any plugs, Ken? Didn't you just release an album? Uh, Paul Saboo's. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I did produce an album. I was, I was just going to pr- promote Paul Saboo's uh, soundtrack <laughs> that you just bought. <laughs> yeah, Hard Rock Zombies on. Um, you know, I did. Uh, I did an album called Electro records. Glaze. This is like my thirteenth. So, um, Electro Glaze. Did you say? Uh, Electro Glaze. Yeah, a little electronic album. And that's um, on Brain Blister. You know, at Bandcamp. On Brain Blister at Bandcamp. Yep. Yep. So you know, anyone want to go look at it? Then go look at it. Go listen to it for free. You could even buy it if you had to, but you know. Oh yeah, support the support the art. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> listen, everyone. Listen. If uh, say like you want a comic book done, I'm just gonna say this. If anyone wants a comic book done, a page for each comic, you're looking at 200 bucks for just art, like you know, pencil and ink. 
if you're looking to get that shit colored, that's going to be about 400 bucks a page. So when you put all the mats together, you're like a 26-page comic, blah, blah, blah. My suggestion to anyone that wants to do a comic like that, go get a loan and pay your artist or your writer or whatever you're fucking doing. Pay them. And then your profit comes from what you make from that comic selling it. If it was a good idea, you paid for that awesome artwork. You know, that's that's another that's another reason why some comics don't get off the ground because they got shitty artwork. No one wants to look at shitty artwork. This is a good story. Sometimes, you know, like The Walking Dead didn't start off that way. <laughs> you know, like like the second guy that came on, like after on issue six, Tony Adlard, he didn't get good until like way later. Like his early shit sucked dick. And I'm surprised the comic even survived. So I'm just saying there's some, anyway, like if you want to produce something, what I'm saying is like, there's artists out there. You should pay the artists. And obviously I'm an artist, so I have a perspective on this, but I also understand that we're living in a pandemic era. And even before that, people really, you know, spend your money on something wise, you know, blah, blah, blah. First and foremost, your families, your life, all that good stuff, necessities, obviously. But if you got money left over, if you're one of those Shogun warriors, toys. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're one of those lucky people on the other side of that, that, you know, disposable income, look at something real. Don't look at fucking the next thing you can, the next streaming service you can buy. Look at, you know, go on Kickstarter and look at different people that are trying to do something. You know, some people are trying to change the world, right? Help them change it. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Uh, let's, t- uh, Pat, that's Pat still Brandon got Johnson ca- with change the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers. Um, Star World's right Arcade. Right now, by paying an artist to make a comic book. Yeah. Uh, Pat, Pat's Arcade, Star World's Arcade in DeKalb, Illinois. Star Wars Arcade, we can always plug Star Wars Arcade, right? Yep. Check them out. Oh, uh, check out my bowl, uh, the bowling alley, uh, Ten Pin Alley, up in Madison, or Fitchburg, Wisconsin, just adjacent to Madison. One of the biggest bowling alleys you'll ever see. Fun place. I'll make you some food. There's supposed <laughs> to be a cool cool tiki bar up here in Grand Rapids called Max's South Seas Hideaway, but I haven't got there yet. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, you know, I want to, I want to plug it ahead of time before I go. <laughs> That'll tell you how cool it was. All right, let us know. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, I know I got some other what's, plugs. What's Nick plugging? I, what else is? You got anything going on, Nick? Anything you want to talk about? No. What about the? Oh yeah, I, I still haven't looked it up, but. I sent Nick this uh, message about this new supernatural haunting type movie that just debuted or came out on Friday. I think it's called Suspension or start with an S, but some new like you know in the vein of like a haunt of the haunting and um, Annabelle and Uh all those movies. But I was like, I was saying Uh to Nick, I'm like, dude, if fucking Lynn Shay is in this movie, I'm gonna fucking flip out (laughs) because that bitch is in everything. All those movies. And if you don't know who she, <laughs> if you don't know who she is, she's that old lady that's in all of them. Like she's always like the either the psychic or like some old lady's like, Oh, I heard about you know. But she's Bob Shea's mom. <laughs> so it's like she's obviously you know, got pinged, uh grandfathered into the movie industry somehow. Yeah. Anyway. 
Okay, so so she's the anchor. Like the movie doc doesn't get made unless she says. <laughs> yeah, unless Lynn Shay says so. <laughs> it's Lynn yeah, Shay's way. Hey, I'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah. So podcast. Um, check out my friend Matt's podcast. It's the Gamer Files. Um, it's pretty much like this show. They just talk about pop culture shit, and you know they're uh-huh. like really into game, uh, board games, and like tabletop things so oh cool a lot of a lot of talk like that cool. um after we take out the garbage uh i don't think dave and Haley really do it anymore i mean they do it you know they do it all the time but i'm just talking about their show <laughs> <laughs> they probably haven't done one probably a year or so i'm not sure if they're going to but i don't know um but in, the, in lieu of that dave and i have been working on a side project so hopefully that's something We'll be able to tell you about that soon. In fact, last show cool. was part of the crew. Um, me, Dave, Stacy, and Evan wasn't there, but um, we have another podcast, a two-part that's going to come out later about the 50 worst movies ever made. And it's a two-part, so uh-huh. stay tuned for that. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing next time we get together, but we you've been wanting to do Pumpkinhead for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um Spice World and Dunstan Checks Spice in. Spice World, Dunstan Checks in, which we, we do got to do. <laughs> and maybe we'll just throw Pumpkinhead in there. No. That way. Well, hey, hey, Ken, what's a... Mm, Ken, I don't know. Ken, do you have a movie that... What's a what? Do you have like a, a joke movie? Like, because I always say Dunstan Checks in. Like if anyone's like, yeah. oh, my favorite movie, like, Dunstan Checks in. Yeah, yeah. And Nick's is Spice World. So do you have anything like that? Yeah. Are you cool no, like I'll us? I come up with one. <laughs> yeah, see. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm cool enough to just come up with it <laughs> off the top of my head. like Hand of death. You know. <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun. I hate, I hate the movie Top Gun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Maybe, yeah, I've never seen Top Gun, actually. So we could review all three of those movies. Uh, I I used to have to watch it for eight hours a day when I worked at Radio Shack because we were oh, playing God. on a loop. To, to I do like, I do love the soundtrack sound, though. Sounds around and all that. I I have to admit I love the soundtrack to Top Gun. So hmm. maybe yeah. maybe it'd yeah, be a. I'm, I'm pretty burned out. Does it take your breath away? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it sends me to the danger zone. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Um, you want to end the show? All right. All um, right. Stay on the line, you Ken. Show. Oh. What? Hey, hey, what should we do about the cover for Cosmic Encounters 4? Is that the one I'm supposed to be working on? No, I don't know if you are or not. Because I have two. Uh, <laughs> I have two I'm supposed to be doing no, for you, I, right? I had, some, I had some art from you where you were like, uh, I had like, you said, oh, you can use six pieces of my art or something. Oh. One time. I, oh, I think you. Remember, the, remember how, how I. How I I kind of randomly picked some art for Cosmic Encounters 3, and you're like, oh, you didn't even tell me you used that art for that. <laughs> oh, I think it was something that was but, used uh, already. That, that's the only thing. Like, you, you have to run it by me just in case someone else, it was something else someone did or commissioned. But other than that, I mean, my art works free you. game for you. So, Because I had, like, six pieces from you. Yeah, um, I mean, you have more than that. Well, all right, well, I'll fucking talk forever. To you later about yeah. that. <laughs> but we have we have Cosmic Encounters four coming out, and uh, you you have an opening track. Oh, really? Back on that, it's uh, yeah. I remixed it a little bit. Ah. <laughs> Space it's a remix. Now. All right, sweet. It was, but you remember you sent me a a track. 
yeah, I've sent you a bunch of stuff. I just, I don't remember what I've sent you. Just a bunch of shit I've done over the years. Oh, the most recent thing? Yeah. I don't even remember that either, but. Yeah. So I, I, try, I try to sit down and do that, but like so time consuming, like I don't get to anything. All right. So, all right, that's the end of the show. Um, stay in the line. We're going to talk to you for a second. Right. And then, <laughs> so signing off, I'm Raven G.A. Oh. oh, oh shit. Where'd it go? What do you people want from me? And Nick, take care and stay protected. And Ken. This was Ken Gage. Dude, your mom sucks a mean dick, bro. Alright, hold on, let me give you a better one. <laughs> this is Clue Gulliger, and I'm here to tell you I'm not going to ever give up the hunt for Bigfoot. Congratulations if you made it this far into the show. Um, so I listened back to these interviews I did, and it was like 12 years ago when I did these, so... Uh, it was very cringy hearing my own voice because that was like the 12 years ago me and uh yeah it's just weird but the interviews were cool because you know i reached out to all the um, actors that played the fictional band holy moses and i did individual interviews with them uh mick mcmaines is one i have never um how do i say this uh i never released it yet um, I think I recorded it back in 2012, so that was like maybe four years after I did the original interviews. But um, and listen back to that too. There's some kind of like audio glitches, so just bear with that, I guess. And plus, like back then, I didn't really know what I was, the fuck I was doing. I still don't. So uh, I guess I just wanted to give a disclaimer. Um, also, I think on the show I mentioned that I was going to do. Uh, I was going to play the whole interview I did with them, <clears throat> each person, because it went on longer than the initial interview. I think I just included, like, just short things about their career and then Hard Rock Zombies, but um, they expanded upon most of that afterwards. So, um, but, you know, I also I'm thinking, like, you know, since it was 12 years ago, maybe they've moved on and, you, you know, whatever. So I don't really want to put out an interview that someone did like so many years you know blah 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 so i just want to do the hard rock zombies thing so uh all right i guess i'm talking too damn much um enjoy hard rock zombies oh i guess i should give a rundown so first up will be ej curse who played jesse the lead singer then after him will be gino andrews who played tommy the guitar player the uh, blonde guitar guy um then after that will be sam mann who played chuck the drummer uh, after that will be Mick McMaines, who played Bobby, the keyboardist, bass player. Uh, and then after that will be Ted Wells, who played Ron, their manager. And then after that will be Paul Sabu, who did the music. So enjoy Hard Rock Zombies.
how did you get involved in Hard Rock Zombies? Um, I got involved in Hard Rock Zombies. Um, I got we had a, a manager at the time named Jake, and uh, uh, who I fired at one point. But um, he, we got a call from him, and there was a, there was another local band. I was playing in a band called Silent Rage, which uh, I'm still I still play in. Um, and there was another local band called Joshua, who was uh, a guitar virtuoso, and actually he's still out uh, performing also, also uh, Joshua, Joshua Pariah. Um, and uh, I guess he'd gotten an offer to do, you know, they were looking for a band for a movie, and he wasn't interested because there was too much tits and ass in the movie. Mm. So uh, I guess he referred, he referred them to us, and uh, the producers uh, contacted us, and uh, you know, initially we we just thought it was um, we, we thought that you know, they just wanted a band for the background of the movie, or maybe a scene in the movie, or whatever. So of course the band was game, and you know, any way to you know get the, the music out, and or just you know make a couple extra dollars. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it's quite an evolved star- story in it, but we went. Uh, we went down to the audition with our, our soon-to-be-fired manager, and, uh, uh, you know, they brought us in, and they were, you know, talking to us and, and asking us a lot of questions, and um, once again, I thought we were just there, you know, for music, and then they said, well, you know, we're going to give you, uh, you know, you know this, the whole movie is basically based around this band, and so we want you guys all to, you know, audition for the parts, and so we're going to give you some... Uh, um, what do they call them? I should know improv situations that we want you guys to act them out. <laughs> and none of us at the time were actors. We all just thought all we did was play music, and and that, and that was it. And and uh, then I said, well, let me have a minute alone with our manager for a second, with Jake. And he said, oh, okay. And I said, Jake, let's get that fuck out of here, okay? Because <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this these scenarios that they're putting, you know, I mean, we're not, you know, actors, they want a band, we'll play music, and, and he's like, dude, we're already here, What's what have you got to lose, you'll never see these people again, just, you know, just go in there and, and just do whatever they ask you to do, and, you know, then we'll be done, it's like, you know, all right, all right, and so we we go in there, and into this room, and we're with these Indian guys, because most of the producers and director was Indian, and, you know, a couple other cats, I don't know who they were, casting directors, and... And they they make up these scenarios. Um, I wish I could remember what the situation was. It was like uh, Mark and I, who I'm still friends with, Mark Hawkins. He's he's played a small part in the movie. He was uh, first person to get his hand cut off by Elsa. Oh yeah, yeah. But he, that's my guitar player in Silent Rage and in my band No Duh. <laughs> so we're we're still friends, kind of sorta. Um, but you know, they wanted us. Okay, you know, you're you're. Your father just passed away, and you have to break the news to him. And it's this whole—they I mean, made up all these scenarios like this, and we were like, you know, like, trying to get tears to come to our eyes and stuff. You know, we're just like, oh, fuck, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, we we did it as serious as we possibly could. Uh, everything they asked, and we just got out of there and just laughed the whole way home, thinking, you know, can you believe, you know, what we did? Because you know, if you're never in the acting business, you don't realize how stupid auditions are until you actually are in the business and realize that they're all ridiculous. But if you just almost for the first time, then you really think they're ridiculous. <laughs> um, but so, um, needless to say, I don't know, a couple of days or maybe even just a day later, I, uh, got a call from, from our manager and he said, well, it's a deal that they, um, um, 
they like you, you know, and uh, they want you to be part of the movie. I want you to come back down and do another audition, just me. And I was like, why, why me of all people? Okay, number one, I, I, think I, I kept thinking of that Bobby Brady episode because I went in there and met with the director and he said, you know, you're, you're just what we are looking for. You have the, the look and the, uh, you know, the stature of what I think of American rock star, you know. And Are you talking uh, about that Johnny so, Bravo? Yeah, I'm thinking, of, <laughs> so I'm thinking of the Johnny Bravo episode of the Brady Bunch. Like, I fit the costume, so, you know, you guys, you might as well, uh, you know, get me as the guy, you know. So, basically, I said, you know, um, I told the director, uh, Krishna uh, Shah, yeah. I, I, I said, well, let me, you know, talk it over with the guys and, you know, if I can at least, uh, you know, in our contract guarantee that everybody will have a part in the movie if they're available and everybody can make a couple dollars and if it's cool with them, if I take, you know, a month off, um, then, yeah, sure. So I talked to the band, of course, the band was just like, well, whatever, dude, you know, you know, go for it. Uh, so um, I did and I, I had, uh, you know, some lawyer involved and got, I didn't know anything about the entertainment business, but we found somebody that did and got a little contract drawn up so that I could include whatever members were available in the movie somewhere, somehow. And, uh, and then the director said, you know, if you're going to be acting in the lead role of this movie, maybe you should learn how to act. And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, you're probably right. You know, and like I said, I had no interest in, in the whole acting scene or anything at the time back then, <clears throat> but so he, they set me up with a, a acting class uh, somewhere in Hollywood, and and the the band Planet Rage, we lived like in the suburbs of like in Manhattan Beach and Hawthorne, like you know, thirty minutes from Hollywood. So we only go to Hollywood whenever we play a show. We didn't live in that whole scene, and um, and actually uh, went to my first acting class, uh, which was ridiculous, just like auditions. I think they're totally stupid, but. Um, and I, I, that's where I think I saw my first movie star, even though I'd grown up in the L.A. area. I'd never seen I saw um, uh, John, okay, what's his name? Crap. John Crap? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, not him. Uh, God, do you ever watch Seinfeld? Yeah. Okay, there's an episode where he get that, where... Uh, oh, John Voight. John Voight, thank you. Yeah. I need to freaking pick up on that. You're a smart guy. So, yeah, I saw John Voight walking out of this thing. I guess he was, like, giving a lecture or something. I was like, wow, I saw That's my first actor that I ever saw, like, you know, with him walking, with him touching distance. But uh, basically in this class, it seemed like there was, like, I, I, I befriended this, this chick in this class, and she was, um, she was pretty hot. And uh, I wanted to run my lines with her, you know. Uh, and... You know, I started talking with her a while. I actually went out on a, a date with her, and I'll keep the story relatively short and clean. But it turns out she's a, she was she was sent there by producers because she was doing her first porno movie. <laughs> <laughs> so she was sent to the same acting class because they wanted her to act better, you know, prior to sex, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> which also was my I got to meet my first porn actress and 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 have my first porn actress uh, <laughs> due to this movie. So that's, you know, that's many, many firsts in this movie. <laughs> so that's how it came about. That's, that was a short story, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah, sure enough. <laughs> okay, go, go, what's next? All right, um, what'd you think of the script? You know, I didn't even, 
think about it, quite frankly, you know, and we really didn't have that much time with the script. Um, I got the script, and, and it, when we first got the first somewhere, uh, we didn't have any of the Nazis or any of that stuff in there, you know, and so it was more, they were just selling it to me as an actor as, you know, this is, um, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, <laughs> that kind of deal. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I like both those movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and I'd, I'd never read a script before. I'd never been involved in the process. I never had, you know, uh, you know, thinking about subtext or where I just was, I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just, yeah, they're going to pay me to do something, I'm, you know. I get to be on film, I'm, you know, I'm cool with all that. It was really, so I didn't really have, I, I can't recall having any thoughts about the script. I just, because I didn't analyze it. I just went from page to page, knew what my lines, wanted to know what my lines were, and that's really all I I really thought about it. Okay. Uh, what did you think of all the actors when you met them? Say, um, you know, like Sam Mann, Gino Andrews, and uh, Mick Manns. Um. Everybody, I mean, we only think we only had, to the best of my recollection, one or maybe two meetings prior to filming. And I think there was only one where we did a read-through of the script. Pretty much everything else was done just on location. And um, so the first, uh, I don't, you know, the, the first the meeting with everybody was when we did a, a run-through. Everybody was right, sitting around the table, and we just ran through the lines. Everybody, everybody in the whole cast was there that, that could make it and just ran through the lines. And, um, of course, I thought that um, uh, Jennifer was, was hot in those <laughs> days. Those yeah. eyebrows were probably hot, I'm going to guess. Uh, <laughs> she was the one to play Cassie. And I also thought that, that Lisa kept giving me the, uh, the, uh, the bedroom eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's really kind of where, you know, because I was a kid, and that's kind of my mind is more focused on that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> but it did the important thing, you know. Uh, so that first meeting, you know, I didn't have any, but, um, when we started, you know, we got thrown in together and just started working together. I, I think I hit it off with Sam immediately. Um, just cause he was just so crazy and rebellious and he was a, just a, he was a musician, you know, he was a true musician from the core, you know, he lived in a freaking bus and that's, you know, <laughs> he, you know parked behind a warehouse and that's all, and, you know. So I befriended him, but also um, the other two guys in, in the movie, which I can't even remember the keyboard player's name at this point. I'm sure you know. McMahon's. Yeah. Uh, he, he was very nice. And Gino initially, uh, Gino had a, a great personality. There, there was, a, I think, a falling out somewhere in the movie between him and Sam or me and it, whatever. But, you know, he everybody was a good person. Um, uh, I... You know, I, I liked uh, uh, Jennifer a lot, and I liked Lisa a lot. You know, I had, those are the people I had to work with the most was the band and those two. So, um, and I just remember Ted from the very first day of shooting. I, I uh, our manager in the movie, um, he, uh, you know, he was making a lot of demands and stuff. And which now that I've done acting, um, I, you know, later on, and ended up getting into that field years later. 
and uh, now I realize the whole what he was talking about. At the time, I thought he was a dick, <laughs> making all these demands, and he wanted certain food, and he didn't want to sit with certain people, and he wanted. He basically got a union contract, even though the movie was non-union. And his contract, I think he worked out everything so it could be as close to a union contract as possible, a SAG contract. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, so we didn't really have a lot of interaction uh, with him. But now looking back, I'm thinking, yeah, that dude was just making a statement. You know, like, you know, I, I completely can relate to him now. But at the time, I was a kid, I was naive, I was going, ah, he's not my type of person. You know, I, I mean, I, I actually spent most of my time on set. I would hang out, if I wasn't hanging out with the band members, I would. I like to hang out with the crew. I mm -hmm. thought, that, you know, I thought it was very interesting what they were doing, and I didn't realize that there was a separation between crew and, you know, talent. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, it was just like, oh, you're working together, you're on set, whatever, you know. And it, but they, so I guess it was kind of odd for them because they don't know that I've never acted before. They don't know that I stink. They don't even care <laughs> if I can't act whatsoever. They're just there to do their thing, whether it's, you know, pull the microphone up or, or that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. But, um, you know, so I just go and I'd sit with the crew and, and rap with them. And, you know, they warmed, I think they warmed up to me. They, they kind of explained to me what was going on. It's kind of weird for, you know, the star to be in your cockpit. Uh, to, uh, and I was just going, it is? Why? <laughs> We're all here on the same set, you know. And they go, well, you know, you're, you're considered the talent, you know. And we don't really, uh, you know, nor normally talk to you guys. And, and I was like, oh, well. I don't see why, so you guys got any beer, you know? <laughs> you guys probably have beer, because I know no one else has beer on the set. That's all I kind of care about. <laughs> so those are my impressions of uh, the acting for the first, you know, get-together in the first couple days of shooting. Cool. Um, talk about Paul Sabu. Did, um, did he, how did you guys get come across the music? Did he give you tapes to practice, or? Yeah, we, um. You know, everything happened. you got to figure this was a low-budget movie, so everything happened just so quickly. I mean, from the time I got hired, uh, you know, did that initial audition, to the time they started shooting was probably a month, <laughs> uh, yeah. tops. So, um, you know, we, we the band, uh, the band Holy Moses, met with uh, Paul Sabu, and he took us into the studio, and, you know, he had already written a few of the songs, I guess, so he was probably involved in the production, you know, a lot further on than I was, I think, anyways. And, you know, just he would just give us the songs, and, and you know, being a musician uh, himself and me, I, I wanted to really learn the songs, actually learn how to play them. So if we were playing them, it really looked like we were playing them. It was really important to me. I mean, at this time, M MTV, if it was even out yet, it really wasn't, you know, a big deal yet, you know. And, and, um, and even if I ever did do an MTV video, MTV video, which I did do later on, um, you know, I wanted to look authentic. I didn't want to look like, you know, you really, you know, if you ever watch, if you're a musician and you're watching a movie and you see someone playing the guitar or the bass and you know they're not freaking playing, it just drives you insane, you know? Yeah. You know, you just go, you know, they're faking it. So, and he actually got us together and we actually rehearsed at least four of the songs, the ones that were performance oriented. And we actually played them live um, uh, and, you know, played them in a little rehearsal studio and played them that kind of deal, which I, I thought that was cool that he went along with that. He, you know, and, um, you know, I thought he was great. Paul had a lot of energy and he could write songs like they were just, you know, you know flying out of his ass like monkeys or something. <laughs> he wrote songs so quickly. So it was uh, uh, really cool. I mean, there's a, a backstory.
story I can go into about, you know, because I continued a relationship with Paul Sabu, and he had a lot to do with me uh, basically kind of making it in the music um, after the movie. So, I don't know, we, we can get to that, I guess, when we get to the end of the movie. But, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, what are your thoughts on the movie, like, say, from then and then now? What are your thoughts on it? Well, at the time, uh, like I said, I didn't really think about it. I didn't care. I didn't think that, I mean, I mean, even video at the time wasn't really um, uh, that poppy. VHS, you know, not that many people didn't have VHS. This is 1983. Yeah. So it's just getting, uh, it's start back then, so I, I didn't really think there'd be any life in the movie at all, so I didn't really care, I was like, I'm going to do this, it's going to be done, it's probably, you know, never get aired, and if it does, that'll be awesome, I'll look at myself on the big screen, and if it doesn't, you know, I'm back to playing music, that's all I really cared about, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to uh, play music for a living, mm-hmm. so, um, so at the time, I didn't really think it was bad or good, I, I, I was pretty sure it wasn't good, <laughs> as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it was funny, and I did like the kind of movies that they were basing it around. You know, I like horror movies. I, you know, I love, you know, like Friday the 13th and The Exorcist and, uh, you know, those kind of flicks and even Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, I'd gone to all the screenings they used to have back in the day with the screenings and people throwing knives and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I was into that. In retrospect, you know, I, I just think it's something, you know, fun and funny that I did. I'm not embarrassed by it. You know, I, I'll, uh, every once, I've only really played it for a few friends, but every once in a while there'll be a, maybe a drunken moment where I, I think everybody's maybe in the right mood to, to bag on me in the, in the proper way. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll, I'll, we'll force people to watch, uh, watch the movie and, uh, you know, have a good time. There's really only, really only like two scenes in there that really are embarrassing to me, and that's, uh, Wait, let me, wait. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna mention that one. What, what were you gonna say? <laughs> I was, I was gonna cut you off and try to guess what they okay. were, but, uh, but okay. yeah, that was definitely <laughs> the one. And uh, maybe the flash dance scene. Oh my god! Yeah, or the flashback <laughs> scene. Flashback <laughs> scene to the with the the, the white wearing the white and oh yeah, with the neckerchief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll say there's three scenes. Those are the three. Yeah, it was the the uh, blast dance scene and the, the flashback scene with Cassie, which was actually it was kind of cool because I really did. I've been dying to kiss that chick the whole freaking production, so um, I, I did was looking forward to that part of it. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I'm looking back. It's just I've done a lot of crazy, stupid, weird, bizarre things in my life, and that's just one of them. So. You know, it just happens to be on DVD now. <laughs> yeah. So, do you get a lot of uh, fan response from it? Do people ever recognize you from it? Or? I mean, it, is, it had been a long forgotten secret, really. I mean, I think, you know, I just, I forgot about it. I didn't really hear anything about it for years until someone put it out on DVD. And then all of a sudden, and I didn't realize, I didn't even know it was out on DVD. You know, I didn't hear anything about it, actually. I should have, should have gotten more money when they did that, but I never, you know, never saw anything. I didn't have a union contract, you know. It was just, it was just whatever, you know. I've never, I made my, the money I made from the days I filmed, and I've never seen a dime since then. So, anybody buys a DVD, I don't get anything. I just thought I'd tell you, so. 
<laughs> send donations to It's a Curse. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, um, what was the question? <laughs> oh, uh, just your thoughts on it. Um, oh, so, uh, my thoughts then and now, um, the question are still on? I guess, I guess you pretty much answered it. <laughs> um, I think you, you pretty much answered, answered it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, oh, you were asking about the fans, and if I still got fan mail and stuff like that. So, yeah, when that started, all of a sudden I started getting these people were, you know, you know, now there were computers and so on and so forth, and, and people could search me out, and I was, you know, getting things, and I was like, oh, wow, I mean, and I was really shocked at some of the, the letters I've gotten, how the movie had changed their life, and how that one girl that was sick in the hospital, and her mother played this movie for her, and this was a, like this DVD, you know, she watched it, you know, 28 times in a row or something. I mean, it's all this crazy stuff. I was like, oh, wow, well, I mean, it's cool that, you know, people like it and they don't like it. And people always ask me what I thought about it. And I said, well, I, whatever you think about it, you know, it's, it's cool with me. I, you know, I don't think it's a fantastic movie, but it's, you know, I mean, some movies, I've got movies that I think are so bad that, that are good. And so this is that movie for some people, you know, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to be part of it. Like I said, I'm not embarrassed about doing it or the movie it's just a couple little scenes in the movie <laughs> so uh would you be interested in doing have you ever been to like any horror conventions like no. as a as a fan or anything no have you ever well i guess you haven't thought of this but like if you were ever approached by like a promoter or anything would you be interested in doing anything like that um if it fit into my schedule i'd be i, I have I'd love to do it, especially if there was a couple, you know, cast members there, especially with someone like Paul or Sam Man or Gino, you know, like yeah. the band or, or the girls. You know. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm willing to do it, I'm, you know, I'm willing. All right. Um, and one last thing about the movie. Do you have any kind of weird stories or anything about, like, the director or just anything that you I haven't have talked about yet? I have multitude of stories. <laughs> so, and they all involve Sam Mann. All right. So, and and Sam won't remember these stories because he's already told me he doesn't remember these stories. So <laughs> I, I can I can tell you too. In fact, I have photographs. Have you gone to my Facebook page? Oh no, I I haven't I haven't seen it. I've got uh, I just recently because so many people have asked put up some hard art stuff. I just came across a bunch of uh, pictures that I had taken backstage and. Oh, really? Fun shots and stuff like that. You're more than welcome to, to steal them, you know, uh, from there. Uh, I'll give it to you at the end of this. I don't want everybody contacting me on Facebook, but yeah. um, I'll give it to you after the interview. And um, you can, uh, um, you know, go ahead and rip them and put them on whatever website or whatever you want. But there's some pretty funny stuff, including the, the story of, you know, I just, I hung out with Sam. Well, we all hung out together, but there was a, um, Let's see. There was the time that he showed up about two hours late for his call time, and uh, we were, everybody was already done with their makeup, and we were sitting around waiting for him. And we were at the theater in like a really bad part of LA, um, like near um, uh, near South Central LA. We were shooting in the theater there. The theater scenes were shot there, and and. <laughs> 
Sam just shows up. Like, everybody's freaking out about Sam because everybody's been trying to call him, and you know, there weren't even cell phones back in those days, right? <laughs> so you know, he shows he shows up late, and he shows up, and all he's got on is his combat boots and like a pink frilly nightgown on, a girl's <laughs> nightgown, and that's all he's wearing. And then he's like, "Oh, dude." Dude, man, some chick freaking I slept with this chick and then she stole all my clothes, man. This is all I, you know, I couldn't, I didn't have a ride and I didn't have any clothes and so this is all I could find. But all she loved was my boots and her, her robes. And so he, he showed up with a freaking thing uh, in combat boots and a pink, a pink lady's nightgown. It wasn't a robe, it was a nightgown, you know, like basically see-through. So uh, there was that one and then at that same location, <laughs> they were looking for Sam once again, uh, and they couldn't find him or whatever, and they found him, and finally they go into the, uh, uh, the janitor's closet, like a broom, you know, the janitor's closet of the theater, and he was he was banging the janitor with a woman. Uh, <laughs> ba- yeah, banging this girl, this, this broad from Inglewood or wherever she was from, or Compton, and uh, uh, that was a good one. <laughs> and that was <laughs> There was a the time we were just sitting around eating lunch. We were out at the outdoor location um, where the, the lake scene, where you know a couple of people died and stuff out there, and, and we were just sitting around at lunch. And, and I was just bored. I said, "Sam, you know, we'll do something funny because you know I'm bored." You know, he goes, "All right." And so the director and the, the producer were sitting down at each other on a whole eating lunch. <laughs> Sam went up to pulled down his pants and stuck his ass in their face. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like these, you know, conservative Indian guys. And like, oh, Sam, get that, get that out of there, you know. <laughs> and uh, I got actually got a picture of that. I think it's posted on there. I hope so. Um, so and those are a few of those stories. And there were there were a couple stories where uh, I mean, uh, in, uh, and I say this with the fondest memory. And if my my now fiance hears them, she's heard all the stories, so she, she's cool with it. But um, uh, but I mean, I you know. Lisa, um, Elsa, in the movie, uh, we did have an on, on-site romance, and we pretty much um, did it in every possible location, in every possible room, in every which way, manner, possibly we could, you know, and there were a number of times where they were sending ADs and stuff looking for us, you know, and we'd hear them yelling our names, and, uh, but it's a very fond memory, and she's actually a, a sweetheart, and she, she doesn't deserve to be, you know, looked at in a bad way because of that we both you know we were both young and yeah. had a great time she was, she was, uh, and we did carry on to be you know friends later on and so on and so forth so uh, those are my final stories <laughs> fun memories well as long as you came away with some good memories <laughs> absolutely and long I mean Sam man uh, I can you know I don't see him all the time now I saw him in May I'm like I'm like came to my birthday um but I consider him uh, one of my best friends in the whole world. And if I ever needed anything, anything for me, uh, needing uh, money, which I don't need, but if, uh, uh, anything from that to if I needed someone killed, I could rely on Sam <laughs> to come through with uh, whatever I needed. He would, if I really ever needed anything, he would, he would be there for me. I mean, he's that kind of, he's really rough on the exterior and thinks he's really tough, and he is tough, but... He's really got a good heart. If you're his friend, um, you know, he'll do anything for you. And if I, when I do get married, uh, uh, I'm going to have Sam because he is a uh, Oderm 
uh, ordained uh, minister. I'm going to have him be my minister. Oh, wow. Actually. And I'd actually recommend him to a couple friends, you know. So uh, that's like the best thing that come out of the movie. Do we really want the children of Grand Guggenauld listening to this kind of garbage? Nope. 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 How did you get involved with Hard Rock Zombies? Uh, let's see. Going back 25 years, there was a call. I don't remember if it was my agent or somebody sent me out a call for uh, a, uh, a rock video. And then it turned out that it wasn't a rock video. It was supposed to be some sort of low-budget movie. And then uh, I went to audition for it. It was a really bizarre audition because it was mostly musicians. It wasn't a lot of actors. Mm-hmm. So I'd done, I'd done a lot of acting. That was my background. And uh, a funny story was that when, I, when they first cast the movie, they cast me as the lead, and they cast my keyboard player in my band as the guitar player. And then two days before shooting started, they decided to give E.J. Curcio uh, acting lessons, and they decided to go with him as the lead, and he made sense. He was a really good-looking guy. But they called me up, and they said, uh, we're going to put you as a guitar player. And I was like, oh, okay. And then they were like, uh, uh, look, man, if you're going to have a big hassle about it, I was no, no, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Anyway, it was really funny because originally I had been cast in E.J.'s spot. When they found him, they were like, well, let's give him some acting lessons. And looking back, I think I had the cooler part anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that goes along with, uh, how did you get along with the rest of the cast? Oh, I, you know, it's kind of funny. They were all musicians, and EJ and I got along pretty well. He was in a, in a cover band called Rage, I recall. And uh, Sam was in a band called The Sandman Thing, and he had like this, he used to light his drum set on fire and do all this crazy stuff in Hollywood. He was by far the biggest animal. He made David Lee Roth at the time look like, you know, a babysitter. It was like, <laughs> he was out of his mind. And the other guy, Mick, I think he was probably the most serious musician out of everybody. He was actually a really talented musician all the way around. But I don't think he ever had any big success as a player. But EJ played in the cover band. Sam had his weird blow-himself-up act thing, and I came out of three or four different bands at the time, but we all got along pretty well. I mean, you throw that many egos into one place, and it was, it was, uh, it was a weird and wild, you know, two weeks. It was a very bizarre shoot. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the script when you first read it? Oh, there was no script, <laughs> which was, to me was one of the funniest things, because on, on any low-budget shoot, the script is always changing. You'll get changes to the script of the day you start shooting and even the hour that you're shooting they'll have revisions and the script at one point was just it just kept going it was like nobody could ever get an idea of what the hell was going on they they were like three days in the shooting were like oh hitler and then three days in the shooting oh and, and midgets and and then and it just grew and grew and grew and i think they were sitting in a room just smoking pot and going yeah this will work this will work so the the pages always changed and it was it was shot in pieces, and it was just how they ever assembled a complete movie out of that thing was a total joke, because I don't think they ever knew what the story was going to be until it was, until it was finished. And even, on, even some of it, I mean, anything that the band did, it was a script, but nobody was paying attention to the words. And if you had Sam in the, uh, in the scene, he changed everything anyway. I mean, all this stuff, whatever, whatever stuff they wrote was PG, and anything he could do to make it R, he would. You know, I, rem- I, I, I haven't seen the movie in 20 years, but I remember we were in the van at one point, and 
the script, the pages were floating around, but nobody was stick, sticking anything in. Everything was just, he was like, you know, they asked him, you know, what's, uh, what's it for? And he said something about, uh, you know, to do this, to do that, to fuck your wife. Everything was fuck your <laughs> wife. Everything was fuck this, fuck that. It, was like, it didn't matter what. And he was also one of those guys that was such a, he was such a cut up. There were stickers on the back of the seats in the van, and every time they would shoot the scene, he kept moving the stickers around because he thought it was funny for continuity to be, you know, out of place. And it was like that movie was going to be hard enough to keep continuity without him going around. But he just did. He just kept switching seats and moving things around, and that's the kind of guy he was. Anyway, there was no script, and I never, certainly never read the whole script. And I read other people's scenes, and it was like, what in the world? I had no idea what that movie was. I just know that. What our part was, we shot our scenes out, and that was it. The, way, the rest of the way it got assembled. God knows how it got assembled. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the, during the band uh, performance, did you guys have to practice that a lot? Uh, the, I remember we took home, we met with um, Sabu and got the tracks. And each of us, you know, we knew enough about being able to play to figure out the chords and practice it on our own. And then when we got, I think there was two or three performances that we did. One was for the, I can't remember what it was, the, the Grand Gounal or whatever it was called. And we rehearsed just pieces of it. You know, you never, they shot wides of it, but then they, then they went in and shot close-ups. And it was, it was not your typical video shoot at all. It was like, you know, they would just shoot little pieces of it and, <laughs> the fact that they got anything out of there that looked real was amazing. But you know, we all we all faked it as best we could. Learned <laughs> our learned to fake it, and you know, we all done stuff like that before. We were all in bands, so we kind of done it. So yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of rehearsing involved. Yeah, it, it looks like it was done pretty good. Like you guys, uh, like EJ, he lip synced pretty good, and your guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he all he he had the hardest job because he had to remember the words and do that whole thing. But the rest of us, it was just you know just taking it and going. And you know, I remember learning at least the lead part enough to be able to get some of it to match when they were doing the the shoot. But um, it was what it was, and we practiced what we practiced. It was just a bizarre. That was one of the most bizarre two weeks of my entire life. I'll tell you another great story. A great story. Three days into shooting, Krishna Shah, who was the director. He was such a bizarre guy. First of all, he was Indian, so this was his perception of what, like, pop culture in America was in 1984. And it was like, we were laughing, just going, what is this? Is this like a Disney movie, or is this a goofy, what? I mean, who knew? And I think one of the reasons for it, whatever, to whatever degree it's a pop culture uh, cult success, is due to the fact that he was so clueless on what, what American pop culture was all about. But what I found funny was that he... For three days, he never slept. He was watching dailies the night that we shot. He was there at 5 in the morning. He was there until 10 o'clock for taillights going out. It was crazy. And on the third day, we got a call from the production person that said, we're taking two days off because Krishna had driven home on the 405, fallen asleep at the wheel, and totaled his car on the 405 because he just didn't sleep. So production went off for two days. And then four days later, something else would go off, and production would go off for two days. So it should have been, our part should have been shot out in like six days. It took two weeks because just bizarre stuff just came out. Him bouldering his car was probably, on the third day of shooting, was probably the, the biggest strange thing. And then all these other weird things. You know, there was like 
cemetery gags, you know, where we're the zombies and we're coming out walking around. Mm-hmm. I think he had a son by the name of Jared or Jordan or something like that. I can't remember his son's name. But the, the, the art department had created all these tombstones. And as a joke, they put the name Jared on the tomb, on one of the tombs. And it, because he was Indian or whatever, he had this huge superstition about that was a horrible omen. So we canceled shooting for that day to recreate the entire cemetery because they had put the son's name on there. I don't think they did it on purpose. I think it was just, you know, a coincidence. But that was another one of those, we just stopped shooting that day because <laughs> because of the art department put a name of his kid on there. It was bizarre. But it was over and over and over and over again, just weird stuff like that. <laughs> how, did you, how did you feel about having to um, do that walk when you were a zombie? Oh, the zombie walk. It was, uh, who knows? I think we were all just, we sat around and kind of thought about what it would be like to be zombies. And I can't remember who suggested it, but they were like, you know, something in between, you know, monsters with your arms out and something else. Maybe it should be a bar scene. We all just kind of, I don't know, we just kind of made it up on the spot. And they were like, yeah, that's good. Go with that. So that became our official zombie walk. <laughs> And then um, also, when you guys invaded the town as the band, uh, that like your uh, skateboarding ability. Oh yeah, that was shot before we were zombies, though. Yeah, that was my that was my pre-zombie shot. Yeah, that's I grew up in uh, Pacific Palisades by the beach, and I was a surfer and a skateboard rat and all that stuff. And they would ask us, you know, for this montage, do any of you guys do anything? So Sam was like juggling beer bottles because <laughs> I think he did something like that on stage and. You know, anything that they could find. And when I did some skateboarding, they were like, yeah, let's do that. They must have shot 45 or 50 minutes of me skateboarding. And when I finally saw, like, one of the original cuts of the thing, I don't think I've ever seen the finished, finished thing. But I'm going, God, they spent a lot of time putting my skateboard stuff in there, which was kind of funny because it was just supposed to be nothing. And mm-hmm. that, one of the things I thought was funny, there's one clip, as I recall, during the montage where EJ was like, oh, let's do the flash dance thing, where she, like, does a little <laughs> pointing thing. And I was like, I don't think by the time this movie comes out, anybody's going to get it. What was so funny to me is that to this day I watch that and I go, I don't think anybody seeing the movie now would reference flash dance. But we thought that was so funny to do the flash dance finger pointing thing uh, while we were on the sidewalk at one point. And I look back down and I was like, what, what did we think so cool about that or funny about it? Anyway, maybe you can answer that with all the people that are into the cult thing of Hard Rock Zombies. Did they even know what that was in reference to? I, <laughs> I had no idea what it was from. I just, I always laughed at that. Oh, yeah, it's totally ridiculous. But Flashdance was just this big phenomenon back in the early 80s. And we thought, oh, yeah, that'd be funny. Everybody will gas on that. I don't think anybody even knows what that was from. But that's the, the Flashdance finger-pointing, head-bobbing uh, disco-y whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you, uh, do you own any, uh, memorabilia from the movie? I like- was dating a girl at the time, and they had this three-panel poster that folded out that was a, like a pre-production mock-up of what they were going to try to do to sell it, and I don't have any idea if they ever how they sold it or where they got distribution or anything like that. 
But that was probably the only thing I could remember having, but it ended up with my old girlfriend, and that was kind of an ugly breakup. So, you know, <laughs> of all the things she took, that probably would have been the one thing I would say, hey, you know, you can keep the cat and the dog and all that stuff. Can I get my Hard Rock Zombies production coaster back? <laughs> yeah, but I've got no other memorabilia from that at all. Uh, all right, um, I guess, uh, have you ever been uh, contacted about the DVD? Do I have to say that one more time? Have you ever been contacted about maybe a commentary for a DVD release? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was surprised. I was on some site, maybe it was Netflix, and I saw that it was on DVD, and I was like, who in the world put this out on DVD? I mean, when I tell you that that movie actually won an award. It was the second worst movie of 1984, only next to The Baby Eaters. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, this thing will never see the light of day. And the fact that it came out on DVD on Netflix completely blew me away. I, I've never seen the DVD. I don't own it. I have no idea what's on it. Maybe you can tell me. I don't know if they have any extras on there at all. No, there's... I'd, be I'd be surprised if they did. No, there, there's absolutely nothing on it. it, and it's actually a pretty bad transfer. Yeah, I have a feeling the transfer came from, like, somebody's Super 8 where they were shooting <laughs> a VHS off a TV screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's bad. I had only, other, I'd only, had, I'd only seen, I think, or even heard of one other movie that Krishna Shah had done, and, and I don't know how he did it, but I think he did that after he did Hard but uh, that was the only other Krishna Shah movie I saw, and I, I don't know if Hard Rock Zombies exists anywhere in any... I don't even know who distributes it. I mean, <laughs> or who would want to distribute it, for that matter, but I guess it's out there. So have you actually rented it, or do you own it? I, I own two versions of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that... You may be the only... Those may be the copies they ever sold. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I have... Go ahead. I was just going to say, go ahead. I have the one that came out here in America, and then I also have a European DVD, which is actually a better transfer. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But also, I have um, American Drive-In. Have you ever heard of that movie? Never once. What's American Drive-In? Did that That, another Christian Shaw film? Yeah, it was... Actually, um, when I talked to Paul Sabu, he had told me that they were filming those movies back-to-back. Oh, okay. And that Hard Rock Zombies was only supposed to be a 20-minute um, s- slice and dice for that movie. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that is funny. It's, and what's it called? So, uh, do you, have you seen that movie? Yes, I, I own that, too. <laughs> do they have cuts from Hard Rock Zombies in that movie? Yep. They, they play oh, all. Yeah. They play it all the way through. <laughs> they do not. Yep. You're it's the, kidding me. No, it's the movie they go. Everybody goes to see, and they even make fun of it, which is pretty funny too. Oh, I gotta check that out. That's oh, give me the title of that other movie, American Driving. Yep, just American Driving. That is funny. Oh well, that's pretty smart, I guess. Take <laughs> one terrible movie, get the centerpiece of a terrible movie. Oh, that's great. Well, that's good, because I guess if people did see American Driving, they'd want to go get Hard Rock Zombies just to see what the movie was like. <laughs> God, that's classic. All right, well, what else? Okay, well, I just got one last question for this. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Okay, um, it's kind of a three-part question. What were your thoughts on the movie, 
then, kind of the years in between, and now? My thoughts on the movie then was I had a gig that was going to pay for a, a, a keyboard that I wanted to buy. Back then, it was just like, you know, you took gigs just to buy music equipment. I thought, okay, well, here's a couple thousand bucks. I'll be able to, you know, buy a new keyboard. And at the time, it was more of just like a bizarre life experience, you know. It was cool to meet the cast. Uh, it was cool to hang out in that bizarre house. and to, It was just, it was a surreal time. Um, and all even the on-set cast stuff between EJ was dating Lisa, and then Lisa and them broke up probably 20 times in 12 days, and, and <laughs> she and I dated for a second and a half, and then... Uh, it was just weird, you know. It was weird relationships, all, and it was kind of like being. It was like being in a band, you know. We kind of got to know each other and hung out and got really hyped for about twelve, and that was it. Uh, but I've since seen EJ on a couple calls, acting calls, and this is years later. I remember signing into a call and seeing his name on there, knowing he was somewhere down the hall or hanging out. So I kind of looked around the hall and I saw him. I was like, "Oh, dude, what are you doing here?" And he was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" <laughs> and then I saw. Lisa was working at some club in Hollywood, so it was kind of, you know, at the time, I didn't think there'd be anything other than just getting a keyboard out of it and doing another, you know, really bad movie, but uh, it, it was cool that over the years, I'd run into those people. It's weird to have that experience and then uh, and then run into them, you know, over the years and know, oh, we had that in common. So that was what I felt at the time. I just thought it was a bizarre movie that would never see the light of day. And now, I, honestly, I don't think about it much at all, other than to have a couple of laughs. In the opening scene, there's a guy hitchhiking who goes in the water with Lisa, and she, like, kills him. It's two guys that are driving the car. And my brother was hanging out, and they said, Oh, Eugenio, do you know anybody who wants to be in that first scene? So, picks up the girl hitchhiking and gets killed in the river, so or the water, or whatever that was. But just little little things like that were... We laugh about it now, 25 years later. Oh, yeah, my brother Ryan, he was in Hard Rock Zombies, too. <laughs> he was the guy that showed his big fat white butt and got killed by the girl in the opening scene. He, he was the guy with the short black hair? Yeah, short black hair. So he, I don't remember <laughs> what he was driving. And I think the other guy, kind of longish hair, was the keyboard player in EJ's band. So somehow the keyboard player from EJ's band got that was either driving or in the passenger seat, and my brother was a guy with the short, dark hair. So, you know, we, we still laugh about it to this day that my brother's first on-screen naked butt shot was at it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about all I've really thought about that movie as, as far as the last 25 years goes. Other than to be able to brag about the fact, yeah, I did a feature film that was the second worst movie of 1984 other than Baby Eaters. Well, sorry to bring up bad memories if it if they were. <laughs> no, they're, they're they're not they're not bad memories. They're just not one of those memories that you feel like, yeah, what a, it was just a more than a great experience. It was a weird experience, <laughs> a very weird experience. And probably the weirdest thing was at the time I was really into a band called The Fix, and I think it was their second album that came out, a Reach the Beach album. And there was a song called Opinions on that record that I was really into. And it was the same time we were shooting in the house at the at this bizarre mansion house that we shot at for Hard Rock Zombies. And for years later, every time I would hear opinions, the smell of that house would come back to me. It was like this bizarre kind of 
smell sensation that related that song and the smell of that house was probably one of the more bizarre things that happened over the years. And I'm talking like three, four, five years later, whenever I'd hear that song, the smell of that house would come back. Wow. Yeah. Was was it a bad smell? It was just a it was a it was a it was a it was an old house kinda like kinda like smelling your your grandmother's yeah. <laughs> room. You know, it was just it was like the whole thing smelled of like somebody's grandmother's room. It was just bizarre. It's just a weird smell. But that song and that smell that remind me Every time, well, not these days. I've actually heard that song over the last ten years, and I'm like, I keep sniffing, like, where's the smell? Where's the smell? It's gone away. But at the time, for four or five years after we did that movie, whenever I heard opinions, I was like, oh, that smell is coming back. <laughs> so I, 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 I think that's probably that's probably the last of my uh, my hard rock zombie comments as far as that goes. I think I covered everything, Jared, or whatever his name was, and. Krishna flipping his car and all the other weird things. Yeah, it was just weird. It was just weird. Sounds pretty weird. What is it? Got it from a book. A who? A book, you know? Book. Shit. Said in the Middle Ages, they used to raise the dead. Raise the dead? What for? Probably to mop your floors or uh, paint your house. Fuck your wife. So, uh, how'd you get involved? Um, I don't, I, I think I was sent over to audition by um, a casting uh, agent who, who predominantly sent punks to, as extras to work on movies in the in the very early 80s. And for some some reason, um, I got sent over to this audition, and uh, that's how I eventually got the role in the movie, I guess. And um, it was myself and uh, a fellow musician friend of mine by the name of Don Costa. I was playing in a band at the time called M80, and we both went on the audition, and the guy really liked Don, and he was okay with me, but Don wanted too much money. Ah. And so apparently I got the role that um, I ended up uh, portraying in the movie. <laughs> would you, would you, was that? Go ahead, please. What did you think of that character? Um, it was, uh, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed myself. I mean, it was, it was like we actually got to sort of portray the band thing with the band attitude, and uh, and so my character was okay for that, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, right up right up until I got killed in the shower. <laughs> What'd you think of that scene? I thought that scene. When I look back upon it, I thought uh, because when they were filming it. You know, and me and the chick were nude on the set, and uh, they had the, the, the um, I guess it was the, the film representation, scene-by-scene scene photo album of Psycho. Um, in the, in the uh, bathroom where they were filming it, and they were, we were shooting scene, um, sequence-by-sequence sequence identical 
the um, apparently the movie Psycho. Yeah, and they were, and they were using the the um, book as their guide to getting us through the scene. <laughs> and uh, since I'd never seen the movie Psycho, it was uh, it was all new to me. And then sometime later, like probably twenty years later, I'd seen it. Probably I saw Psycho, and then I had a chance to observe uh, the sequences that we shot in Hard Rock Zombie, and I liked the fact that they kept it pretty true to form. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you got to make yeah. out with the chick. Yeah, well, you know that was nothing new to me. I mean, <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like we weren't getting laid on the set by strange women that showed up from time to time, anyway. <laughs> so um, it's like you know, there, there was a constant influx of interns and workers there, and and they were right for having a little party with uh, you know fledgling movie stars, so to speak. <laughs> you know, and so not that they were taking advantage of anything, or we were taking advantage of anything. I think everybody was was uh, taking advantage of the opportunity to have some fun, and get some money for it. Yep. You know, while making a movie. Yeah, and plus you're young, so. What's that? Plus you were young, so. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, not often this that kind of thing. Uh, would present itself. I mean, obviously the women would present itself to us all the time. We were, I was in a, a band at the time that was somewhat successful and, um, and it wasn't really difficult to, you know, find somebody to quote unquote date <laughs> for the <laughs> evening. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the music? Like when you guys uh, had to perform as the band in the movie? I thought it was, um, at the time, I thought it was uh, a job, and I didn't really, like, I tried to keep my opinion out of it. I probably had an opinion about the music, <laughs> only because I, I, the band I was in, I thought, of course, I thought we were performing and writing the best music in the world, so I thought that, if anything, they should be using um our band's music for the movie, but that's, you know, I just had to shut my hole and, <laughs> and take my tech as an actor, not a musician. Yeah. So, uh, so what are, your, what are your opinions of it from then and what are your pen- opinions of it now? Um, you know, I really haven't, I'm really, the only time I ever get a chance to, to, to see the movie, I really haven't sat down. I remember, um, one time I was playing in a band with a guitar player and he, he, he rented the movie or something and he tried to, to force me to watch it, but yeah, it was like 4.30 in the morning. I'd been drinking excessively. <laughs> I, was, I had a real difficult time uh, sustaining any type of consciousness. I really didn't get through the, the film in its, um, in its entirety. <laughs> So, um, so most recently, I was at um, a birthday party for EJ that they had at the Key Club, and and they were showing the Hard Rock Zombies in the background <laughs> on screen. So I I, I showed what I saw. I enjoyed. I mean, I mean, if I if I I'm sure at some point the the opportunity will um, will come, and I will I I have a copy of it somewhere. I just I've been so conflicted with the. The business that I bought, I just really haven't had time to relax and enjoy myself and and look back upon my past, so to speak. But um, 
in regards to what it was then, it was like, I was in a band and I really, the fact that we were making money, you know, um, was a great thing in the very, very early 80s. I mean, we, everybody was struggling to make money and make their band and become rock stars. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so I I enjoyed the fact that I was actually uh, being rewarded financially for being involved in something that was entertainment-oriented and uh, had some sort of music, you know, like uh, root in it, so to speak. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so I, you know, looking back on it, it was a great thing, great thing for for myself. I mean, um, uh, at the time, I didn't see it more as anything than a vehicle to make some money. I yeah. I've never been one of those people who like uh, thought that um, uh, movie work or being in the movies was my road to stardom. I wasn't really looking to do that. All I've ever wanted to do is probably the same thing he did for it was play music for a living. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's it, and that's still my pursuit, you know. Yep. Yeah, and uh, that's that's pretty much uh, the best retrospective I can give you on the movie. I mean, as far as what I think of, uh, if I would love to be in uh, at EJ's house, I tried to watch it a couple times during some of his parties, but there were always far too many distractions. Possibly. <laughs> The viewing of a of any kind of entertainment um, at, at his house. So, I mean, at some point, I would hope in the near future, um, I'm in the process of actually uh, rebuilding my home as as we speak, and um, I think it would be a wonderful thing to be able to watch that <laughs> in the comfort of my own dwelling. Yeah, it's when I first seen it, I didn't like it at all, but. Uh -huh. I eventually came around, like, because the, mu the music brought me back to it. And then, yeah. yeah, and then when I started watching it and start to, like, listen to what the characters were saying in their dialogue and all that, like, your character was, like, the funniest. Because you had some of the funniest lines in the movie. Yeah, I read it. You know, it, it was the one thing that was cool on the movie is, like, they gave us, or they gave me, I don't, I don't know if anybody else actually you know, like, attempted to um, uh, utilize their own ideas of dialogue. And um, I certainly did make a, a concerted effort <laughs> uh, to say what I felt and um, how, how I might have been inspired at the moment and utilize it during the, the making of the movie. And they kept a lot of the stuff that came out of my mouth, fortunately. <laughs> you know? And uh, but what... Some of the script and stuff was good, too. I really can't remember, you know, all of it. But, I mean, every now and then I'm reminded by somebody who's seen the movie of, of something that I said that seemed to be humorous. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I mean, you know, that's one of the great things about uh, um, any film or music, stuff like that. If you let it be for a long period of time and, and have a chance to live your life and get back to something that you were a part of or that was influential or was potentially like uh, not enjoyable. It may, things may change, you yeah. know, as long as you keep an open mind. So I, got, I have a feeling I'm going to truly enjoy it when I have a chance to watch it. <laughs> and, uh, I find that most of the things that I've looked back upon, I've had the uh, opportunity to see in the, 
uh, of my past I've sort of enjoyed. I mean, you know, nothing really horrified me. I mean, the only thing that ever has probably bothered me in regards to a retrospective of, of myself and my career is if I happen to um, just wear the absolutely wrong clothes during a performance <laughs> or sing out a key. I mean, you know, those are the only two things that might actually horrify me. Aside from that, I can pretty much get get along with everything that I did as a as a growth experience, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, it, it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Oh, um, so how'd you get involved with the other movies, uh, like the Rollerblade movies? Oh, I was, I was, um, um, I used after I um, did the Hard Rock Times, I thought, wow, this is a peachy keen way to make some money, <laughs> you know. I thought, wow, you know, they you get to like pretty much like be who you are to a degree and slip into whatever character it is they'd like you to be for a momentary period of time and get paid for it and then go back to being you. And I thought, well, that's really pretty cool. You don't really have to put on a tie and nine to five it and become that person, you know, for nine hours so much as you could be that person momentarily and then step back into who you are. Mm-hmm which um, I thought was pretty cool. Thing. So I am um, actually followed up by trying to get um, um, uh, work however I could find it. So I used to answer ads in um, this magazine called The Drama Logue. <laughs> I'm sure it, it, it probably still exists. I'm not certain, but it was an actor's magazine for stage and, and um, theatrical work and, um, and people who were looking for people to do working in movies who had limited budgets and um, were casting um, in the only place they really knew how or could in an affordable way to find, you know, new talent. And that's how I found these people. I used to send my photo out, my 8 by 10s that I took at uh, Kmart and had duplicated the local, like, you know, and I used to send those out to people, and I got, and that's how I got work in the the role. But the director of these movies, a guy by the name of Don Jackson, uh, called me up and had me come out, and they made me audition by roller skating, <laughs> and uh, I happened to know how to roller skate really well, so I I got a part in the movie, and um, um. Through that, I ended up selling a lot of my music to um, to, to, to Don Jackson, the guy who um, who's now deceased, but who directed and produced most of the movies. And um, it and when I was broke and starving, he was a he was a beacon to the bank for me because he used to buy my music really cheaply, but at least he was buying it, and um, and I was able to continue pursuing my. Uh, my music career and uh, whatever acting came from that, I would, I would uh, employ in my my efforts to uh, continue to play music, and it worked out. It worked as a strange balance, but that's how I got involved, just by um, answering ads in the drama mode. Hey, girl. Thanks. I tried to warn you. Come here. I'm so in love, but you're so young. When you touch my hand, does that mean we're in love? That's better. You're neat. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Mm-mm. Yeah, you are. Mm-mm. All right, so how did you get involved?
around town. And uh, I had a manager at the time, and and I he he heard about it. I'm pretty sure, and got uh, some interview or no, you know what? The uh, director came out to see us play. I think it was at Madame Wong's um, Wong's West. Hung around afterwards and seemed to like uh, like the show. And you know, I had a I had sort of a R and B ish kind of a band. You know, we were trying to do kind of dance music, trying to be sort of like James Brown, but it didn't sound anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what we were trying to do. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, talk to talk to us about having the whole band do the movie. And I think he talked to EJ's band. I think we got the same thing that EJ did, you know, they just said, hey, how about we just use your whole band, <laughs> and nobody else wanted to do it, except for me, I thought it would be fun, and uh, I'd done some acting in high school and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I like to be on stages, and, you know, it was just fun for me, so anything to do that, I was up for, so I ended up being the keyboard player, I think I played guitar in one song. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but it was it was great to hear from you because it made me think of the movie and I had and and it didn't get a release that I ever heard about. So when I found out from uh, listening to your website's uh, interviews, I found out it was on uh, available at Netflix. I had no idea, so I went ahead and rented it, and my wife and I watched it and uh, kind of freaked her out a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but it was fun to revisit and. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a silly movie, but uh, it has its moments. It yeah, has some charm. Definitely. So I, yeah, I guess I could ask you, uh, what are your, some of your fond memories of filming the movie? Well, you know, it was interesting to meet the other guys because we were all kind of different, you know, and with a big rock, you know, big rock, big hair band, and I was trying to do this R and B thing. And uh, Sam had this heavy, heavy band. I went to see them at the, uh, uh, not the Whiskey, at the Troubadour. I went to see them at the Troub, and they freaked me out. Their their bass player had wrapped his face with uh, masking tape, and it was just kind of hanging, kind of like the Invisible Man, but scarier than that. And he did this whole gig in, like, underwear with his face wrapped, so you couldn't really see who he was. And uh, Sam was inside a cage, <laughs> and he was swinging from the cage and kicking the cymbals and, you know, as he was hanging from the cage. And they had this uh, guy on guitar and singing, and, and he was, you know, they were real good. And uh, not the kind of records that are, were in my collection, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but what they were doing, it, it was it was big and scary, <laughs> and fun. And he was a, he was a great guy. I ended up hanging out with uh, Sam some in his uh, bus. He lived in a bus that was parked outside of a, a sort of a falling down theater. You know, it had a stage, and, and his band used to rehearse inside this giant place that was 
just not being used for anything. And it had been there, you know, it was like a real old building. Was it just like an abandoned abandoned building? Like a, yeah, like a, like an old, maybe it was like an old um, warehouse or theater or something, uh, you know. Okay. No, it had a stage. Ah, uh, all right. You know? And uh, that was fun. It, who was the guitar, guitar player? Uh, Gino Andrews. Gino. Yeah. yeah, he was a real nice guy. You know, everybody was super cool. Um, it was just a little weird with, you know, these, these Indian dudes. You know, I'll tell you what was really strange <laughs> for them was that their idea to hire musicians instead of actors, I don't know if that was a good idea, you know. I think they thought that we would have our own equipment, they wouldn't have to rent equipment, you know. And, and if you have to rent equipment in Hollywood, it's like, thousand dollars a day just for band gear and uh so i think they were saving some money by hiring people that had a drum set you know and had some amplifiers you know but by doing that they were not dealing with professional actors and i know for my part i felt really bad um i all i really cared about was my band you know i mean i was 25 years old and trying to become famous you know Mm mm-hmm um, but I didn't care about movies, you know, that wasn't in my, uh, in my fantasy. Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't even show up one day I was supposed to shoot this scene and I didn't show up because my band had this something going on and I told them, Hey, I, I can't make it. Uh, I got to do something with my band. And they said, uh, no, no, you have to be there. Everyone's going to be there for shooting your scene that day. And I said, guys, I can't make it. And he said, no, no, you have to make it. <laughs> well, I didn't make it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was like they, it, it really bummed them out, you know, the, the production guys, of course. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. If you're supposed to be in a movie, you have to show up. Those, this was a rebellious time, I think, uh, for musicians. And uh, the more unprofessional uh, we were, the cooler we were. <laughs> I look back at that in regret because, uh, you know, I think my uh, my attitude probably got in the way of some some things I could have done. But um, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, I was young and stupid, that's for sure. And uh, I, I had my own <laughs> list of priorities, <laughs> which uh, have matured a little bit. And uh, so, you know, they were all super bummed and had a big meeting and, you know, and I felt like I was the bad kid that they uh, were going to bring everybody after school and and make everybody stay after school and, and, you know, be punished because one kid did something bad and it was me. (laughs) And they said, we're probably just going to not even finish the movie. We have what we need for this uh, American drive-in. And so what do you think? Should we just quit? And everybody's like, no, don't, you know, we'll do it as well, you know. And I, I was like, I'm really sorry, but, you know, I did tell you guys I wasn't going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, they were pissed at me. But I think they got over it, and um, we finished up. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know of any release. Uh, I mean, I was never told about it. I went down to their offices. I think to get my final paycheck, 
mm-hmm. and they were already closed and gone, you know. So I think they still owe me my last week, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm still waiting for and expecting any day. <laughs> you would think, uh, you know, since you had to take a day off, you would think there would be more problem with uh, Sam Mann from the stories that you told. Constantly problems, constantly problems with Sam. <laughs> As far as the production people were, you know, always chasing after him, trying to find out, find him because he was off doing something naughty. <laughs> um, so that was a daily, hourly thing, you know. It, it, it just made it hilarious to us because, you know, we were all rooted. I was certainly in the camp rooting for Sam and <laughs> in mayhem, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think some of that mayhem may have transferred onto what, you know, the movie could have been even worse if if everybody had sort of played it straight. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do what they're telling us to do, but at the same time, we're looking at each other going, I can't believe you're, you're, you look like this. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Plus, um, oh, another uh, sort of a semi-negative thing was... Uh, I, if I ever get offered another script, I'm going to be very careful to make sure I don't have to be buried. Because when they buried us in the cemetery, it was up here in Monrovia, the cemetery not far from where I'm living. And, uh, you know, they actually buried us. And we were in the dirt and like for a long time because they had to set lights out. You know, we were in the dirt and then we had to practice coming up and then they had to bury us again. And, you know... Mm-hmm. It was like, good Lord. So so I have some respect for actors that maybe I didn't respect before because, you know, some of these guys, if they're coming out of uh, a dirty lake or a muddy bog, they're probably covered in mud and, you know, really hating life. It's probably not uh, fake. Yeah. You know, because I had dirt. You know, I don't like, I don't like to get my hands dirty. So, you know, I was buried. Yeah. So that was uh, something that will stick with me for probably the rest of my days. Um, how about uh, Ted Wells, the guy who played the manager? Ted, uh, another good guy. He, uh, you know, he was the, he was like the only actor, mm-hmm. you know. I don't maybe he wasn't even an actor either, but he seemed to be a more, and know more about union stuff and this and that and uh, more business-like. And he used to uh, argue, you know. Uh, I think uh, I remember him uh, de- making some demands. I don't know if they were artistic demands or business demands, but he seemed to be, uh, uh, you know, in in the corporation's face a lot. You know, whereas I'm, you know, I'm like I wouldn't even think about you know, making uh, any requests like that. But uh, but to me, he was really cool. In fact, he came over to my house and um, we had a party for some reason, uh, maybe an after-gig party. Was it a Halloween party? Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> that sounds right. Um, I think that's what he said. Cause he mentioned something like that, that you guys hung out afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah, which was great, you know, um, and that was that was it, you know. I, I don't really, I I don't know, I haven't kept up with anybody from the cast or crew, but 
you know, it, it was all a very good experience as far as that goes. All the all the people involved, uh, the actors and the musicians were, you know, but musicians are are cool people to just hang out with, and you know, you yeah. rarely run into anybody with a bad attitude. Yeah, like from all the interviews I've done, like everyone had like fond memories of doing. It was just something weird in the paycheck, yeah. basically. It was definitely a, a, an outside experience from the normal everyday. <laughs> you know, and you can say that you're an actor for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and, uh, you're an actor. What? Only <laughs> 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 for a couple of weeks, but you asked. It was fun. So, uh, how about the director? Oh, uh, Sashi? Krish- no. Krishna. Krishna Shah. Sashi was the producer, and Krishna was the director. Guys from in- insane idea that they could make movies. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, they, but, hey, they did, they did, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's so, what was so funny was their idea of what, music is, what rock and roll is, you know, and, you know, when they think of Elvis, it's not the Elvis that I'm thinking of, it was the Vegas Elvis, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, they were, he was excited, Krishna was very excited, and he had uh, this hot blonde actress, young, you know, with him that he brought to the show, to to my concert, you know, Mm -hmm. my club gig. And, uh, and he was, you know, he was living the life of the, uh, you know, (laughs) sort of a, uh, Peter Sellers character in a way. Uh, Uh, but, uh, and the other dude, the producer was, was, I think he had, he was writing the checks and he was much more serious and almost a Gandhi kind of of a guy. So very strange. You've got this, this out of control director and this Gandhi-like producer uh, who are like buddies, you know, doing this thing together. And I remember one day the producer was taking all the trash out. You know, I was walking through the set and he's like, you know, he's dumping all the trash. And I'm like, how come the producer's dumping the trash? And he's like, you know, <laughs> you know, you think you get a PA or something to do that, and it was like, well, he, he's, I don't know, he's out there doing it, and so you know, I mean, that shocked me because you don't see the producer doing that uh, on Hollywood. I've been since then. I haven't been involved in any films, but uh, other than music product or music contributions, mm-hmm. but uh, my son, my second son Cody does uh is an actor and has been in a lot of movies maybe you've seen some um uh, bring it on have you know that movie bring it on about yeah yeah the cheerleader movie (laughs) yeah he's in that he plays the the cheerleaders uh little brother oh okay and there's a funny scene where he farts on her the girl is Kristen Dunst the actress yeah and Cody farts on her in the kitchen and uh it's kind of a famous scene um, among some people that enjoy that kind of humor, but uh, you know, so I had to babysit him sometimes on these sets. So I've seen a lot of movie production, production stuff, you know, from the sidelines. Um, he was in something else that was very funny called "Not Another Team Movie." Oh yeah, what was what was his character in that? 
desperate virgin. He's got the hair that stands up. He's the young kid, one of the young nerds. There's like three nerds that are running around trying to get laid or, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And he's he's like the instigator. Yeah. The, like, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I love that movie. And his uh, older brother is the guy that you ran into or you contacted on Facebook in order to find me. Yeah. He's uh, he's doing he's also in the movies, but he's doing uh, prop stuff. Oh wow! Like uh, there's this Nickelodeon show called Super Ninjas, and uh, he works on that show. You know, so so both the kids ended up being involved with the movie stuff. Uh, but you know, not Hard Rock is on <laughs> 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 song. <laughs> my entrance and my exit. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, like, uh, have your have your son seen the movie? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um. But I got I got a copy of it, so we may have a uh, we may have a family night. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> um. That's funny. Uh, how about the music? Uh, did you, you you met with Paul Sabu to uh, per, to go I over? I did, um, and I listened to you know as as I watched it a couple weeks ago when I watched the movie. Um, I remember the songs were pretty good, and I think he did a good job. I do remember at one point they were trying to do the scary music, you know that that sort of gothic. Thing where where it makes the the hands start to move and you know was the is is the bring but bring you back to life music that uh, EJ was yeah was supposed to be composing you know and uh, Krishna didn't think it was scary enough and he he took me aside and said what could we do to make that music scarier and I was like well you could make it more dissonant, you know, like you, you, you put some notes in there up high that aren't in the scale and it'll make people more nervous. And, uh, he said, go tell Paul. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I go, okay. And so I went over to Paul and I said, Hey, you know, you might want to try adding some, you know, choir up high, you know, dissonant notes. And, and, and he was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I've got this, you know, I've got this music handle, and I'm like, okay, okay, that's cool, that's cool, you know, because I, you know, I didn't want to try to swoop on his gig, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but that was a little awkward for me, because Krishna just shoved me over there and said, go tell him (laughs) what he's doing, and, you know, it wasn't my job to to do that, and so, you know, that didn't happen. But uh, but Paul was not a good guy, you know, and uh, it was kind of cool to meet him because I loved his dad's movie. The his dad was the Jungle Boy, you know, Sabu the from the from the Jungle Book and all that that I liked as a kid. Yeah. So it was kind of neat just to meet the son of Sabu. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so how about becoming a zombie? The zombie makeup and the zombie walk and all that. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yes. Now, the makeup, you know, they wanted it to be like kiss makeup, right? They mm -hmm. Very comic book, very, you know, kind of kissish. And I didn't, you know, I was like, at the time, it was early 80s, I was never a big kiss fan. So I told the makeup person not to make me like, like a cat or something, but to, to put the war paint on there, like... Uh, you know who was really popular at the time? You probably never even heard of this guy, Adam Ant. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's English singer, and uh, so you you have heard of him, but he he was kind of underground popular at the time. I went to see him play. He had a couple of uh, guys playing drums up front with no kick drum. They were just, like, banging on, you know, on big drums and... It was wild and fun, and, and they were, like, wearing war paint makeup, and I said, make me look like that. You know, if I, if you have to paint me like, you know, <laughs> like a zombie, a superhero, then, uh, you know, give me some of that Adam Ant look, you know. And uh, they did. They were they, they didn't mind uh, adapting to fit my personality more or whatever, something I was more comfortable with. But uh, you know, and and you you know, I didn't care so much about wearing makeup because I, like I said, I'd done some acting in in high school, and uh, so I knew what I'd, I'd put on fake noses before and skull caps and, and you know, so that didn't bother me. Um, they made me, you know, we wore our own clothes for the show. They didn't give me any. They didn't have budget for costumes. But so again, they had hired a bunch of musicians who were out performing in bands, and so we had, you know, we had rock star gear. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember grumbling a little bit about that, about having to be buried, you know, pouring dirt all over my, yeah, my shirt that I'd gotten from Paris or no England, you know, from Carnaby Street. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I didn't know this was the one in this shirt. But uh, anyway, these are these are minor things, especially uh, especially in hindsight in the future. So, how about the the zombie walk? How did you guys come up with that? The what? The zombie walk. The the kind of uh, shuffle dance type thing. Our our movements. I think uh, we just got in line, and whoever was first in line, who was first in line in the zombie walk? I think it I was... think we just imitated. <laughs> At, you know, kind of like you do in the in the military. You just kind of follow the guy in front of you and try to do the same thing. That's what I was doing. So. Um, actually, to rewind, uh, when you, did you actually? Because I've talked to the other guys and they said there was not an actual script. So when you were content, or when you found out that you were going to play this character, um, how did they go about telling? Uh, yeah, obviously you got like a some some lines or whatnot. There were lines. There was uh, there was some kind of uh, audition lines that we did, but geez, I, I don't remember. We did do we improved a lot as we were doing each scene. Uh, Krishna would, you know, ask us if we would add anything. You know, uh -huh. if you want to add anything, do it. And we did, and just about everything anybody added, they used. You know, so maybe we should be getting some writing credit. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'll ask. 
Um, and uh, how about American Drive-In? Did you know of that movie at the time? You know, I just sort of, they, they talk about it a little bit, but uh, I didn't pay any attention. <laughs> and I've never seen it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty cheesy as well. Um, <laughs> doesn't surprise me. And that's that's a conflicting thing because everyone I've talked to so far, some people have uh, have heard of it and some people hadn't. So I was just wondering if you had. Um, so until a few weeks ago, I didn't even know that any of this was available or still in existence. You know, <laughs> really, is surprising to me. But that's great. It's great. Yeah, it's it's a strange movie. Um, I have a weird fascination with it, obviously, because I've contacted everyone about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think it's bad. It's it's one of those movies that you can watch with your friends and just make fun of pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you said you got a copy of it now, and I did. Yeah, I've seen. I, I just watched it the one time. <laughs> um, did you uh, find yourself getting bored through the middle of it, or? No, no, no. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, it is weird to see yourself like 25 years ago, or <laughs> maybe even more than that now. Um, you know, so that's that's interesting just on a personal level. But no, I, you know, it was, there was enough uh, humor and silliness and, you know, uh, good music, you know. Bad for, you know, certainly for what uh, kind of effort was put into it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly there was very little effort on my part, I have to admit. I did not, uh, <laughs> you know, I was, I just kind of waltzed through the, the thing in, in, in a bit of a daze. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I had a good time. I'm, I'm glad I did it, and, uh, and I'm uh, tickled that, you know, that you can get it through. <laughs> um, so how about some of the rest of the cast? Uh, say like uh, Cassie and the um, the the blonde that kills everyone and uh, Phil Fondacaro, the, the midget guy? Did you uh, talk to him? Yeah, Phil. Yeah, I talked to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. He was a nice guy. Everybody was cool, you know? But he was uh, having a good time and just along for the ride. Um, when I talked to Ted, he mentioned that pretty much everyone had, you know, was having fun on the set, but except for the guy who played the sheriff. And he said that he was just kind of a sourpuss the whole time. You know, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I was. I wasn't in any scenes with him. You know what I mean? So some of these actors that you know, they're they're you don't actually ever see them yeah, if you're yeah. not actually working with them. Gotcha. You know, and uh, I don't remember that guy. Uh, do you remember? Uh, it was I guess it was like during the middle or when you guys weren't shooting, but EJ had told uh, Sam to go up to the producers and moan them. Do you happen to remember this situation? <laughs> That's not surprising at all. Um, Sam is a bit of a nudist, I, I would <laughs> say. Um, 
you know, and uh, you know, rock and roll bands, you know, that's that's nothing. Yeah. Um, I remember getting called when my kid did the same thing in the Catholic school, you know, getting called <laughs> nun's office because of, you know, he got up to the front of the class and, and mooned everybody, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I was tempted to give him a high five, but, <laughs> you know, I'm not in front of Mother Superior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Mooning is good. <laughs> um, uh, just a couple more questions. Uh, what are your? Uh, I guess you kind of ex- you've been explaining the, the whole interview, but what were your opinions of it then, and what are your opinions of it now? The movie in general. Well, I didn't take it very seriously at the time, and um, you know, it just seemed like this these these guys kind of fulfilling a fantasy making this movie and um, but uh, I didn't see anything wrong in it and um, watching it later it's it seems like it's kind of harmless fun you know I uh, don't have too much of, a, of an opinion you know <laughs> like I spent years not thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> And and uh, but I'm happy that uh, you got a hold of me, you know, because now I, I was able to revisit it, and uh, it was it was just an enjoyable time, you know, and uh, kind of a fun fun time in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Still having fun, <laughs> but um, you know, it was kind of crazy. You guys, I need you. I need you, Jesse. Listen to me. Listen to me, you dead son of a bitch! They got Cassie. You guys, you've got to help me. Chuck, you owe me. How many times was I last resort and I was there? You guys, make Jesse listen to me. I can't just pull it all together this time. I can't do it alone while you guys just fart around and lay down and die. Jesse, I've got the ring you gave to Cassie. They've got her, Jess. They're gonna tie her, tie her up and, and then let all the ghouls screw her to death. Is that what you want? Ghouls you created screwing her to death? Right. Yes. Come on. Yes. Come on. Good, one more show. Come on. How did you get involved? Um, well, I was an actor in Hollywood. I got out of college and came down here and was a starving waiter like everybody else. And at the time, there was a magazine called Dramalog, and that had all the casting notices. And it was just just very direct. They said they were casting for a movie. At the time, I was a non-union, and the film is non-union, for sure. Yeah. And I went in, and I auditioned for a woman named Allison Jones and Krishna Shaw, the director. And they had laughed. And they said to me right then and there, they go, you're the only person who understood the script and made that funny. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. And they had originally planned the part of Ron to be a nerdy, nebbish, you know, like Woody Allen would have played the role. Oh. And they told me this. They go, well, we had a whole other direction we were going to go with Ron, but you came in and did this, and we've, we're going to go with you. And I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> So I had an agent at the time, and they negotiated, and, and uh, 
I mean, it was a complete buyout. You know, there's no residuals. <laughs> and it was a complete, you know. I didn't know until way after, maybe. Well, no, I actually had a friend who was in the, the night at the drive-in. Oh, American Drive-In? Yeah, that's when, what's it called? American Drive-In. American Drive-In. So that's when I got the backstory of why it was such an awful script and why it was such an awful movie was because it was never intended to be a movie. Yeah. It was intended to be just the stuff running in the background while we are in the, the, you know, the drive-in watching these people do whatever they do. <laughs> so that made kind of sense that you just wanted some sensational visual stuff going on in the background of another movie. But then they got into it and they, they wrote a full-blown script and filmed it. So I mean, I had a blast. So I just got involved because of the audition. And they said, damn, you made that funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to say, like, your character pretty much put it all together. Because, I mean, as ridiculous as the movie is, like, your <laughs> your character actually made it make a little more sense. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm glad I got to play basically a normal person. Um, <laughs> most of the time, you know, you wake up, dirty and you take a shower and you get cleaned up to go to work well i would arrive at work and then have to get all dirtied up because to match the shots i had to get blood on this shirt here and you know so i got filthier and filthier as the movie went on and i had to be sweaty and running you know through the whole second half of the movie and uh yeah i i, I survived the movie i mean we could do a sequel and there could be <laughs> kathy and and ron we're the only two people that survived the movie, and the zombies could come back and, hey, let's do it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. 50-year-old zombies with pot bellies going, Morte, oh, man. <laughs> so uh, what were your opinions on the type of movie it was? The type I really like. See, I'm an avid horror film so uh, fan, and when I heard it was a horror movie, I was like, cool. I mean, I've always... I've been a makeup artist since I was about nine years old. So special effects makeup, theatrical makeup, you know, this was my cup of tea. I hung out with John Carl, uh, his name is pronounced Beekler. Yeah. Looks like Boucher or something. Yeah. Um, he's done tons and tons of stuff since, and he was the guy I wanted to hang out with. Yeah. In between all the shots, I was with the crew. I don't really gravitate towards actors, and I certainly didn't gravitate towards the hard rock guys because they <laughs> were so immature. <laughs> um, so I've always been into you know I when I was a kid I had all the universal models of the creature of the Black Lagoon and the Dracula and the Frankenstein and I painted the models and had them all up on the shelf and, and I've done theatrical makeup since I was a kid Halloween was my favorite day of the year because I would do makeups if, if you look on my Facebook you see my, my wall photos are of my kids they're now my, my palette. I paint on my kids. So <laughs> my one son was Seed of Chucky, you know, uh, two years ago. And then last year he was uh, Two-Faced from Dark Knight. And so I do these makeups. I love... Um, so that was an interest, a pull for me. I was having a great time, regardless of how shitty the movie was. Yeah. And um, as I watched the movie, I mean, it, it was so bad in so many ways that it creates, I don't know what, like a, 
like an H-bomb of just like a, a car wreck where you just stare at it going, you're kidding me. <laughs> I mean, it was poorly shot, poorly written, poorly photographed, uh, poorly edited, poorly acted, except for me, of course. Um, <laughs> and I was doing it like, this is, you know, this is it. This is Shakespeare. I am doing every scene to the best of my ability. <laughs> yeah, it comes across that way. <laughs> well, it was fun. See, I wasn't... The people who were having a rough time were people like Krishna Shaw, the director, who kept screaming that we're making a great movie. You know, before every take and every morning, you go, let's make a movie! And I was like, shut up. Uh, you know, it's not... A gr and then there were the people who were all bitching at what a horrible movie it was. The guy who played the cop, who was doing his impersonation of, you know, In the Heat of the Night. Yeah. He was just the biggest sourpuss. And he had to prove to everyone and, con and show everyone that he knew this was a piece of crap. Well, get over it. We all know it's a piece of crap. <laughs> you know, we were having fun. Mm -hmm. If you look at all the costumes and the weird people that they hired, I was having a blast. So that's all I can say. It was just fun for me. I think it was a three-week shoot, and I just had a great time every day. It was like, this is cool. <laughs> Because I didn't expect anything. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what were your opinions on the cast? Like, like say, uh, the band? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know Hitler's played by two different people. Yeah. Before he pulls the mask off and after he pulls the mask off. And it was, I thought, what a novelty when they got, when they got the Hitler to do the German Third Reich Hitler stuff. I thought, oh, he was pretty good when they get him. <laughs> Because everyone was just thrown in. I mean, it was, this was so low budget and so weirdly made. There were these townspeople called Ed, Fred, Red, Ted, and Head, and Fred. The reason yeah. they kept changing them is because one guy just quit. He just didn't show up for the next day of shooting. So they didn't know what to do. So now we've got to have Ed, Red, Fred. It made no sense. <laughs> it made no sense. Then the zombies were... <laughs> I never really got to know, what's his name, CJ? EJ. EJ. Yeah. He was very much into his own world. He was his hair. <laughs> <laughs> the morning began with how his hair was looked and how it was dried and how it was combed. and He was very much into his body. Um, he wasn't a mean person. He was a very nice person, you know. Mm -hmm. But he was just sort of in his own world and he had a sort of a celebrity about him. And you yeah. know the group was, they're all musicians from other groups, but in this group they didn't play or sing a, a lick of it. Yeah. They're all just lip-syncing and playing in the background. All the music, all the vocals is Paul Sabu. And actually, that's the best part of the movie is the music, I think. Yeah, it's, that's what brought me back to it, because the, the initial time I seen it, like, the only reason I watched it is because the name. I was like, oh, this sounds, <laughs> this sounds funny. Yeah. So... When I watched it, like, me and my friend, we just kind of stopped watching it in the second half because we were just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but when the, what brought me back to it was the music because I remembered it and I was just like, I wonder if that's available. So, yeah. but since then, well, I have, I have three kids and the, when they were old enough for them all to see it, I think it was, you know, there was like maybe eight and five and three, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they all jumped on the bed, 
you know, they they were the only people that liked the movie because Daddy was in it, of course, and there was lots of things to look at. And then whenever the music came on, they were jumping up and down on the bed, going, shake, shake, shake it up, baby. <laughs> you know, they liked it. So uh, they're the only people I've known who've liked the movie. <laughs> the grown-ups, it's so bad. I mean, I've watched bad movies where people watch the whole thing and then they just, like, groan or they, you know, they're just, like, repulsed by it. This movie's so bad that whenever I've shown it to adult friends, they watch about five minutes of it, and then they just start talking amongst themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the same experience they, I have too. The even on. <laughs> I know. They I, don't even they don't even stare at it and go, "This is awful." They just forget the movie's on and start talking amongst themselves. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now we can turn it off anytime, and they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but no, really. Near the end, I have a really good scene. Don't you want to see it? And I go, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to show it to people, and they just lose interest right away. Yeah. But I, like, if they watch it, and I'm, like, commentating on it, then they'll pay more attention. But if they're just watching it, they're just like, ugh. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awful in, in so many respects. And I don't really blame the editor. Um, I subsequently have, have become... Others, you know, a writer, director, producer, editor. Um, I've studied digital editing, you know, with the Avid system and the Lightworks and all that stuff. So I love editing, and I can't really blame the editor because you can only sh- edit footage that's there. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have the footage, you, there's nothing to. You can't sew a quilt with no fabric. <laughs> exactly. So he, they did the best they could with these bizarre montages and. <laughs> <laughs> dream sequence with, with EJ <laughs> the big white scarf that he's swirling <laughs> it is so stupid <laughs> and then my shots they just took a whole day of me running stop look left look horrified run stop look right look horrified okay well we'll just cut those in anywhere we want you know yeah <laughs> we'll just cut in reaction shots regardless of what's going on <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what about the rest of the cast, like uh, Gino, Andrews? Um, Gino was the blonde, right, who could do skateboard twirls? Yep. He was a cool guy. He was nice. A little bit too young. You know, we didn't, like, meet. We didn't become friends. But he was nice. Um, Nick was the one that I liked the most. And actually, he had a Halloween party after the wrap of the show, the movie, and I came to it. So we actually had one experience outside of the movie. And then, is it Sam was the drummer? Yep. Sam was the biggest asshole you've ever worked with in your whole life. (laughs) (laughs) He was a complete... The kid in school who was just, please send me to the principal. You know, just any disrupted, weird... And those improv lines that they quote that are the most stupid, bizarre lines, those were his lines that he improvised. Yeah. You know, we're going to the show, the loud music show. <laughs> they did let him improvise at the rock and roll, and he was... So, I guess they were getting what they wanted from him, but he was just a jerk. He he actually, he would, like, not wear clothes or come to the set with, like, uh, you know, shorts on and expose himself to the <laughs> women in the crew. <laughs> I mean, things that are illegal. You just look over and he's like going, hey, woo And you're like, what? 
So he he was a real piece of work. I hope he never hears this and comes after me. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's a pretty nice guy. We got to talk to him. He, <laughs> well, he, you uh, know, that was 25 years ago. Yeah. He no. might have changed or grown up. I don't know. Yeah, plus, you know, everybody was young at the time. Yeah. So... Um, let's see, and what about... he was doing what they wanted, which was to get attention and to be interesting. I mean, he might have had a better attitude than lots of people, which is to just not take it, take it seriously. Yeah. And he had no acting experience, and he didn't care about being an actor, and he was just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm trying to make an oh. opus here. <laughs> <laughs> um... What about uh, the two female characters, uh, Elsa and Cassie? Lisa Tuesday is a very nice lady, easy to work with, um, very professional. You know, she was willing to do whatever it took for the role. <laughs> you know, it's like this is the shower scene. You know, she didn't mind nudity. She didn't. She was. She didn't take herself too seriously or anything. She was really great. And then Cassie just was what she was: very sweet, nice girl. Didn't didn't interact with her much more than just the scenes that I did with her. Yeah. So nothing nothing really. I don't have anything bad to say about anybody, except that that Sam was just difficult because I wanted to get the, I wanted to get the thing done. You know, let's do the next shot. Let's do the next shot. Uh-huh. And he was always screwing around. So that's all. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. So do you have any like weird? It's a cast of thousands. There's so many people. I had friendships with um, I don't know his name, but he played Ancient Man and Old Man, and oh, he yeah. doesn't have any credit in the film because he was SAG. Oh really? So he doesn't even exist in the credits. But he's the guy who goes, you know. Yeah, yeah. He plays Ancient Man and Old Man, and I have to sit there breathing, panting like I've been running all day. And what? I can't even remember the scene, but. I'm trying to get what he's saying, and he dies, and there's a big, supposed to be a lightning bolt, and it's very weird scenes. But he was a nice man to be around. He's actually in and the, then, uh, he's actually in the credits. Is he? Yeah, I've seen, because I, I wasn't sure if that was the same actor that played him, but they... Yeah. He okay. plays Old Man and Ancient Man, and that's probably not his real name. <laughs> because he, he was sag, and he said he didn't want credit, so... He probably was under an assumed name. Because uh. it was definitely a non-union movie. <laughs> <laughs> I went on to get my SAG and after him card. <laughs> okay, um... So, do you have any other stories from the... Like, say, from the locations, um, or... Phil was a great... I liked Phil, too. Phil, uh... Carl. Hello? The, the midget Phil? Yeah. What's his last name? Fondacaro. Yeah, Fondacaro. Phil Fondacaro. He he was a very nice guy and fun to be around. And then the guy who played Olaf, I don't know who that was, but there was a time when we had to go up, we had to walk up a hill to get to the cave where they did the, the gassing of the zombies. And it was too rugged for Phil to walk, so Olaf, the big, huge German bald Nazi guy, carried him. And Phil had never been up that high. He wasn't used to being six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> so he was freaking out. You know, he was scared to be carried up the hill. I just remembered that as interesting because he was used to being small. So 
little, and he didn't, he was like, whoa! He wasn't used to being up so high. <laughs> but he's been lots of things since. He's, he's a, a good actor. Yeah, he's, I'm actually talking to him tomorrow. Oh, cool. Um, he won't remember, he won't remember <laughs> me, like, whatever. I just thought he was a nice guy. Well, I'll mention it, see what he has to say. <laughs> um, what about the other yeah, guy? Ask him about being carried up the hill, because he was freaking out. Well, <laughs> the other thing he had to do, there's a scene where he has to bite a cow. Yeah. And he was terrified. <laughs> they put him on a cow, and he had to lean over and bite it, and he was like, oh, he didn't want to do that. <laughs> he was a brave guy. Yeah. He was actually in uh, American <laughs> Drive-In, too. Oh, is he? I never saw that movie, but I had a friend who did some cameo in it. If you want, I, I can send I can send you a copy of it. Oh, sweet! It's pretty good. I mean, it's so not. My work is in that movie too, right? Yeah, your my yeah. work is blurry in the background. Do they ever show scenes from Hard Rock? Yeah, like <laughs> it runs all the way through the movie. Oh, so you see my oh, I I didn't know that. <laughs> I guess I should have a copy of both. Yeah, I don't have a DVD of Hard Rock. I only have a VHS copy. Man, I I wish I had a VHS. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have two versions of the DVD. I have uh, an American version, and then I have um, a European cut, which is a little bit better. Oh really? They re-edited it? No. Well, all right. During the first scene where they're um singing "Shake It Out" or whatever the song yeah. is, um, on the American DVD, the song like doesn't. Uh, transition into itself good because the like each scene has the song playing in different segments so it kind of overlaps itself and it doesn't sound right but in the european cut is it plays perfect so that's why i like it better <laughs> interesting and plus on the u.s dvd toward the end when um the hard rock zombies are coaxing the other zombies into the cave you can yeah. see a vhs line go up the the screen Oh, so the transfer sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, tell me about the um the filming of the um town council scene. Do you remember much about that? Where, where they're deciding on Is that where the the policeman riles the crowd up. Yeah. And they all come and the um, oh I like them too. Uh, some of the, the the townspeople who became zombies. That one lady with the red hair. She was really nice. Um, they all come up and they give their testimony yep. that it gives them drugs and sex. And and what about it? I'm in the background <laughs> just being pissed off, right? Yeah. I don't remember it that well. What <laughs> What do you want to know about it? Oh, just, uh, just if you had any thoughts on it, but since you don't really remember it, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't remember it as being a great scene either way. I thought it... it you know, all of the stuff, all of the town council, Ed, Ted, Fred, and I just thought they were all just inane, you know. I mean, bad written, and I don't think the actors were that horrible, because what else could you do but say the lines the way they were written? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was just so awfully written. And that actor who was trying to do it in the heat of the night, he was good. <laughs> I'm not dinging his acting, I'm just dinging his attitude. He should have just had a good time, done his job, and not bashed every one, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I actually looked him up. He proved that he understood that this movie was beneath him, and I was like, of course it is, just have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I actually looked him up to see if I could get him to do an interview, but I was starting to read like these blogs he had posted. Yeah. And he's he sounds like such an angry person. So I was just oh, like, yeah, even in his blogs. Yeah. Like okay, he was cool. well, so politically. My assessment is, you know, he was really a negative person. <laughs> yeah, I could tell from that, and I'm just like, I I think I'll skip that guy. Oh yeah, he would trash every minute of it, but but like I say, to what end? <laughs> well, who cares? You know, it's that's kind of dumb. That's just like saying how bad war is. You know, exactly. Get over it. Does anyone disagree? You know. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, let me see if um, do you remember much about the the guy who played Cassie's father or yeah Cassie's father? <laughs> he was always in character to me. <laughs> I mean, he just I, he was just like that when they cut. And he's like, you don't pick her in. He was he just did his thing. I didn't interact. See, I was busy doing other. Like, we shot you know different units. Mm-hmm. So one thing was being shot over there, and I'd be doing something over there. So I wasn't interacting with people I didn't interact with, you know, because mm-hmm. I was busy doing something else. Or I was hanging with, like I said, the, the makeup crew, and, and you know, they had to come up with the zombie makeups. I remember that being a big deal. They tried a couple different things, and, you know, should we go latex? Should we do this? And they came out with, no, forget it. Because we have to do this every day. It has to be fast. We have to get them in makeup and shooting. So they just did stipple. I mean, you know what stipple is? Uh, no. It's a it's a big scrunchy sponge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponge, 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 yeah. sponge, 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 sponge. So they just stippled in all different shades and makeups. And, you know, they made them up like Kiss with a bunch of stuff. But it was a fast paint-only makeup. Yeah not one that required latex or any applications, you know, because that just took too long. But then they put effort into the other, the old people and, the, you know, all that stuff. They could, they could set up for four hours doing their makeup because they were only going to be in one shot. But the zombies had to be simple. I digress. <laughs> you asked me about the father. Um, <laughs> oh, then there was Don Matson. He was a yes. good actor. Yes, he He was a good actor, very professional and very... He, he was like Don Matson. <laughs> he, he was like on his cell phone and talking to his agent and, yeah, baby, okay, I'll get back to you. Cool, okay. You know, I mean, he was like, a, uh, I'm an actor, you know? Yeah. And he's done things since. He, he really was more of a professional actor than anyone on set. And uh, I really enjoyed that scene, which almost got cut. The scene in the balcony with uh. me and him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was, the balcony of the theater. That's one of the coolest that's scenes the scene in the movie. That's the scene that got me the part. Oh, wow. When I did that monologue, that was the scene that got me the part, was I was the only one who read it who understood that it was funny, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way I read it made the casting director and the director laugh. So when we came to shoot it, that was a very busy day, and they were shooting all the stuff on the stage, right? They had to have the smoke and the... Angel or whatever, and they had Lisa Toothman, the big long legs, doing all this crap. And <laughs> so they were filming all, and they didn't really give a shit about this balcony scene. Well, I went up there, and Krishna said, you figure it out. So I directed the scene. Oh, wow. I blocked it. I directed it. 
and I'm, I'm thinking of the shots in my head. Uh, in film, it's called coverage, where you, you do the same scene four times and you cover it four different ways. Mm-hmm. One is a master where you can see all the action all the time, and then you have close-ups, then you have medium shots, and then you've got over-the-shoulder if you've got two people talking to a coffee shop. So I blocked it in my head, and I had the coverage, which is it's got to be filmed with some chokers, some tight shots, where you cannot see where he is, right? Yeah. And then he grabs for me, and you have to cut to the master, where you can see he's grabbing for me, and I happen to just get up and move away, right? So this whole thing is, where is he, and when is he going to grab me? To create the tension, you have to have the coverage. So they're all busy. They come up, and they go, okay, we're ready to shoot it. And Krishna says, we're shooting it in one take, one master. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I've worked on this for hours. We've got to cover it, because it won't be funny if it's all one master, because you can see where both bodies are all the time. That's not funny. The humor is not knowing when the zombie going to grab him. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I have to be acting my ass off. It has to be as serious as possible, you know? <laughs> I'm just trying to end this day alive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And so that's what makes it funny. And all the lines are so awful, the, the puns in them. Oh, don't bite my head off. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, uh, but I had to sell it. I had to make it real. You know? So I did the thing, and he goes, no, we're doing it as a master. And I said, no, we're not. <laughs> this is the only pepper tantrum I threw. <laughs> and he said, no, we've got to get, we're, we're behind schedule. They, weren't, they weren't going to cut the whole scene. They weren't going to even do the whole scene. And I said, no. We shoot it with one master and two close-ups and a medium, and we're going to do it. Otherwise, I'm going home now. You, know, you can find me in my trailer. There was no trailer. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have trailers. They had a Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> and so I really I just I quit. And they couldn't finish the movie without me because they had to have me. Because we shot basically, basically in sequence. We still had the final scene with Cassie in the graveyard and all that stuff. So it would have ruined the movie if I quit. Yeah. And I knew it. So that was the only time I threw my weight around. And then so they did shoot it the way I said to shoot it. To shoot it. And the crew was really happy. And the editor, because we had to go back in for overdubbing um, with the editor. And he was like, damn, you, thank you. You covered this scene <laughs> so well that I actually had something to cut together. And I was very proud of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's one of the coolest scenes in the movie. I mean, besides all the you know silly puns and like one-liners from most of the cast, that's oh, actually God. a really good scene. People think it's hard to deliver Shakespeare or something, you know, something, you know, difficult. Shakespearean or, or you know, Silence of the Lambs. You know, difficult acting like that's hard. Well, you try saying, you suck, mister. I know it and everybody knows it. And make <laughs> it believable, you know. <laughs> that's difficult to do. <laughs> or the graveyard scene. Oh, God, we had the... I have to get them back up from being dead. Yeah. And they're covered with... We covered their face with a black cloth and we covered them with dirt. So they would lie down, and I'd go, come on, Jesse, and then they would sit up. Well, we did a take where he sat up, and the cloth was still on his face. <laughs> you know, it didn't, it didn't work. So we had to cut, and we had to do it again, and, I, you know, and, I, and I'm really trying to do it like, this is Medea, you know, this is Hamlet. 
and it was just everyone else was cracking up and snickering, and nobody's taking it seriously. And I'm like, "Come on, guys, <laughs> you gotta do it. We gotta have one more show." <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> well, that's that's a good thing, though. That you actually put effort in, the, you know, acted. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. They didn't film much. Like they had uh like they had a lot of montages in the movie. And <laughs> and the the funeral one was just a montage. Like they just showed a scene of like all the townsfolk. Oh people. yeah. I forgot. I had a great monologue in that scene that was completely cut. Oh wow. That I forgot all about that. I had a monologue in the funeral scene, which was another breakdown, you know. It was totally cathartic. I was like, you people don't understand. <laughs> and they cut it. And so they just have a scene of me standing there. And the funeral, it was, they did so much. Like, oh, well, let's just play a song over it and cut it together and nobody will care. Yeah. See, I, I could tell that there was more to it, but yeah, I didn't know for sure. I forgot all about that. I had a great gut-wrenching monologue. And it never got in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. The Academy just wasn't calling. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you still have a script from it? I don't. Hmm, good question. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't want to expect you to, but uh, I, besides- I would if I did have one, but I don't. I have it, like, in a filing cabinet with a bunch of stuff. Maybe I do. I know I've got the call sheets, and, the, you know, I kept everything. Oh, cool. The, the list of the people and their contact numbers and all that stuff. and Whatever was going on, I probably have a file on it somewhere. I'm a pack rat. I'm a, you know, super organized pack rat kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. I don't really have much else to say. I just, uh... Uh, we'll go into another segment after this, but um, so what were your what are your thoughts on it then, like kind of the years in between and then now? On the movie? Yeah. Well, having you contact me made me go on the internet and look it up and realize that there was a following, and I have read other people's reviews of it now, and I'm like, you're kidding me, so. It is a movie that people are loving to hate. You know, they are enjoying the jaw-droppingly awfulness of it. But then again, they don't realize how and why it was made. So there's a difference between intention. You know, if you intend to make a great film and then you fail, that's one thing. But this is an intention to make some fodder to be playing in the drive-in. So it kind of, like, I don't know. I, I am amazed that it persists, that it, that, that uh, it has an interest at all, because it truly is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and I happen to be in it, and that's what I tell people. You know, I say, look, I, happen to, I have a lead role in the film that happens to be one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I do a good job. Hi, <laughs> Dan. Get the fuck out of town, you little pecker. Um, well, we can't do that, sir. We've got a real big concert tomorrow. you got shit tomorrow, Sonny. Girl's father's a real mother. Okay, so how did you get involved? The, the 
very at the very 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 very, very beginning. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm doing this interview like I don't know already. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, well, um, see, the very very beginning of this was a simple dinner um, that uh, I was going with with my mom, and uh, she she had this friend that uh, um, I, I guess. You know, my dad was an actor, and, and they knew each other, you know, from before. And so I, I go over to this dinner, and, it, and this guy is, is uh, you know, nice, real nice guy, cordial guy. And uh, he's talking about his films he's making. And one of them was uh, kind of a, you know, this, this uh, I guess he was, I guess he called it a sci-fi film. I'm not sure what he, what he really thinks it was. He was he was a producer on the on the thing and uh, anyway so he uh, he's talking about it for a while and you know I'm just sitting there eating and trying to you know can't wait for you know like we can get out of here <laughs> and uh, the guy said yeah we're still looking for somebody to do uh, music in the film and we're looking for the star of the film and well my mom my mom you know immediately volunteers up that you know like my son does music. And he goes, oh, oh, well, you should, you should, you should, you know, check out our film then. So that's how the Hard Rock Zombies thing started. And then I went down to uh, where they were, you know, doing the casting call. I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call this. It, looked, it was more like a gymnasium full of, of idiots. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so they said, well, we want, how about you being the, you know, the, the main character and I said, dude, I'm not, you know, I'm not an actor, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I, <laughs> I do music, you know, so anyway, and that's actually where, I, where EJ, you know, the guy who, uh, starred in the film, <laughs> that's where we met, it, that's where we met each other and, uh, it's actually how I got to know Silent Rage, the, the, the band mm-hmm. and, you know, worked on a couple, three albums of theirs, um, but, uh, Anyway, so that that's what that's how the whole thing began, and, and uh, uh, I don't know, it, you know, EJ was not a singer, so when we did the songs in, in the actual film, uh, I actually sang them, and, and you know, EJ just lip synced them, and and uh, it's kind of you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> At least it is for me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch it, but then um, uh, uh, let's see. That that was kind of you know it that was that was the start of the whole thing, a um, lot of lot of things in the middle you know of, of what they were doing and stuff. Cause I I, I got to say I don't think they had a concrete script at all when they started. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they were making up up as they go. But uh, and then the way and the way the way the guy would describe it, it was like it was hilarious because it was uh, uh, just a conglomerate of, of uh kind of every movie you've ever heard of or thought of before you know and and uh you, you know with it was some sense of attack of killer tomatoes in there with it you know and it just you know it's just it, i'm not sure he had any idea what he was doing either <laughs> but he, i mean he went he you know had everything from zombies to midgets in it you know so kind of covered covered the spectrum pretty well <laughs> Um, about the songs, how did you, did he give you any input of what he wanted with the songs, or? No, actually, what he did was he just gave me a, a, uh, a screenplay of it, you know, I mean, a script of it, and, and I, I read it, 
and uh, you know I, I talked to him for for you know a bit, but it was pretty uh, short conversations that we had about what they wanted for uh, you know certain things they wanted. You know, like here here they wanted like you know somebody that uh, uh, was a you know on the street street angel. They wanted you know somebody that was you know um, you know a rock girl, but you know kind of I don't know, uh, not a sweet rock girl, you know, right? Kind of a real mean, antagonistic, you know, villainous kind of thing. So that was that. And then they wanted this, uh, you know, goofy skateboard scene. And then they wanted, uh, a cl- you know, a scene where, you know, it was a, a done in a smoky bar. But, um, but, but something where everybody was dancing around, you know, not, not, not a, uh, you know, not not like a rush type thing or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just you know like a you know bar tune, and um, let's see, just you know things like that. They, I mean, just kind of it was pretty pretty general how they had it in the in the script of you know kind of like what you know the way they described it all. It wasn't it wasn't anything you know specific. It was just pretty general because I I don't think they really got specific until they actually started shooting. Yeah. You know, and, and a couple of places I, I don't, I don't even think uh, in the bar scene. I think they actually went to a couple of different bars. Cause I'm not sure they had the bar when they when they went to shoot it. I think it was kind of like one of those things where they showed up and <laughs> they didn't know they were supposed to be there, and they didn't let them in. You know, so <laughs> so, so they went to some other bar down the street. Yeah, so it was uh, a lot. A lot of those things happened. Um, did you did you meet with the actors to? explain to them anything about the songs or did you just give them tapes or anything like that well i mean i i don't think anybody actually took the the out the, the movie too seriously you know what i mean it's like, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't like they were, they were making ben-hur or something i mean some you know epic film and and uh I, you know most any time we got together we were laughing about something <laughs> 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 you know this the that something would happen, and you know, like, and 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 uh, they were supposed to do something, and they couldn't figure out how to do it. They're, you know, like exactly what the guy meant, because you know he was just one of those, you know, rate, you know, ranting uh, directors that, you know, said a lot, and at, at the end of the whole thing, you were going, gee, I wonder what he said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and and so it wasn't it wasn't anything that that, uh, um, uh, you know, we talked about like serious music or like. In this scene, you know, this you know evokes this, and you know it, it, it's supposed to turn into this, and you know, it, you know, it, you know, morphs morphs into this or anything. It was not, nothing that heavy. It was usually like this guy's an idiot and never would laugh. You know, so it was it was uh, I mean it was fun. It was fun times. It wasn't you know it wasn't mean mean you know. Uh, cruel times or anything like that it wasn't it wasn't anybody laughing at anybody it was just the laughing laughing of the whole situation yeah yeah so uh, so, uh personally, personally when i first seen the movie um i had i didn't like it as as to be expected because every, right. every, well, I mean, yeah. everybody i've ever shown it to they're like what is this crap yeah well that's that's i think that is the the punchline on the on the cover isn't it <laughs> <laughs> you know but i remember the thing that brought me back to it every time was the music because i remember the first time i seen it was on this b movie channel and 
my friend and I were, were like, oh, Hard Rock Zombie, this sounds goofy. So, yeah, it sounds perfect. <laughs> so we watched it, and we didn't really get into it, but then, like, when the music played, I was like, I kind of, like, was mesmerized for a second. And then I remember later thinking about the movie. I'm like, I wonder if that movie's available. So eventually I found it, and then I started watching it more and getting into the songs more. And that's how I found out that you did the music for it. Yeah, well, I was, that was, you know, like, I, I knew I had to do, I, I always kind of wanted to do, you know, music and films. And um, I didn't really realize that, you know, this was... Uh, you know, I thought, well, okay, I got to do, you know, whatever it takes to to get into doing that. But you know, it wasn't like this film really had a budget or anything like that. I mean, I think you know they took Coke bottles back to, you know, to make the next day's <laughs> thing. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know, <laughs> it wasn't catered. I can tell you that. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everybody brought brought their own sandwiches, I'm sure, and you know that kind of stuff. But the uh, um, the uh, I, I mean, I appreciate the compliment, but the 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 funny part is 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 I think the uh, director actually went back to India after it was released because you know most people had the same feeling as you did when you saw it like you know what a piece of shit you know yeah. and then uh, Canon Films I think picked it up right yeah and and released it as a comedy kind of you know as a comedy as a comedy it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's a comedy. You can sit there and actually laugh through the whole thing. As a drama, you you sit there and go, "Oh, it's not great as a drama." You know, you know, it doesn't make it as a drama, but as a comedy thing, it it works really good. Mm-hmm. And you know, so they had an immense amount of you know you know uh, success on it, and and uh, you know this underground cult thing happening because of the comic release of it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, so so it got you know a little better, and then, and then um, I can't tell you how many. It, it's funny. It's like it's like you know. I mean, I've done quite a few things, and I mean, I can't tell you the amount of emails I get. You know, about hard rock zombies. I mean, it's just it's like I'm going. It'll never go away. It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be there. It's one of the few absolutes in the universe. You know? Yeah. But it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, I can see where it's definitely a love-hate thing, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know, I just, uh, I guess there might be something wrong with my brain or something, but, I mean, I, I love it. it no, it's I know, a, well, that's, I mean, there's a guy that, 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 that writes me constantly, and he says he can't get through the day without starting his day out with watching it. Or watching <laughs> part of it before he goes to work. He, he, you know, and, and then he's gotten... Uh, and since since he's been writing me, you know, I mean, he writes me this, you know, you know, I don't know, I get a few emails from here, here and there, but but since since the very first email where that happened, he's gotten three or four or five of his friends to actually do the same thing, and oh, wow. now, like there's four or five guys that can't function in the world without watching a piece of Hard Rock Zombies when they get up. <laughs> You know, uh, and, I'm not, and it's uh, you know, of course, in this world, I can see why you know that actually would probably be true. But <laughs> in other words, just just uh, um, you know, I mean, it's it's odd to see that to, to to read it and 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 to actually think that 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 people do that. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's it's you know, I mean, it's it's I I you know, I actually think it's really nice that they they think that, but it's uh, unusual. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty weird. Um, yeah. I mean, I wa- I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, but every now and then, like when I'm doing my artwork or something, I'll have it on the background. 
You know, I yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's great. It's great for that because you. It's great when you when you're listening to it and you just you know put it on and 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 you're just remembering you know the you know the funny things. I mean, there's a lot of the stuff in that is actually really funny. But the problem was is they thought it was a you know really dramatical, scary piece. You know, yeah. I mean, at least the director did, and uh, you know that's what he couldn't accept was the fact that you know he 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 didn't create this you know really scary you know virtuous sci-fi film that would you know like terrorize the the public and uh but you know as a comedy i don't you know i don't know if he even knows that it was released as a comedy because I, I don't know what happened to him he's right you know back and i don't know what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> i actually had contact with um i found uh some people on youtube that promoted a few um uh, video clips of him so i got a, in contact with them and they said that they had contact with him so I asked them if he would be interested in doing an interview, but I haven't heard back since. So I'm pretty sure he wants where, where, to. Where where was he located? Where where did you, where he, did they find him? He's in India. Yes, what I thought. I, yeah. You know, but, you know, uh, I uh, I imagine you know, like if you know he'll you know if you keep on him, he'd he'd, he'd do it. You know, I mean, I I I I just don't know. Uh, uh, what he's done since, you know. I mean, I don't know if he's a, uh, you know. He's done a few things. Yeah, he's he? yeah. He's been. Uh, I think the last major. I can't say major, but the last horror type thing he did was Return to Sleepaway Camp. Where wow. he was the producer on that. But as far as I know, not too many things. But um. Oh yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, American Drive-In because I've heard stories. That those two mo like Hard Rock Zombies was only supposed to be like a twenty minute segment for American Drive-In. Well, it was. It was the the, the Hard Rock. I mean, uh, American Drive-In was was uh, uh, when when they first gave it to me. They they said that you know we're shooting this, but we're only shooting the parts that we need. You know, parts parts that we need. Um, uh, and that was the original concept of this movie. Was just a you know you know. You know, I guess you know the segments that they needed for the actual, you know, American driving because that was their big, you know, seller that they were going to, you know, do for the summer or whatever it was going to be. And you know, on the screen in the background, while the cars were in the, you know, driving, Hard Rock Zombies was going to be on. You know, they were going to be watching Hard Rock Zombies, and you know, obviously it was such a you know, kind of a goofy-looking movie that, you know, on a big screen, it would look really, big, really goofy. And, you know, so that's what they were, what they were kind of an intent was. But, but um, it, it, it actually, I think it turned around the other way. Um, they, they started shooting Hard Rock Zombies, and I think they actually shot the whole thing, you know, from beginning to end. That's why I said I don't think it was, you know, really conceived completely, you know, when it was, when it was done. And then, and then, and then they went, you know, into into American Drive-In, and uh, which uh, I thought was going to be a, a much better <laughs> better movie, but I honestly haven't I haven't even seen it. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's because it, I, I I didn't even know it came out. <laughs> it was, you know, was to be honest, really to be honest, the movie it's okay. It's not like I remember one time we were talking about the Asylum movies. Right, right. And the Asylum movies actually have some kind of production value. 
Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. Uh, this movie, I mean, it was an early 80s B-movie type. But, I mean, there's a lot of jokes in it, and it works It works just as good as Hard Rock Zombies as a comedy. So, I mean, that's the only thing I can, you know, make in its defense is it's actually funny, but it kind of trails off at the end. Kind of like Hard Rock Zombies did. Yeah, it's <laughs> the same thing. I mean, there, there's a couple of characters in Hard Rock Zombies that I just, I mean, I love I loved the, uh, the guy who was, who was the agent, and I love the... I mean, those kind of guys. I mean, he was just. I mean, he was actually really good. I thought, you know, he, he should be in other, mo- you know, other movies. Yeah, he never, and, he never did another movie. Ted Wells. Yeah, and it, it was kind, of, it was kind of weird, and, and I don't think, uh, I don't think the. Uh, I'm not sure if, if if anybody ever did anything else. <laughs> ever. <laughs> A few people did. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I didn't you know keep in contact with anybody so i mean other than other other than you know like ej and and you know the, the silent rage band but i mean um i know that they didn't do any other movies but yeah uh, you know and i'm not sure i remember uh gee, it must have been you know 10 years later that i saw i was at, at the movies and and uh i saw the, the girl that played cassie whatever her name was and uh uh, she was at the movies, and she and she was, you know, waved over her head and said, "Hey, Paul, you know, <laughs> go, hey." You know, and I didn't know what to say, so I said, "Hey, Cassie." <laughs> I, could, I didn't know what her name was, you know, and it, it was pretty funny. And, and uh, but she didn't say she, you know, was doing anything else. But um, you know, she, we didn't really talk, you know, too long because I was in a different line and she was in a different line. So yeah. But that you know, I mean, it's not like I I see the 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 crew all the time or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> if I did, I probably didn't recognize them anyway. So, yeah. but uh, you know, it's it, you know, it was it was a fun time, and it was definitely you know, you know. But thanks to mom, I got in the middle of the whole thing. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was ready to leave, and there, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I got a script. But uh, that's pretty much pretty much it for me. I mean, as far as like how it all began, and uh, I, I appreciate everybody that uh, that loves the movie because it's uh, it's you know it's, it's a nice thought to, <laughs> that you did something people like. <laughs> <laughs>